0: It was the night before Doug released the podcast, the long awaited first interview with Lane, hopefully not the last. The pump heads were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of squats and deadlifts danced in their heads. Sal, Justin and Adam were sitting in their chucks, relaxing a bit, giving no fucks. When from in the studio there arose such a clatter, they jumped up and yelled, God damn it, Doug, what's the matter? <laughs> he calmly spun around and up from his chair, he stood, smiled and said, not to worry, boys. All is good. The sound you hear are the cheers from the faithful. The Lane episode has dropped. Everyone is grateful. The boys just smirked and then they exclaimed, Happy mind pump to all and to all a good day. As they turned back around, Sal said, Hold on, just one more thing. If you like Mind Pump, give us a five star rating.
1: The end. Wow, that's
0: really who did that? Uh, Justin Alcorn. Dude, oh, that was, from the forums. Amazing, yeah, fucking! Yeah. I had to read that because it was so epic. That's
1: brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I love. I love. I'm fucking captures love our, the
0: feeling. I feel like we're 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 slowly collecting all the intelligent fitness people out there. Yeah,
1: you and, know what? And creative
0: ones right? And stuffing them into our forum. It's
1: true right. because stupid people don't enroll in the forum. We have yet <laughs> wow. to see that. Yeah, wow. well,
2: that is a great well, point. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, if you've yeah. enrolled in the
1: forum, you're smart. If you haven't, you might be smart, but you might be stupid. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Think about that. Way, in fact, way, to, way to insult 90% of our in audience. In fact, yeah. that's isn't that's our promo this month, right? I mean, that's is. our promo. The probably the best thing that we offer and all of our, our listeners is our private forum because you have a collection of fitness professionals, scientists, doctors, lots of physique competitors, bodybuilders, bikini competitors. And of course, me, Adam, and Justin are on there daily. We, should, we could just get into more specific detail. Let's yeah, be honest that way. It's it's just this this amazing mini universe of awesome information support. People posting videos of their, their form on squats with critique and nutrition questions and funny memes, and it's just a great little community. And this month, we are actually giving away that access for free. All you need to do is enroll in either the RGB bundle or the MAPS Super Bundle. So here's what they are. The RGB bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. The You follow them in order. It's nine months of exercise programming with different uh, target adaptations as you go through. It's one of the most comprehensive Uh, programs that you'll ever find anywhere. Um, And the MAPS Super Bundle includes that, but it also includes MAPS Anywhere, which is the equipment-free MAPS program and our most breakthrough product uh, of all, MAPS Prime. This is the only program I know of in existence that actually has a self-assessment tool called the Compass that you go through and it helps identify how you should prime your body for your workouts, regardless of what your workout is or whatever competition you're doing. We've got people who prime their bodies before their runs or their baseball games or football games. I actually had somebody uh, send me a message. They prime their body before a business meeting and they find that they're much more effective of what they do. Of course, we know the whole brain body connection. So enroll in either one of those bundles and you get access to our forum for free. And by the way, next month, the price of the forum goes up anyway. But once you're in, you're in for life. You can found, find out all of this and more about our programs, more detailed information, at mindpumpmedia.com.
3: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Dude, that conversation with Lane. Who? four hours. <laughs> four hours. Uh, hours of inebriated We did it
0: fun it's like a marathon i, I, think, I uh, don't want to drink alcohol for another year
1: you know what i, I hope you can't I, may, I, I don't know can you hear us get progressively more and
3: more <laughs> i think like drunk? the vibe was there it started to get escalated
1: yeah there, i you i'm excited
0: to listen because i actually haven't listened to the whole thing you know so it's gonna be an inter- i know it was amazing going through it so it was uh, well
1: pretty- it's it's funny because there was a lot of hype surrounding this interview because of some of the different positions that we have uh, versus Lane. Um, and both sides are very passionate and outspoken mm. and not afraid to talk about our positions. Like Lane is one of those guys that if he disagrees with you, he has no problem saying it and he doesn't shy away from debate or discussion. Just one of the reasons why we like him so much. Well, I mean, the guy agreed to come on our show – and talk to the three of us in our house. So much respect to the guy. We respect mm. him anyway because a lot of the positions we do agree upon. And he does come across as having lots of integrity. So, uh, and I think, I do think a lot of people ex- anticipated that we'd have like, arguments and fireworks and fights mm. but there was a lot of mutual respect um yeah. with with uh, with our, our interview
3: we found a lot of things that we found like we we have a lot in common and i think that you know the more we talk to him the more like of this you know the differences might come out a bit more
1: yeah and i mean there were some points where we had some some disagreements and we talked about them There was a lot of respect a lot of good um debate um going back and forth and discussion Lots of discussion on, I mean, I'll tell you what, if you listen to Lane Norton's podcast or, you, or you're or you subscribed to his YouTube, his podcast is uh, Physique Science Radio or his YouTube channel, you are going to see and hear, or excuse me, you're going to hear a very different Lane Norton on this upcoming episode. Well, right? he
0: actually gets interviewed. You know, we, we're we interviewing him where most, most of the time he's the one, and we talked about, I, mean, I believe I brought this up with him uh, while we were talking, is that, you know, I'm excited for his audience to actually get to hear this episode because I'm a I'm a fan of the show. I found uh, Physique Science Radio shit a couple, of, maybe a year and a half, two ago, and I've been listening. I've listened to almost every episode uh, because I dig all the the doctors and scientists and stuff that he has on the show. I love that the nerdy stuff that he gets into, uh, but you don't really get a chance to dive into Lane as much. You know, most of the time he's listening, he's interviewing somebody else. So to to hear him talk. Most of the time was it will probably be pretty awesome for most of his fans. You
1: get you get kind of a better feel of the man, you know, who is Lane Norton, the person, the the what's what's behind what drives him. He also goes into uh, some of the crazy online struggles and that one guy, what's his name, Blaha or whatever, that whole feud that they had. Mm. He talks about that in detail um, and reveals some interesting information that you may not have heard of. So you're in, if you're into like the uh, you know the, the controversy of all that, you get some dirt. Um, that you might not have heard uh, before. Yeah, once we got him drunk, he started name dropping <laughs> a bit too. So. <laughs> it was. Uh, uh, we had a great it time. Always helps. We had a great time, and we think we would like to have him back on, or maybe you know have him have us be on his show, but have to continue this conversation because I think there's a lot of stuff that even though we talked for four we hours, we haven't even scratched the surface. We haven't scratched the surface, and there's a lot more that we we can get into with the guy. Um, uh, he talked about his his avatar nutrition. Uh, program, which is pretty awesome. Uh, you can find it at avatarnutrition.com. Of course, you can find him on Instagram at BioLane, uh, Dr. Lane Norton. So uh, here we are. Here's Mind Pump uh, talking with Dr. Lane Norton for four awesome hours. Enjoy. Go get a snack.
0: You start a podcast. What made you even get into that? I mean, you were doing it, uh, how long ago what did you, when you first uh, dropped your first episode?
2: Because uh, you well, did we, one
0: before Physique Science, right? Yeah,
2: Muscle College Radio, and I think that started back in 2011. I want to say
1: 2012. That's when podcasting was. Man, that's way back then. Because podcasting, a lot of people have it, don't realize it's really only recently become popular. Mm. Yeah. After yeah. smartphones kind of took off, right?
2: Yeah, we were we were doing really well. We were on RX Muscle, and we were pulling I think like fifty thousand
1: downloads or something
2: like that. Which back episode. then is a lot. That's a
1: lot. It's mm. huge. We, we so Were you doing, guys Were you guys monetizing it back then? Yeah, I mean, we were well. We had sponsors. Oh, okay. Uh, we
2: we were the biggest bodybuilding podcast there was. Oh, uh, wow. We, we were. At least that's what I was told. So uh, what happened to it? Uh just didn't really ethical differences between
0: oh, Look at this. We already got into some good numbers. shit already. Yeah. We, just, yes. we just we that just sounds, got started already. That sounds
1: very general. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> I thought we were <laughs> going to start bad. this thing with an epic song. You know what? <laughs> Let me oh, tell son you something. Of a bitch. I got we got the opportunity to watch Lane work out. Lane one of the one of the, he's very well known for uh, competing at a very high level in powerlifting and he got to work out in our facility and there's one thing that I noticed about your workout that uh, was pretty awesome actually pretty amazing. I learned something today. Hmm. And I've been doing this for a long time. Been training out for God, I've been training professionally for twenty years, and been working out myself for even longer. You play the most epic music I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. It's like you're saving the universe. It's like solo
4: hero metal. <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs>
1: boom, 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 boom. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like you're saving the earth. It is. It's like the no, You're your hero. The universe. My it's bad. Everyone. My yeah. bad. I, I love it. It gets you strong. It it it's hard not to get fucking hyped to it. it. Does. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> like it. So you stopped that other podcast, and then when did you start the one that you?
2: Uh, There's probably about a six to twelve month lag time, and then we started uh, physique science. Myself and Sohi Lee, mm-hmm. and um, we do pretty well. Like I think we're our downloads are like anywhere from like like around twenty something like that. Okay, good. So we don't have a big website like RX was mm-hmm. supporting us. We just do it all on our own, put it up on SoundCloud and iTunes, but it does pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we have like great guests on there, and you know we've had tons like, of doctors. Yeah, all the top. Minds, in my opinion, in nutrition. I mean, we've even have like Doctor Stu Phillips on there, who's like a god of protein metabolism. You know, like he's he's basically surpassed. Well, now that Layman, my old advisor, is retired, this guy's like carrying the torch. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a beast for mm-hmm. research. So we've and you know, one of the cool things is I know most of these people, so I don't bring somebody on my podcast. I feel like it's going to be awkward, and you know, gonna not be able. You know, there's plenty of people who are smart who can't convey that. You know, they can't actually put it into practical recommendations. Of
0: course. And it's actually a lot of people like that. It's, yeah. And it's,
2: I, I don't like that. Like, I want somebody who can actually give our audience something, you know, and not just tell us about these molecular markers and, and mm-hmm, whatnot. Mm-hmm. The other thing I like is I know there's a lot of young potential scientists who listen to the show who are, you know, I always ask, you know, how did you get into this? Because almost all of them have a, somewhat of a similar background to me. They had some background in sport physique competition, whatever it was, and they got interested in weightlifting from that and the molecular mechanisms behind it. So we always try to talk about like how did you get into it and those sorts of things because there were people who kind of did what I did in terms of competing and also doing a science degree. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of the first person who really talked about it while I was going through it, if that makes sense. So I put it out there. I put it out on social media. I put it out on the forums. I talked about, you know, my graduate, you know, not, not the details of the research, cause you can't do that, but talked about kind of what I wanted to do, um, what we found when we found it and, you know, the struggles I went through. And I think, you know, I don't want to sound too presumptuous, but there was a lot of people who went and did, uh, doctorates and masters after that, who were involved in the competition scene. I think before that it was kind of like, well, you're either a science geek or you're a meathead, mm-hmm. right? You don't you don't cross the two. There's no cross pollination, you know. And now you see a lot of people doing it. So, and I think, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes all somebody needs to break their perception is just one person to do it, yeah. right? I mean, they talk about, uh, and I'm not trying to compare on scale on any stretch of the imagination, but Roger Bannister,
4: mm-hmm. the
2: first the guy who broke the four minute mile. Sure. Before before he broke it in the 30s, oh, yeah. they, they thought it was physically impossible. That, you know, a lot of people thought it was just physically impossible to run a four minute mile. Once he did it, I think the next year there was like like 20 people who did uh-huh. it. Yeah, and since then there's been tens of thousands, including high school kids. Mm-hmm. So, what was the difference? The only difference was you know, our genetics didn't change, and it's our belief we could do it, right? Yeah, when they got on the track, they knew it had been done before, so you know, and that's. I don't, again, we talked about this last night. I don't want to say, I don't want to take credit for some of the movements out there, but I was, I would say I was kind of very vocal about some of the stuff I was doing in terms of, um, you know, natural bodybuilding. People told me when I got into it, why are you wasting your time with this? You're not going to be able to make a living as a drug free guy in fitness. And I didn't worry about that. I just knew I was passionate about it. I figured we'll figure it out. Let's chase the passion and we'll figure it out. And then, um, you know, going from bodybuilding to powerlifting, that's very popular now, uh, flexible dieting, reverse dieting, um, you know, all these sorts of things, online coaching, you know, and, and so a lot of time, And now, like, look at online coaching. When I first started, people were like, there's no way you can do this online. You can't consult with somebody online. And, and now it's like, it is an entire industry. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's crazy. Um, well, I, was, I would argue it's not necessarily a good thing, but uh, uh,
0: well, that's what happens. Some I, it tends to do that, right? Some you have somebody started off with good intentions, and then you know a bunch of people catch wind of it and find out there's a huge market. Yeah, there's for money it. there. So yeah, and now you shopping. have everybody and yeah. their their sister. Well, trying you also to got
1: social media exploding since then. And, At the same time, and, yeah, yeah, and that's going to yep. fuel quite a bit of it. And, you know, you see all the a lot of these Instagrams, you know, celebrities, uh, quote you know, quote unquote. Um, and that's how they that's how they they monetize is they do online coaching and yeah. they look good right. Yeah, I d-
2: I did my first show here by my skinny t wrap. Exactly.
0: Know,
4: like.
0: <laughs> I think that's the mo- the most common thing I saw mm. going through all the circuits was. Meeting these yeah, corsets uh, are popular again.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh god, be All All
0: right. fucking started on oh, this.
2: No, I want to. That was yes. one of the first that was actually <laughs> one of our first
0: episodes we came after. We talked whole- about screams. Can I,
2: can I tell you guys a really funny story? Yeah, of course. It's gonna probably offend a lot of people. That's perfect. Good. One yeah, person perfect. in particular. That's the right show to do So, that. I Um it. What, what, I forget his last name, but Sadiq. The guy he won, yes. ele- he won Olympia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Physique yeah. Olympia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know him. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy, you know. Um but I put up a uh a a kind of a funny post. I said Girls, if your guy wears a squeam, congratulations, you have a girlfriend. (laughs) And somebody tagged him on Twitter, and he he was and he was like, "Well, look at his waist and look at mine. Where, dude, you're born with a 28 inch waist. Yes, I'd have to shave two inches off my hips, you know, like. (laughs) But okay, right. So yeah, the squeam is why your waist is that small. But anyways. And my friend, Diana Dahlgren. Do you guys know Diana Dahlgren?
0: No, I don't know who that is. <sighs>
2: okay. So Diana, uh, she was very successful in the competition circuit, and she was Monster Energy's main girl for a few years. And now she she's married, has a kid. Awesome, awesome girl, but a savage, right? Mm-hmm. She comes on. She tweets, responds at him. She says... I'm sorry. If I slept with a guy with a waist that small, I kick my own ass. <laughs> I was just like, oh, wrecked.
0: <laughs> well, we noticed uh, one of the things uh, when I went through competing. I'm sorry, the was, thing
2: about yeah, you were men's physique, but like, so you got a beard, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm sorry, like, ladies, do you really want a dude that looks prettier than you? <laughs> like, I mean, well, that was the know. stuff that I.
0: What was really tough for me was I used it as a platform to get known. Like, I knew that. Okay, I, I didn't. I wasn't in some movie. I wasn't famous. I haven't wrote a book. I didn't do anything that was going to get all this attention so i thought except
2: for the movie we don't talk about
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's my other
2: business. google bro. his
1: name and yeah, look up images a, come on that's
2: <laughs> real
0: <laughs> reason why we got a studio G for let's P, be honest G that, for P. that's a different type yeah. of book <laughs> so you know i saw i saw all these uh men's physique pros and bodybuilding guys and bikini girls you know getting getting all these contracts with companies covers of magazines giving out all this information and i thought oh my god like and then i got to meet them, and i realized how little most of them knew And I thought Wow there's a huge opportunity here And then when I was going through it I thought man The hardest part about this for me Is now I'm getting lumped Into this category <laughs> yeah. of people So when people meet me They're like Oh you're a men's physique oh, guy i men's bikini Oh and they want to well, <laughs> They want to talk about that shit and I'm like man Let me tell you The, th- I, the th- part that I hated the most Was the part that these guys The stage present part And the I spent no time practicing course, I'm true. so lucky that I made it To the level I did And I purely <laughs> did it off of My cond- conditioning and symmetry because yeah. i was the worst on the state worst ever at i never practiced because i just i couldn't take myself seriously in my fucking home you know practicing turns and putting my hand on my hip and i'm like this just doesn't feel right <laughs> I've seen the videos and, you
2: know <laughs> yeah. like uh I just spent a few days out with Steve Cook. He's a client of mine. I've known him for years. He's a good, good guy. Really good guy. Yeah, Steve he is. is. And you know what's funny is, you know, you could argue he's the most successful men's physique competitor in history just in, based on his following. Mm-hmm. Dude's got 1.4 million followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't care what show you won. He's bigger than That's you. That's way more powerful. You know I mean? Way more powerful. Way more powerful. So, uh, but we were talking about it, and, you know, he he was like, yeah, he's like, I don't dig the hole. Like, he, he doesn't, you know, there's guys out there that like... Like moving their hands and stuff, and they're oh. shuffling, and they're trying to make it. It's like, dude, it's a side pose. What are you like? Yeah. What, what are you trying yeah. to turn it into? You know, like a break dance or what? Yeah, well, you know, I don't, um, mi- I don't mind David
1: blaming their waist yeah. <laughs> <that> It's <game's laughs> magic. I don't mind a lot of that stuff. What I, what bothers me is when they start to do the, uh, and it's never been healthy. But when they go the route of, like a squeam like a squeam does it shrink your waist? Yeah, because it atrophies the muscles around your your waist. You're not even building muscle anymore. At least when you take it anabolic. Really yeah, yeah. And, and that's the other thing yeah, too is and that then make you're a huge putting hairs
0: on how much. Yeah, right? right, and
1: you're and you're potentially causing yourself. Uh, you could some, argue. Don't if you're, if you're somebody who wears a squeam,
0: like you like because some of these fucking girls wear it like they like you would put a five squeams and like yeah, shit. yeah, like and they wear it nonstop. And then of course you just like a cast. And that's why I explain to people if you put a cast on your forearm for fucking six months and then cut off, what does it look like? That, that's exactly all you've done,
2: right? So I actually had a client, um, won't say her name. She was with a big team. Who will show remains nameless so, Bombshell? Ah, sorry. Oh, bless you. I didn't catch that. Um, so uh, she uh, she 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 wore a squeam. Uh, two squeams. And uh, like twenty four hours a day, like like slept in it. And she actually got organ prolapse from it. Mm. Wow. So that's where your your bladder basically sits don't on the Don't Google of your prolapse, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to look that up. So uh, like, she had to have a surgery done for it. And I'm just thinking, how have these motherfuckers not been sued for this kind mm-hmm, of stuff? Right? You know, like, it's just yeah. crazy to me. Like, I am so petrified of, you know, somebody, like, deciding, oh, let's just, you know, people are so sue happy these days. You know, I'm so, I'm like, how does some of these bad? Then I feel like, well, maybe it's not going to happen because look at all these idiots out here mm-hmm. who are given terrible advice who have legitimately fucked people up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a 16-year-old girl come to me whose coach? Who this is a big name coach? Had her on clindibuterol and T th- three. Her thyroid completely shut down. She'll wow. need, need thyroid. Sixteen years She'll old. need thyroid hormone for the rest of her life. And it's like you piece of shit. And that's the other thing too that drives me nuts is these guys get a get a reputation for like knowing about nutrition. They they would not know nutrition research. Uh, if it came up and smacked him in the face, like <laughs> it, 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 they know about drugs, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. oh, but even even drugs. And even
1: then, it's, it's let me it's, tell yeah, you, it's very. That was the part. Here,
2: here, more, more. That more. was the
0: part yeah. that I, that blew me away. Was I thought at least that part. I was going to see like, okay, at least most of these guys, especially if you're at the professional level, would get that down. And I'm like, when I started hearing the stacks of steroids that like the men's physique It's guys, just more. I was like, more. What? what are you doing taking gram and a half of shit? What do you, what? You yeah. don't need that much for what you're trying to do. It's yeah. men's
2: physique. you know well, I- And then, then it's like the bikini competitors who are on drugs and they have them lift like no oh. weights. And it's like, here's a novel fucking idea. Why don't we not put them on steroids, not turn them into a male jawline and have them just lift some fucking weights? Right, yeah. squat yeah. and deadlift, yeah. right? Stop with the rubber band, I mean, back. Got, the rubber band kickbacks. <laughs> I mean, I've got a client, Arya Demi, who she was with a, a big team and we kind of had to rehab her metabolism and whatnot. And now she's killing it. She's placed top five at like all of her pro shows. You know, she's, she's got, she's making points for the Olympia and whatnot. She she does squat, bench press, deadlift. You know now. Obviously, like we're not. I'm not trying to make her a powerlifter, right? Like it has to be specific for what she wants to do. So obviously, more glute work. There's more overhead pressing work sure. as compared to a bench press. Yeah, but don't you
0: notice? Okay, being being someone who coaches, trains, also on top of being a scientist guy. Don't you notice that that's like one of the easiest ways to help these girls? Like it's so easy for me to take someone else that's been coached by one of these knuckleheads. All I got to do is introduce the deadlift and squat and like, oh my God, and all they just bodies morph right. and change. Well, no drugs, no supplements, nothing else. Like literally, Let's stop with all these bullshit glute exercises that someone fucking told you are awesome or your favorite YouTube stars got, and let's do some fucking good compound movements and watch how your body changes.
2: Well, and just programming too. You know, I have so many girls that come in and 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 guys too, and like, well, I'm not getting sore, like I'm not getting sore. That's good. If you're getting sore all the time, your programming is shit. Yeah, oh, that's that, great. That's I'm, glad that. like I'm glad you said that. I'm you said that. You, you, you pro- now, if you're never getting sore, you're probably also doing it wrong. But mm-hmm. it should be sporadic. Okay? It should be something sporadic. And let me tell you something. Soreness is not associated with growth. Okay? If you want to get sore, go out and run a marathon. I promise you, you will be sore the next day. Do you think you grew muscle? Well, no.
0: we, we could argue. We could actually argue and we debate this that that, that yep. soreness is closer to a sign of overtraining than it is undertraining. There's you, the idea is to to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. Sure. And for for most people, when they when they get started on these competitions or even just get go on their journey to get in shape, they get they get so much of this like intensity driven marketing, which. That's one of the things that we speak so much about is like, man, if you guys only knew like all this work that you're, it doesn't have to be this daunting, but I feel like there's this, people want to be a martyr. Yeah. They want to be a martyr. It's like, it's like who suffered the
4: most to get Um, ready for a show. It's like, look at me.
0: I I didn't eat. I didn't do this. Oh, I was dying. Six months. Yeah. It's a competition now on
2: who who could put themselves through the most shit. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm all for sacrificing for a goal. Okay. What I'm not for is suffering for the sake of suffering so you can brag about right. having suffered the most, you know, w- why not just like put a chastity belt on yourself and then whip yourself because then you mm. suffered even more, mm-hmm. you know, like,
1: well, sometimes but, that feels good, but
4: we're
1: we talking a lot about some of the uh, the issues with the competing world, but you, obviously you got into it. You competed in yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. What initially attracted you to or brought you to uh, working out? I mean, you know, why did you start lifting weights in the first place? I mean, last night you had made a comment about growing up as a kid and you know, how you got bullied. And you're probably a smart kid. And I know when we were kids, uh, anytime you read a book, it wasn't cool. And it's a little more cool now. But when we were kids, it wasn't really. Did, is that what motivated you initially? Did you start lifting weights because you're like, hey, I want to feel stronger, feel better about myself? Uh, yeah, it was totally uh, shallow and...
2: Not, uh, not heroic at all. Mm. I wanted to get attention from girls and, and uh, stop getting bullied. Mm. N- neither of which happened, by the way, <laughs> uh, from lifting weights. Um, but, you know, it did teach me a lot. You know, it taught me goal setting. It taught me perseverance. It taught me hard work. You know, like I really mm. – I learned a lot from lifting weights. Mm. And I always tell people, you know, it, the lessons that weightlifting teaches you, if all you get from that is a good physique, you fucking failed. You know, because if you can't take that and apply that to other areas of your life, man, you miss the entire point. You know, like my, my friend Paul, he had, a, he had a quote that I really liked. He said, um, my entire life I was gripping a barbell and it turns out it was the other way around.
4: Mm. You know, <laughs> that's a great quote. And, and
2: and that's, you know, like I've gotten to the point now, you know, people, we discussed this, like I've gone through several injuries, neck injuries, hip injury, back injuries. So Why don't you just quit? Like it's your body's fighting you. Like it's obvious it's over. I'm like, well, first off, that's because you're a pussy and you would quit. Okay, I'm nothing like you. Uh, if if I it's uh, a great way to start a sentence. I just tell him. I just tell him. Is hey man, you're a pussy. You're a pussy. Here's
0: <laughs> <laughs> a tampon. Yeah. Let me finish. Yeah.
2: You want to feel better Let me about wipe the, you? You would like to feel better about the fact that in the same situation that you would quit. So, um, but I love to train. You know, I was I was putting this earth for a few things. Drop science and train heavy. That, that's what I, that's what I felt like my purpose was, you know. And and, and yeah, you know, and I want to find a way within that realm to change mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Like that's my big goal is to, to 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 convey so much information that I can literally change the world. Um, and that's kind of got. Now, to the when surface. when
1: was that first? When was your first major injury? Because you talked about your neck, your pack, your hip. My neck. Which one my happened for, exactly? Uh, <laughs>
2: so just Just like that that song uh first injury i ever really incurred was i was 20 years old i was playing rugby in college and and now i have the the one rule which is i can only do one thing per unit time that can cause me bodily harm right smart strategy Uh, back then it was like rugby and weightlifting. you know so What what position did you play i was a flanker nice so basically like Linebacker equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed playing rugby. I mean, for those of you who've done it, you know it's like a whole different community. You know, like it's not it's not just the game. It's the drinking afterwards. It's the drink, yeah, the running around na- the, the running fights, around naked. You yeah, know, like yeah. the whole the whole deal. Shooting the boot. Thank, yeah. thank God they didn't have iPhones back when I was going to school. Yeah. There might be uh, images or a video of uh, <laughs> Dr. Lane Norton yeah. streaking through the uh, college campus, you know?
4: Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, you know, like I was in a game and I was uh, my sophomore year and I went to tackle a guy and didn't get my head far enough to the side and his elbow nailed me right on top of the head. Mm. And it caused me to lose like I had a stinger, mm-hmm. which is a bulging disc that presses on a nerve. And I lost like 40% of my strength on my left side. I couldn't even like 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 that chair over there. I wouldn't even be able to pick it up, mm, you know. Wow. And um, I, I went. So it was amazing how incompetent some of the doctors were. And I, I'm not trying to hate on doctors. Like there's really good doctors out there, but the first orthopedic I went to was like, "Oh, you have shoulder strain. You have a shoulder strain." And I'm like reading. I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because it sounds like a stinger based on what I'm reading online. He's like, "No, it's shoulder strain." And, and then he, we did an MRI. He's like, "It looks like you have arthritis in your neck." And I'm just like this is a bulging disc. I'm pretty sure like based on what I'm reading. So I finally took it to a a, a neurosurgeon in my hometown because I went to school and I'm from Indiana. I went to school in Florida
4: mm.
2: and he was like, no, it's, it's a bulging disc. He's like, your neck does have some arthritic changes just from, you know, rugby's tough. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't have the natural curvature in my neck anymore. Like it's just, and I'll catch myself. Like I'll be like this just mm. by default. Like I'll get the forward
1: to, head thing going. Yes. Huh. Yeah.
2: It's really bad. So I have to, you know, kind of put myself in that position. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I lost quite a bit of strength. And the the surgeon, you know, he said, he's like, listen, you may never get back your full strength. And I mean, that was like a dagger to the heart, you know. And uh, but I just, you know, I went to um, actually my first bodybuilding coach, Dr. Joe Klumzetsky. He was also had a PhD in physical therapy. He's like five PhDs and shit. Um, So I went to him and he put me through some, he showed me some rehab exercises this, you know, and in six months I was back hitting PRs again, you know. And it kind of gave me that, initial confidence that it's like you can get injured and you can still come back from you it. You can fix like, it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's like, uh, you know, if you lose your leg, you're mm-hmm. not, you know, like you can get a prosthetic or whatever, but you know, but the most, the human body is pretty amazing in its recovery ability. Yeah. And that's why like, you know, I tore my pec when I was 26 years old. How did
1: you tear your, because you hurt your neck obviously acutely, right? You hit right. someone, boom. Was your pec, uh, tear, were you lifting a like super heavy amount of weight or yes. was it just a routine? Okay. Yes. So well, again, was, you pushed it.
2: I was just starting to get into powerlifting and I was doing a reverse uh, band bench press. Mm. So, you know, the bands hang down from, yeah, yeah, yeah. from the rack and they were actually slightly behind me. And so when I started to press, the bar moved on me, mm. you know, up oh, and mm. kind of, and I was doing stupid bodybuilding style with my arms flared out, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, I just, it felt like, uh. You know, like if you pull a Saran Wrap and it finally gives way, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. You can uh, you can feel it. Oh, I felt it. I knew yeah. exactly what I did as soon as it happened. You know, mm-hmm. um, it didn't have the auditory pop like some guys describe, but I, I so I, I got up. Uh, we went to the ER. Uh, my wife, me and my wife, um, we were engaged at the time, and uh, we get to the ER and they're messing with me and everything. And it's like, oh, I think you strained it, and I'm like, I'm thinking, I oh, don't know, but it was so swollen.
1: I, oh, you had, ever, you had the swelling and discoloration or just swelling? No
2: discoloration whatsoever. No, like I woke up the next day and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, everybody who tears their pecs, that you know, there's discoloration. Yeah. So when I got up and I saw no discoloration, I was thinking, oh shit, maybe I just did strain it, you know. And then two weeks went by, the swelling started to go down and I could, you know, there was definitely a deformity there. Oh, right. No. You know, absolutely. So I went in, got an MRI, all this kind of stuff, and it showed that there was a, it was torn at the muscle tendon junction. And I went in to uh, see a guy named Dr. Michael Corcoran in Kankakee, Illinois, and thank goodness I got referred to this guy in particular. Um, he was awesome. And he said, listen, you know, surgery – this is going to be tricky. This is like trying to sew hamburger back together. You know, this is very difficult because you're, you're – he's like, it says muscle tendon junction, but you're mostly in the muscle. You know? And, that, so it, and normally with harder. shit like that, they just leave it alone. Yeah, normally they don't mess with it. Well, again. that's they just hard. Say that can be it.
1: harder because with at least with the tendon, you can you just staple it to the bone. Oh, that's, that's And it comes back stronger. Very high sometimes. success
2: rate. Yeah. Very high success rate yeah. with that kind of tear. Like bicep tears are almost almost always popped at the tendon. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Bicep tear sucks, but they have a s- extremely high success rate. Right. Like it's over ninety percent with right. those surgeries. He told me this was 50 oh. You know, he's like this. He's like we could do it and. You know, you could sneeze and retire. Yeah, what's going through your yeah.
0: mind when that he's telling you some shit like that? I mean,
2: that. obviously, I was pretty gutted, Yeah, you know? Uh, and how old are you at that time? I was 26. So, and, it's about nine uh, years ago. Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, would have yeah. been. Actually, right around this time, actually. Wow. I think it was like March 14th or something. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No, like literally right around this time. Wow. It was in February. It. Oh, man, I'm trying to.
0: It's like the well, anniversary,
2: day. holy shit! Yeah. It, was mid, it was today, it was, was that day? It was mid February. I'm gonna have a hamburger, today. It was, it was,
4: <laughs>
2: it was mid <laughs> February, I remember that because mm-hmm. when I went to the Arnold, I hadn't had surgery on it yet. I think it was right around like March. F- no, That's it was late, up, late, huh? late to late, late February, late February.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, might have been today, who knows? Um, so I decided to go through with the surgery for it because I thought, you know what. If it doesn't work, then I'm, I've got to do rehab, which I'm gonna to have to do anyway right, right now. Right. I might as well give it a shot, you know, like worst that can happen is it doesn't work and I'm no better off than I am. I'm no worse off than I am now. Mm-hmm. Right. And at least I know I tried, you know, and it was successful. It was successful. Very good. And, um, you know, went in and, um, I was telling you guys a story. Like I came out of anesthesia and my wife's there and, and the nurse is there and, uh, The nurse looks at me and I I just like – I almost like grabbed her. I'm like, how would it go? You know, which come to find out, I I could form the words in my mind. I remember clearly what I was thinking. But when it came out, I was like (laughs) – because of the the morphine, you know. That's good good stuff. So, um, you know, and she was – I just remember hearing uh, it went really well and I didn't hear anything after that. I just Mm -hmm. remember thinking in my mind. It's I'll, on. I'll be back,
1: motherfuckers. Now, now, fast forward. <laughs> yeah. The next major, I guess, hiccup would be your hip. Next major, or was hic- there something well,
2: else? I mean, I kind of battled through some back injuries um, in in 2015. So, okay, so I won USAPL Nationals in 2014. And qualified for the Arnold and qualified for the world's team. What were your numbers when you did that? So at Nationals, I hit a 650 squat, a 391 bench, and a 683 deadlift. Oh, mm. shit. So, That's um, easy. <laughs> it's easy. Um, so then and, – and my training for the Arnold was going really well. I mean, mm. I was crushing weights. I hit 600 for five on squat. I hit – Uh, 635 for eight on deadlift. Like I was crushing shit. And I was, I was on pace to squat like 677, 683, something like that. The world record at the time was 681. Now
0: explain that. Do you, because I have a lot of respect for how you program, I watch how you get ready for these competitions and you, the way you progressively overload, Can you can you kind of tell when you're going into a uh, going into a comp like the weights that you're hitting two three weeks out like oh I'm coming just just
2: just the way it feels you can tell just the way it feels yeah I mean I was I was like five sixty five for fives was just a joke like it felt felt easy you know and usually like usually that will even though it's well under my five rep max it will still feel Feel like a grind still right I mean I'm I'm a relatively slow squatter if you've ever seen me squat you're a grinder um, that, that yeah oh i i've had reps that were like eight seconds concentric wow. You know I mean? yeah. wow i mean wow i don't give a, I, yeah. I so um I, things were going really well for the arnold just absolutely crushing weights i was thinking i might even total up in the high 1700s or you know low 1800s wow and um one week out uh, I was I was I was doing conservative maxing on squats. Basically you go in, you hit a single at a at, at a weight you know you can do. Mm-hmm. And I was conservative maxing like 630, 640 on squats. Like I was just smoking them. Wow. And uh I I got to, I got done with my squats, went over to do bench and I could tell my lower back was a little bit tight. And I just I thought, well, that's weird. Like I didn't feel anything when I was squatting. So I, I benched and then I went and deadlifted.
1: So this was you were handling the weight no problem. It wasn't like you were lifting. No, no, it, no, no, like... it was
2: fine, I was fine. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, I was, I was tight, went to go deadlift and was kind of thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't deadlift. So I'm like, you know what? I'm a week out. I need to get this workout in. And it was a case, again, where the default to push too hard was the wrong move. Mm-hmm. But, you know what? I might have already – I might have had the same thing happen anyway. Who knows? Anyway, so I, I did 6'10 for like sets of four on deadlifts. And it was like my last hard workout before the Arnold. And I woke up the next morning and couldn't even hardly get up the couch. Oh, wow. And it's like a week out from the it Arnold. It hit you
0: afterwards. You- yeah,
2: yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, and I'm like, I'm a week out. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to compete, you know. And um, so I, I really, I, I rested, you know, did a bunch of, you know, mobility stuff and, and massage therapy and who knows what actually worked or not. But um, I said, you know, the meet was on Friday, um, Friday at the Arnold. And I, I think I went on, on Tuesday and I was like, I'm going to go in on Tuesday. I'm going to try and hit my openers. If I can't hit my openers, I'm, I'm going to pull out. Um, went in and they felt okay. And I was just like, all right, I guess we're going to give it a go, you know? And um, like I said, my goal was to break the squat record. Uh, Cause you can all in the IPF, you can, it's not like these other fucking backyard powerlifting federations. If you want to set a world record, you have to do it at a world level meet with world judges. You cannot do it at a local or national meet. It has to be a world meet. Mm. And so the Arnold was a world level meet and um, it's in my backyard worlds. That year was going to be in Finland. And everybody told me like, listen, if you're going to go after the squat record, after at the Arnold because there's no world title on the line you know at worlds it's a team game like you're wanting to win the overall team gold medal mm-hmm. and so the coaches are going to usually pick pretty conservatively for you because they don't want, they you, want to, you to finish the list right of course they, they want you to get the highest total right They don't care about what your PRs are I mean they do a little bit but they don't care as much about as, as the team right, right. Mm-hmm. so uh, I, I we got on there you know uh, literally the morning of I'm like okay I feel pretty good you know and uh, we had a snafu, so I got uh, my second squat was like six thirty nine. Felt good. And I looked at Ben, and since it's kilo jumps, you know, I looked at him. And I said six sixty six, which was the next jump up from two and a half kilo jump up from uh, six sixty one, which mm-hmm. was the current world record. Ben must have done the back calculation. I don't know if he just got excited or whatever. And I'm, I'm not hating on Ben because Ben, I wouldn't have squatted nearly what I did. I wouldn't have done as much stuff as I did if it wasn't for Ben. He went and he put it in 661, which ties the record. Uh, And when you tie it, the original guy keeps it. Of course. So, um, and he comes back. He's like, okay, we're going 661. And I looked at him like, you mean 666, right? He's like, no. And I'm like, the record's 661. And I just saw like the color drain out of his face. Like he immediately knew. And once you set a third squad attempt, you can't change it. Oh, shit. Nope. I didn't, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that either. You can change your third deadlift, but you can't change your third squat. Oh, oh shit. I wonder why. So it was like really like mentally it was like I had to get oh, myself – like I had to pull a gut check. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it was like wow. this is what I done all this stuff for. Well, of right? course. You
0: want the, you're at that point yeah. too. Yeah, you're yeah, hyped but, for you that.
2: Know, I kind of – I find ways to refocus myself. I'm like, all right, most people will go out here and miss this lift just because they're pissed off because it's not a world record. I'm like, show me that it still means something for me and go out and fucking win this thing. Mm. You know what I mean? So I went out and I hit that 300-kilo squat, 661. Um, and when I – actually, unfortunately, that's where I messed my back up worse because I got kind of sideways on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a grind. But I, I would have had 662 because mm-hmm. you can take a half-kilo jump mm-hmm. at a, at a, for a world record.
1: Maybe it was a blessing. You know what I mean? So
2: so I, I, I think that's where I actually herniated my first disc in mm-hmm. my back was on that lift because I woke up the next day and, like, it was actually really weird. It was like – because I have a herniated disc between L2, L3, which is really high up for a squatter. It's usually L4, L5 is where you herniate discs. And, um, Hold on. Where did you herniate? L2, L3. Oh, yeah. So that I got kind of sideways on my mm-hmm, squat coming mm-hmm. up. And the next morning, I felt like right around the L2, L3 area, like quite a bit of pain. Um, and so then Worlds was about 14 or 15 weeks after that. And, and I kind of str- struggled on and off. Like I had to stop squatting for like three weeks somewhere in there. And I remember four weeks out, and this is something I've always tried to do is, like, be real with people. Like, most people talk about the struggle and talk about the grind, but they don't actually show you it while they're going through it. They talk about it after they've accomplished something, mm-hmm, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's such— That's the safe way to that's go. That's such bullshit.
0: Right. like. I remember the first time I posted a video that where like I failed and I couldn't get the weight like everybody went bananas like oh my god I've never seen anybody do some shit like that everybody posts their best exactly what I did yeah you post I I like to show people like yeah some days I come in I think I'm gonna be able to do this and it don't work out this is what it looks like
2: (laughs) so after three weeks of not squatting like obviously squats didn't feel real great you know and I was just trying to get back in the groove well I was presenting in Denmark this is one month out from Worlds I'm presenting in Denmark fly over there I slept fine on the flight over, but unfortunately, I woke up at like 1 p.m. Denmark time, and I needed to go to bed at like 10 p.m. because I had to be up at like 5 a.m. I didn't sleep that entire night, you know. And then I got up and gave a speech for eight hours on my feet, and then I went and had to squat. Oh, my God. So I had – I was supposed to do 565 for doubles, and I was going okay. Like, it felt – okay you know and then by the last set i just i ran out of gas i was supposed to do an amrap and i failed on the first rep
4: Mm -hmm.
2: and i had video of it now i went back and ended up getting a double like i didn't do any extra amrap or whatever it was fucking crying um and i I really debated about like because i I called ben i'm like dude it's not gonna happen like this is a hundred pounds less than i'm supposed to squat at worlds and i fucking failed it you know what i mean i'm like this thing just ain't gonna happen he's like listen just you flew over you had a bad day you had a better workout just we don't need to make that decision now, you know? And he was real supportive. Isabel was real supportive. You know, they, they, they got my back. They got me refocused. And I was like, all right, we don't have to make the decision now. Right. So let's just, let's just worry about the next workout. Right. And just kind of refocused myself. But I posted that video up when it happened. Cause I'm like, here's where I'm at. You know, I knew my competition would see it. I knew all these people would see it. And I'm like, you know what though? I get fucking sick and tired of these people talking about the grind, talking about failure, and they don't, that's even, what it looks they, like. they
1: don't even show it to you. I right? bet you got a lot of love for that, though. I did. Yeah, I did. A lot of people I, I really appreciated that. Of course, because when people see somebody that they they think is superhuman, you know, actually become human, right? you get a lot of respect that's for That's
2: why I show these, like, me squatting 135 pounds and getting
0: excited that's about it. That's why know? I made that comment. Because, it what it allows someone like me, too, is to to uh, respect your programming because I can see what you're doing. Yeah. I watch you. I know that you can squat 600 pounds, but then you show you putting the work in at 275. You know, right. like nobody shows, no one shows it because it's not, it's not impressive, but it's not like sexy. Yeah, yeah. When I do these posts and I got 135 pounds on my back, but I'm working on my mobility and I'm working on things like that and connectivity in my body. And I think like, you know, I, I don't get a lot of views on it because it's not cool. It's not a PR. It's not nothing yep. impressive. You know, it's like, yeah, but people need to understand
1: the process. I would argue it builds your brand even better. It's just not going to be as exciting right off the bat.
2: Right. But and, and, and I like squats didn't start feeling good before Worlds until a week out, you know. And I remember so a week out from Worlds, Ben said, I'm gonna come to the gym with you because he was living in Tampa at the time. He's like, let's work up to a conservative max. And I had no idea what it was gonna be. So my, my first attempt, I did 605, and he's like, okay, let's go to uh, 640. I'm like, oh, shit, that's pretty pretty heavy weight for a gym <laughs> for a gym lift, you know. Because on competition day, I mean, I, I one of the best. One of the best compliments I ever got was from Matt Gary and Mike Zordos, and they were like, these guys are well involved in USAPL. They're like, "Like you have a lot of mental edge on a lot of guys because they know if you're showing up on meet day, they're not going to get B-plus Lane Norton. Mm -hmm. They're going to get A-plus Lane Norton, Mm -hmm. and you're going to come out and hit your lifts, and they're going to have to deal with it. And um, so 640, took it for a second attempt and hit it, and I remember standing up and being like, game on, motherfuckers. You know, so went to worlds um in Finland, you know got there, and I'm warming up and, and usually like i'm it's funny because I'm like four inches taller than everybody else in my weight class, you know like I got the longest legs, the skinniest legs, of everybody in my weight class, so I'm thinking, man, if I was a hustler, I'd be like going around taking bets say, hey, hey, I'm gonna <laughs> squat more than anybody here, you know what <laughs> I mean so you know worlds they give medals for the overall and they give medals for individual lifts, so I knew I had a good chance to to gold medal and squat um. And first attempt, 606, felt great. Second attempt, uh, 634, felt good. So for our final attempt, the world record at the time, 661. And you can chip it, which is 662, Mm -hmm. right? And I go back and I look, and Ben's put up 668. And I'm like, dude, you realize if (laughs) if, if I miss this... Not again. If I miss this, I won't even get a bronze medal for the squat. And he looks at me and he goes... You're not going to miss this today, mm. and uh, Ben Ben is the kind of guy he will. I know he will not put away at the bar. I can't do. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, "All right, let's do it." Went out, squatted it. it was the best feeling I've ever. God, talk the about the I was, adrenaline yeah, going dude, into I mean, that. I rope. was. I, was yeah. I actually remember uh, my fishing buddy Will Grazion. He's a he's another coach. Great guy, good friend of mine. And we were going out one day to fish, and I you know I'd been dealing with back injuries and everything. This is like six weeks out from worlds. And I'm telling we're talking about everything, and he just he said something to me that really stuck with me, he goes, he goes, man, you come this far, finish the mission. So I'm like, run, I'm like walking with the bar, I'm like, finish the mission, you know, like <laughs> I yell goofy shit at myself, you know, cause I'm just fired up. <laughs> but yeah, you want to talk about drill like it's it's cool because at worlds it's very I want to say a sanitized process. so there's actually a tunnel where you're when you're when the person in front of you's lifting, you're sitting back in this tunnel, and you got your coach back there. And uh, there's a, there's a handler. Okay. So this handler is going to tell you when the bar is loaded. When he says bar is loaded, the clock starts, you got 60 seconds. Okay. And within 60 seconds, you have to get the squat command. So I, I always, as soon as I get bars loaded, I'm going. Cause mm-hmm. you don't, you know, if you get out there and it's misloaded right. or, you know, you want to give all your time. And I just remember thinking when he says bars loaded, that's going to be like my... My, my the gun going off at the starting line, like, that's my release. Like, I'm just going to fucking run out there like a savage. You know what I mean? And I got my music playing, you know, and I am I told Ben, I'm like, when, when as soon as he says that, rip my headphones off, put the ammonia in front of me and smack me as hard as you can, you know? <laughs> hit me, you know? And yeah, it was, just, it was like being shot out of a cannon, you know? And it was awesome. I was the last squat in my group and uh, hit it. And I, I just remember actually I came out and... I always look for something to look at when I'm squatting, just to focus my attention. I I come out, I look straight, and Paul and Isabel were right there. Mm. And I'm just looking at it. And I can hear Paul, like, as I'm coming, I was like, Yeah, yeah, you got that shit. You got that, you know, and like turning around and waiting for those lights. Being like the longest second and a half of my life and right. getting three white lights and fucking it was awesome. You know? Now uh, it's been broken since then, but man, to do it at, at that uh, kind of meet at that like because the circumstances, the IOC, the Olympic Committee was there at the meet because they're considering powerlifting for you know the Olympics. Mm. It's provisionally in the World Games. Awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. And um, I still remember twelve weeks out from the meet, Matt Gary, who's the the head of the U.S. uh, Coaching Committee, he sent me an email. And he's like breaking down everybody in my weight class and, you know, this is their strengths and this is their weaknesses and this is their best lift and this and that. And at the end, he he said to me, he's like, Lane, you got the opportunity to medal, but you've got to be perfect. If you miss a lift, you're out. <laughs> if you miss a lift, you're out. And he's, and then it said, train like your life depends on, and I was like, oh shit, don't tell me that. <laughs> don't tell no me pressure. that. Like. Yeah no like i i lo- I love pressure I love' you're
1: driving a, you're it you're a very intense individual uh you, you, i mean no! even talking to you last night <laughs> well, even talking to you last night you you're you, pretty calm, dude. you I seem mean, to yeah. revel in in those types of challenges uh where people say to you,
0: well, you embrace it
1: yeah, you do you know you, know it, it looks like you embrace it and excites you. Let me ask you this question because I can guarantee you some people listening right now Ooh, are thinking themselves good, yeah I know. they're thinking to themselves right now uh. Do you think that that attitude contributed maybe to type to training types of training that may have pushed you to injuries? Oh sure. Or, <laughs> now, what, now let me ask you this, have you changed anything? It's or a looking sport. back, have you changed your approach uh, because you're also very analytical, obviously yeah. right. Uh, what has changed since then or what, what, what do you think you could have done differently maybe So, so the first thing I'll tell
2: people is, sh- because people will say, "Well, look, you got injured this and that." I'll say, "Show me one high level athlete in any sport who has not incurred." Some kind of major injury. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods plays golf. Yeah, he's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, so I'm not saying there aren't things I could do better. Absolutely, but if you're gonna compete on that, if you, if you don't ever get injured. Lifting weights, you're probably lifting like a pussy. Well, you got to you
0: your priorities are different. <laughs> you're, and I you're tell us to people all the time, every last when minute. your priorities yeah. are to another pound, another pound, and you're you're trying to set records or you're pushing yourself. For you're people. always going to walk that borderline, of course, because your goal isn't to be the most mobile person in the world right now. And if that was your goal, you probably wouldn't be setting PRs. And people just got to understand that that it's it's where your priorities are. But I think the idea for us as we continue to go through because is. Learning from that and then trying to meld the two of them together, I think that's where Sal's going. Right, it's like, you know, looking back, you know, how have you grown from that, and like, what are things that you've implemented? Yeah, because you're
1: not done competing. You still wanna, you still want to be in that world. So, your your approach has changed, right? So, like, I've put a lot more emphasis on mobility, Mm -hmm. rehab work, Mm -hmm. core
2: work, planking, all those sorts of things to. To try to glute work, mm-hmm. you know. Now um,
1: these are areas that your because you you spoke very highly of your physical therapist. These yes. uh, these are areas that your physical therapist has identified. Yes. And so your core, you yes. said core, has. Uh, I notice you and like most powerlifters and heavy lifters do. You use the belt quite a bit when you lift. Have yes. you done lifting without it, or do you experiment without it? Uh, I, I do my
2: a lot. Of, you know, I do some beltless work, and it's you know there's there's theories behind. If you use a belt, you tend to get more core activation of the rectus abdominis, mm-hmm. like the actual front of your abs. Right, You get less of the, the, the obliques, mm-hmm. the side of your abs. If you do beltless work, you tend to get more uniform activation. So um, that's why we've been putting in a lot of side planking exercises mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But for me, when you start to get heavy, I tend to be... Error on the side of specificity, sure. If I, you know, because squatting without a belt is just squatting them with is different than squatting with a belt, so it is. And, that, mm-hmm. and this
1: is the and here's the thing to consider too is when you're it's not because I've heard people argue and say, Oh, you get lots of core activation when you wear a belt, which is true. If you look at a um, if you're if you're looking at activation of muscles, that's absolutely correct. But the difference is in recruitment patterning and how the muscles are recruited. And with a belt, you're, your core pushes out against the belt and the belt creates more stability because you'll yes. notice when you're you know, when you're doing a heavy lift, you breathe in deep, you push out, that belt gives you that artificial extra It's a, it's a different process. Right. Yeah. So then when you take off the belt and you go to do a heavy lift, your core now is trained because this is what happens to your body. Whatever you do all the time becomes your default recruitment pattern. It wants to push out, but there's nothing there to support it and you, and you can create problems. And so you'll see now, you know, I've worked with lifters where I'll have them do both because it's important that your core can do both because if you emphasize just one all the time, which, look, here's the bottom line. When you're competing in powerlifting, you use a belt right. in yeah. competition. Yeah. So it's important you get good with it. Yes. And, in fact, if you give a beginner lifter uh, a belt who's never used one before, they don't even know how to use one right. Right. Their body doesn't know how to use one properly. But it's really about that recruitment pattern sure. uh, that makes the biggest difference in, uh, you know, in, in that type of stability. So. And
2: one of the things I've tried to do now is when I, when I breathe and i have all salva – I try to think about filling up my entire belt and not just the front. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and my, my physical therapist always yelling at me, ribs down, ribs down, Mm -hmm. you know, and and not just being here, but being here and tight, you Mm -hmm. know, tight Mm -hmm. in the core. And um, yeah, you know, hopefully it's going to make the difference. I mean, um, well, I
0: think if you weren't competing, you probably, do you think if you weren't competing that you wouldn't train with it as much? Or do you think you still would? What do you think you would do? Like if, let's say, you don't, you've already, you're over competing. Your training now is it still something that you find yourself using a lot? Or I'd
2: probably train with it less, but
1: I would probably still train with it. Yeah. You know, because um, it's I, a hard transition. I'll tell. I'll tell you. I was a big belt. Well, I uh, go back and forth. I yeah. go.
0: I go all the way up until. Yeah, I but start you went for a in, while without it. Yeah, no, I did. I yeah. did. I, I, it, it's a weird transition. I, right? I, I play in and out because I'm. I'm not competing, right? Well, I'm and a, I
2: and I have such these you know, by belt. <laughs> I have you know I have more forward lean than most people and you know people look at me and they're saying like, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong and I try to explain biomechanics to them and it's like I'm speaking a third language. Um but it's one of those things where I I have such an amount of forward lean; it really does take a lot off my squat Mm -hmm. if I don't use a belt. Sure, and and I can admit that that's fine um, because everybody uses a belt in powerlifting, so it's you know it's it's all level playing field. It's a fucking sport. Um,
1: well, I, that's, so, I, that's yeah. what I like about you. You don't. You're. You're. Uh, you're not afraid to say that. You're, do you know that you're – there's
2: a lot of ego? It's, but in it's the, still. It's still a skill. Of course, I still have to get mm-hmm. it out of that. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And you're competing with one just like the next guy. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh yeah, the knee sleeves give me nothing, and the belt gives me nothing. It's all well. If it didn't, gave me nothing, I wouldn't fucking use them. Right. You know, like <laughs> I'm sorry. Like yeah. stop. These guys are like oh the knee sleeves don't do anything. They just a mental thing. Shut up. The knee sleeves probably SPDs. You know, strong knee sleeves, iron tanks ones that I've got. They'll probably give you know somebody anywhere from ten to thirty pounds is mm-hmm. my guess. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: hey, every percent
2: counts when you're there's competing. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's standardized. I mean, I competed yeah. raw in a in a raw division that had wraps, right? Knee wraps. I actually prefer sleeves because I don't really get that much out of knee wraps because I'm not a I'm not a, a upright. Olympic style you get a, you're a lot, bounce out of the hole squat. Yeah. You're, you're, know, a lot, right? you're a lot more hip yeah, flexion through. than you are in right. Flexion. Exactly. So I just don't. I don't squat fast enough in mm-hmm. order to get a lot of the rebound out of that. So, mm-hmm. but um, God, what yeah. A, I,
0: what a cool topic and a good point.
2: Yeah, I, I, because I, of your because of your stance and
0: because of how much. Because I actually squat similar to you. I'm a very tall, lanky guy, so I tend to lean forward more than mm-hmm. the average person. I prefer a lower bar mm-hmm. than I do a high bar yeah. squat. So. You know that there's definitely advantages and disadvantages to both. It's a, a great little topic. Well, people
2: people they'll look at me like, well, "Why don't you just high bar squat? Because you can stay more upright."
4: Mm-hmm.
2: If, yeah. Theoretically, yes, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Theoretically the, the problem is. Right. is I still have to lean forward even with a high bar squat, and what happens when I get heavy? I just completely fold over because the torque is so great on my lower back. You've only yeah.
1: lengthened the lever. If you, you exactly. Got, you've got this upper body lever, and your body likes to fold forward. And if you move the weight up, you've only made your made yeah, it heavier. That's, yes. a, that's stupid advice. Yeah, that's dumb. I mean, <laughs> unless you're really tr- good. That's a
0: troll who's coming
1: through yeah. and trying to say. Some unless shit you're your really p- good at sitting as super erect with your you know with your squat. I mean, I guess you could say can.
2: I could get you know I could make a really wide stance and do high bar and push my knees forward really far but now i'm creating other problems you know what i mean now you're tearing your
1: balls out of your balls yeah exactly (laughs) you you know i've seen that happen
2: so you know i'm instead of you know i actually hurt my back more when i was trying to fight what my body naturally wanted to do Mm -hmm. you know now listen yeah i hurt my back but okay how long have i been lifting weights Mm -hmm. almost 20 years i've had one major lower back injury I don't think I've had more incidents of lower back injury than any normal person who lifts weights. No,
1: and and the hard thing too, especially when you've been working out as long as you you have or we have, we've all been training that long as well, is that you create these these patterns for so long and you get so strong with these patterns that eventually something, sometimes, this is not for everybody, but sometimes – a weakest link in the, uh, you know, there's always a weakest link, right? And it, sometimes you'll pay the price and then to revert, to go back and to regress and to have to figure that out. It can be a very long process. Like people don't realize like, you know, when I stopped lifting with, uh, with a, with a belt, I mean, you know, my top deadlift, nowhere near yours. Um, but I've, I've pulled 600 pounds off the floor. When I took my belt off, I had to go way back, um, and I had, to, and it took me a year before even getting anywhere near what my old deadlift was because yeah. I had to relearn how to how to deadlift. It's, it's, it's like a movement. new exercise, it's yeah. movement. And that's just one silly example. I mean, if you look at your, you know, the, the complexity of a squat or a deadlift or even a bench press, and if you get an injury and all of a, you know, you re you examine what's causing that injury, why did that particular part of my muscle tear? You know, why did my why did I not control the movement at that part of the rep? You gotta go back and you have to relearn the exercise. People don't realize now, Lane, that shit can take a long time. You're only using
0: that on your big compound movements, too. You're not like a, you know, cable push down guy with You like don't a, you
1: don't wear no. a belt when you okay. do okay. curls. No. Okay. No. no. <laughs> no. no.
4: no. Oh, I, don't, I don't I don't use a
2: little fucking uh, you know, Vallejo belt with the little thin thing yeah, in front. With you know, that says I have PB pro on yeah. the back, you know, a, like this a says beast on the back. <laughs> yeah, beast, we, beast. we actually, beast
1: this, mode. we actually had this guy that worked out one of our gyms and he wore a belt that said beast on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hate people. He'd walk in, he'd walk in, we'd get on the intercom and we'd just go beast. beast. Real loud so, so powerlifting, the thing about powerlifting is it is a, uh, I mean, I, uh, I'm going to say pure sport and some people are going to, are going to debate that because of course you have all the, the different, you know, rules and regulations. But what I mean by pure is you either lift the weight or you don't. Right. Uh, But you also compete in bodybuilding, which is not pure. (laughs) This is a completely judged... Subjective. Great question. Subjective. Yeah, compare the two. Like, how different is that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like both for different reasons. You know, I would say that in a way, bodybuilding is a little bit more rewarding in that it's just more of a constant grind uh, in that, you know, you never... You know, after my training session is done for powerlifting, I can kind of stop thinking about powerlifting. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, I go home, Good point. eat some food, you know, hang out with my family, whatever. Whereas in bodybuilding, it's like you never, when you're prepping for a show, you get, everybody gets prep brain at some point. Even if you do it right, even if you give yourself enough time, even if you do flexible dieting, whatever, at some point it, it basically dominates your life. It, it
1: does happen. It's a very uh, selfish, obsessive it, sport. It, it is.
2: And any sport is. But it's just one of those things that, you know... I think I have like PTSD from competing <laughs> and that like uh, not to minimize PTSD. I'm, I'm making a joke, but like six months after I'm done competing, if you said the word diet to me, I would like,
4: oh, oh God, you know, like
2: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like to, uh, so I liked it in that, you know, if it's hard, that's what makes it worth doing. You feel proud of yourself afterwards, mm-hmm. but I didn't like, I what I don't like is the way that, it tends to just completely take over my entire life because you just become so fixated on food. You know, it just, it sucks. What I loved about powerlifting was going into the arena on contest day. Like, that's what it felt like. You know, like, it was... You know, I have, it feels
1: like it feels more like a competition. I have
2: I have all these nerves on competition day, right? And bodybuilding. What the what the fuck am I gonna do with them? Pose harder, you know, like <laughs> whereas powerlifting, <laughs> I can use that shit, you know. Like yeah. I that's why I love like you're talking about pressure. I love pressure and I love nerves. Like one of the best lines I ever saw. Did you guys ever watch the Ultimate Fighter?
1: Come on now. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. I think it was season five. remember Sarah versus uh, Hughes? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, like years remember. ago, guess, right? Yeah. Do you guys remember the guy War Machine?
1: Yep. Okay. You so, know he's in jail now, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Actually, one of my uh, he killed. Didn't he beat his porn star girlfriend? Yeah,
2: one of my one of my good friends oh, was actually childhood man. friends with him. Who was? Uh, oh wow. Yeah. He. My what friend. was his
1: girlfriend's name?
3: Um, Christy Mack.
1: Yeah. Oh thank you oh, well. wait, wait, wait. Wait somebody pull up his <laughs> internet browser history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, she's not a delete delete delete. She's not a bad one to watch, but yeah, he, yeah. he, he, he beat the shit out of her. Yeah, and yeah. He she's it. not ugly.
2: Oh. <laughs> but there's. There is a great line. So, uh, this guy, uh, he was John Copenhaver, is what he was known of at the time. And he's just like sitting over a bucket before his fight, like physically getting sick, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because he's so nervous. And he's sitting there, and he, Matt Sarah is his coach. He's still going, I hate this. I I can't do this anymore. I can't, I I hate feeling like this. I hate feeling like this. And Sarah looks at him. It's the greatest line I think I've ever heard. He says, What are you talking about? That's the feeling of being alive. you care about something so much it's causing you to feel physically ill he's like most people Never get that, That's they true. don't care about anything that much. That's the
1: man in the arena, right?
2: What, man in the my favorite, one of my favorite quotes. Of course, of all time. what, you, what
0: of are course. your thoughts on what we're finding out about the brain and the stomach being connected together? What do, you, what do you think about all that? That's crazy to me. And we've always said things in the past like you've heard people say, Oh, I feel it in my gut, you know, and now we're yeah. starting to see that there's a major connection going God, on. God,
1: they just didn't, was it like two years ago? They just discovered the, 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 the guy with well, the lymphatic system connects directly. <laughs> To the brain.
2: Everything connects.
1: Which is which is hilarious because if you went anatomy books before that, it ended, you know, and up at the neck, well, I at, think.
2: Look at adipose tissue. We used to think adipose tissue was just Literally like a sponge. Yeah, like, like a storage unit. And now we know it sends out adipokines, it talks to other tissues. It it fits every definition of an organ. Mm-hmm. So does skeletal mm-hmm. muscle, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to just think that these were kind of inert things and it was like the liver and the gut and the heart were driving everything and the brain, you know, mm-hmm. and they were driving everything. They we all talk to each other. The peripheral tissues all talk to each you know, the peripheral tissues talk to each other. You know, adipose tissue very, very uh, communicative uh, to other tissues. You know, especially like look at things like leptin and, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, adiponectin. They're finding they're finding now kids, uh, young girls now are going through puberty at younger ages just because they're fatter. People don't realize that the extra adipose tissue is is pushing them into puberty at earlier well, ages. Well, leptin
2: interacts with the hypothalamus, and the hypothalamus is really involved with sex hormones mm-hmm. and, and those sorts of things. So I'm not saying there's a direct connection, but there is that kind
1: of interloop between the two. It's very interesting, and it uh, wasn't that long ago where I I found out, and I don't know how long they knew this for, but majority of serotonin produced in your body is produced by the bacteria in your gut. There's a treme- tremendous amount of serotonin produced by... The bacteria that is in your gut, which is crazy because obviously we've known forever intuitively you fall in love, you get nervous, you get depressed. Where do you feel it? You feel it in your stomach. (laughs) You know what I mean? You feel it all in your stomach. And had you, and the funny thing is, had you said this to a doctor or a scientist 10 years ago, they would have laughed you. They would have laughed at you. They would have said you were absolutely yeah. crazy. And now we're discovering that that's. I mean, there's. Uh, I think there's. I think the serotonin receptor density in the gut is second only to the brain. Yeah. You know.
2: So I mean, and, and definitely like, uh, it, it's. We know so little about the gut. You know, there's more species of bacteria in the gut. I believe. That, I believe. That, I could be wrong, but I believe that the status statistic is there's more species of bacteria in your gut than there are animal species on the entire planet.
1: There, you have you are actually more uh, bacteria cells walking around right now than you are human cells. That's yeah. a fact. And there's debate as to what the ratio is. Some people say three to one. Some people say ten to one. But you literally are more bacteria than
2: human. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Mm. It's, it's pretty pretty wild. Pretty, yeah. pretty fucking. But we crazy. don't. You know, there's. We know that it makes a difference, but we don't. You know, people say, "Well, should I take a probiotic? Should I take this thing?" Things we don't know what really if, how it affects it, or if it makes it better or worse. Like, I've seen people who take probiotic anecdotally, mm-hmm. and they actually get worse GI issues. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, what
1: you need to consider is the overgrowth of bacteria. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what the bacteria is, can be a problem. And so, what people will do with probiotics is they'll take them well it's like
0: uh, it's like everything why do we always have to go to the extreme we learn a little bit of science like hey this might help a little bit then everyone's got to go yeah. bro I'm going to take this yeah. as much as I possibly can to see if it helps me <laughs> out we, we got what you <laughs> like Lane. We, is, we did our uh, we did our homework we took care of our boy he's we got, got Amstel Light yeah. hooked
1: up we got his monster drinks after so. you're done you can have a little bit of the vape off the volcano There. you said you've never had marijuana in your entire life never in my entire life you know marijuana fight. did you know that the cannabinoids fight cancer
2: uh, I, I haven't actually looked into it uh,
1: but yes I, there's some I, I, anti-cancer I've that, properties right right so well, it'll, it'll go good with your uh, monster.
4: <laughs> so I. <laughs>
1: boom. <laughs> that was
0: beautiful.
2: Had to throw a little. That was beautiful. Right? Oh, the,
4: uh, the aspartame monster. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, so, no, I mean. Don't worry, cannabis takes care <laughs> of that. Listen, I, I'm, I'm,
2: a, I'm a libertarian, so I think that people should be able to, you know, smoke weed, do whatever they we want. We
1: connected you know? very strongly. Well, on that's together. why we all. Why right way we liked
0: each other. As soon as that came out, we're like, oh, God, yeah. okay. Yeah. How could we not like each yeah. other?
1: We, we like people being able to do whatever the fuck they want. What what do you think of the of the current state of uh, the bodybuilding fitness world? I mean, in the last ten years, it's changed so much because of social media. How much time you got? I know. <laughs> we, got <laughs> we, we got all
0: day, bro. That's we got not a loaded question <laughs> No, you.
1: I'm going to tell you something because the the reason why I even know who you are, I, I stopped. I, I was really into bodybuilding as a kid, uh, you know, lifting weights, and I completely just disconnected from it. But I knew who you were because you. Uh, you were like somebody that kind of was being smart about it. You were, you were talking about science and why. One of the first things I think I heard you say was how um, you don't need to eat the insane amounts of protein that some of these bodybuilders were talking about. Yeah. You know, the Stupid. two grams per pound of bodybuilder. Stupid. Yeah. And I remember reading that and then you, you know, obviously you backed it up with, uh, with science and studies. And then I did my own research and I was like, holy fuck, this guy's right and he's pretty muscular and he works out, um, and he's pretty strong. I think I'm going to listen to this guy. And he's hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, See <laughs> if I can get his Watch numbers. His number. I have a poster of you up on my bed. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, here, listening to all that or, or, you know, seeing all that, like, you must be, I must drive you crazy because it's, I don't know, man, it feels like it's going backwards in some ways. some ways. <laughs> well, you know what I
2: mean? You know, we do have, you know, an evidence-based movement, which is nice. You know, back when I was first starting on this, there was there was no evidence based movement, you know. It was just, just who the whatever the bro in the gym said who was big dude, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's. I I think Neil deGrasse Tyson said this, and I I really think it sums it up nicely. And it's the fundamental job of any scientist is to question even the most basic beliefs that we hold true, right? So not just accept something because mm-hmm. guess what, like people. When I when I bring up something, they say, "Well, this is the way." It's always, you know, what a thousand years ago, people were like, "Yeah, the world's fucking flat because it is because we (laughs) said so." And by the way, the Earth is the center of the universe, you know. And it took some. We all know
1: it's Adam. (laughs) And
2: it took it took you know Galileo, and literally standing in front of uh, I think the church, and then making they put him, him in house
1: arrest, didn't they? Making
2: him recant his findings. And then uh, I think I think the the story is like he he, he recanted to save his life literally because they were going to kill him because you know heaven forbid we advance, um, and he under his breath said and still it turns.
1: Mm. You well, know? you know it's it, I, I hate to say this this is so cliche right but history repeats itself. Pff, fucking the, does the uh, <laughs> there's especially a flat earth there, movement right now. Specia- yes, yeah, there on is. YouTube. Well, and all oh wait
2: wait wait what so in there, the fuck? Wait 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 wait. So there's the flat earth movement. Posted this, literally posted this.
1: Okay, and this just so are they real or are they trolls?
2: Yeah, it's real. I've seen it. Fucking real. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I've got the greatest. This is the greatest line in the history of the internet. Fucking internet remembers. It's the Flat Earth Society posted, and if you don't get this within ten seconds of me saying it, go back to school. The Flat Earth Society has members all around the globe
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh drop my god.
2: fucking mic! <laughs> oh my god it's like, yeah. it's like i don't even need to say anything <laughs> yeah. why you isn't know, the moon flat yeah. holy
1: Damn shit it's, it's like, a it's a, yeah. it's a flat disc yeah. you know it, what i what i was saying about history repeating itself is the the holders of information people don't realize how much power is in information information truly is power for all of human history if you look at the people who who had the information and conveyed it, they were the ones in power. It was the church, and then it was you know aristocrats and government and you know media. And now that we have uh, the internet and the ability to share information, I mean, in the past, look, I tell you what, we're we're recording a podcast right now. We do YouTube videos. We. 15 years ago, that didn't exist. If I wanted nope. to spread my message, I would need a half a million dollars worth of production equipment. Yep. I would need somebody to sign me. I'd need a major you know, production to be able to do this. I'd have to be on a major network. Now I could make a YouTube video and it might reach 20 million people. And, it's scared, and it scares the shit out of the holders of information. And, and, and I ask you this because you are a scientist. Um, who are the hold, holders of information now and who's getting scared now? Uh, <laughs> That's a loaded question. Yeah, it's, it's a very people. loaded question because yeah. we talked yesterday, and you don't have to go into detail. Obviously, we we talked off the mic uh, yesterday, but you've seen some unethical shit happen in the field of science, and these are the these are the holders of information today. Yeah. Yes, yep. yeah, you know, yeah. Um, how much of that would you say? You know, in
0: your experience, okay, I know this is, you know, I got a pee really bad. I'll be right back. in your experience. How much, like percentage wise, do you think is is fucking bad and corrupt? Y-
2: you know. I probably had a better experience than most people because I went to Cause you went the to- University of Illinois, <laughs> I-L-L-I-N-I, um, which is a really highly regarded research institute. And I worked under a great advisor. Not good, not okay, fucking great. Uh, Dr. Don Lehman. I didn't realize how great he was until I had left hmm. and, and had some time out on my own and seen what some other people went through. I didn't really see any of it there. It was very rigorous. Like we had so many, uh, so much oversight. So it's like he
0: taught you the right way, and yeah. then you went out in the real world, yeah. and so, saw how it went down. You know,
2: there was a statistic out there that that something like thirty to forty percent of uh, are, are not fabricated, but the data is doctored with in some way.
4: Yeah, Biased. Uh, how about we just say that, right? 40%? Oh, well, every, no,
2: no, 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 no. hundred no, percent of research is biased. One hundred percent. Well, everybody has their bias. Yeah. I have my own bias. Well, you have yes, to get funding. Yeah. Well, well, not even that. Like, we all have our own thoughts. Like, I have my own thoughts about stuff. Fair yeah. enough. But Fair what enough. I always say is I I care more about getting the right answer than I do about being right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I love being right. Don't get me wrong. Do you really feel like that, though? Do you think there's been a time where, like, because that
0: hurts, bro. And we talk about this on the show about being that type of person where you're okay with being told, fuck, I was wrong. And yeah. I got to come out and say that. It happened
2: that. my first study I ever did.
4: Really, I, used really? to eat,
2: I used to eat eight meals a day, you know, mm. and and uh, I got the study back and I was looking at the data and I'm like, fuck, I can't validate this. You oh, know? good like, for you. Uh, I, 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 so I tried starting to eat four to five meals a day and it, it worked. It was better. Like it was a little bit better, you know, in terms of, in terms of it fit my lifestyle better. I didn't feel like I needed to leave the house with a fucking cooler, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, and uh, seemed to get a little bit leaner, but still retain the same amount of muscle mass. And uh, yeah, like I just... It seemed to work a little bit better. Did and you come out and talk about this ever? Oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, oh, you absolutely. have yeah. Absolutely.
0: You just missed a really good one, Sal. Yeah, we, you talked about uh, eating eight we, meals a we day. We talked and... about, he was oh, right. mentioning, you know, about wanting to do research for the greater good and being okay with being wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I said, you know, that's a really tough thing to do is to admit when you're wrong. And we talk a lot about that on the show where... You know, there's not enough fitness people that come Just forward. Just like you
2: guys will do with IFYM. <laughs> 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 you know what? Oh, oh
0: we'll actually,
3: go actually, to that.
1: Actually, oh, God. Actually, no, no, no,
2: no. I know. That's the, that's the main event. We're, no, no. we right, the undercard right right Actually, now. before we
1: get to that, uh, <laughs> before, we get to that uh, before we get to that, the reason why I had to ask you the question um, before I went to go uh, use the bathroom was... No, one of the ones who get me drunk. Yeah. Just give me a little... <laughs>
2: Lower the bar a little
1: bit. Yeah. No, well, you know, actually. Oh. What you don't know, it raises wow. the bar for oh, us. Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're fueled by it. We're actually going to try and <laughs> have sex It's a performance enhancer. Yeah, we're trying, to, <laughs> we're trying to loosen you up so we can get laid. Yeah. Um, the reason. What? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. The he reason, said, the he re- says he's a for sure thing already. Oh, never, shit. <laughs> no. uh, the reason why I asked you that question was because uh, you, uh, you were one of the first people to introduce uh, the concept of metabolic damage and reverse dieting. And we had a great conversation about this yesterday because it still is yet to be a recognized phenomena or term, and we we know what uh, adaptive thermogenesis is. Sure, but they don't. They only give a they give a little bit of credit to it, right? They'll say it's a, it's what ten percent or fifteen percent of the number. Yeah. But you've seen firsthand. Well, we all have because we've all been doing this for
0: fucking ten well, plus years, fifteen plus years. Yeah, like how do you how do you
1: deal with that? Because you're on both sides of that, right? Like you're also the scientist who. You know, you want to see the evidence, but you're also on the other side of it saying, "Wait a minute, I'm seeing some shit going on right now that is just (laughs) doesn't make any fucking sense." You know, you were telling us about some of the competitors you've trained where they, uh, you know, they 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 come see you and they're eating a thousand calories a day, doing two hours of cardio every single day. Yeah, and doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, what do you do with? How do you deal with that?
2: Well, I thought it was interesting that when I talked about reverse dieting, metabolic adaptation, I never tried to oversell it. It was never, mm-hmm. this is the magic solution to all your problems. It was, you were careful. Of it course. was, this is what I've observed. Here's some science that, that seems to, you know, seems to anticellar and, um, God, that's the wrong word. I don't even think that's a word. Yeah, it's okay. I make them up. All the time. You know why you? <laughs> you just
3: gotta say it faster. You're sitting in yeah. Adam's chair. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> the big. That's there's the big, jo-
1: that's a, the big joke word, on this show. is I talk so a, fast, I just make a word a up. A word
2: for I'm you. searching for. But anyway, if but, you say yeah, yeah, yeah. confidently, it doesn't matter. There, there was there was data kind of surrounding it, but no direct data. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I talked about that, yeah. and. Um, you know i i never i try to never oversell it you know i said this is a tool that i think some people can use and if you want to use it great if, if not it's whatever you know
4: mm-hmm.
2: and uh you know it's it's weird i'm like you know here i am I, i've worked with i've been doing coaching for 12 years now i worked with over 1500 people um did a phd in nutritional science you know i feel like if anybody has right to take some a little bit of leeway Mm -hmm. and make maybe a a little bit of a leap, it would be me, you know. But people came out and, you know, PubMed is great. I love PubMed. It's great. Fantastic resource. Information can be – you can Mm -hmm. find it. But we have these PubMed warriors who if the. That if you can't give them a PubMed study for it, it must not exist. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Guess what? When Isaac Newton saw the apple fall from the tree, there wasn't a fucking PubMed study to back it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're 100% so,
1: right because observation and anecdote, uh, many times, is what is drives inspiration yeah, it, for research. It's what drives the science. And, and it, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, when I was a kid, when I had a cough, my mom would give me honey. Okay, cause honey helped the cough. Now, the way my mom explained it was it coats your throat and it, it helps prevent you coughing. Of course, uh, I grew up, I got a little older. I'm a teenager, I go to the doctor. I tell the doctor about it. the doctor laughs at me. That's ridiculous. Honey doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's an old wives' tale. We now know that the there's something in honey that actually suppresses uh, some of the, uh, the 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 something in the brain that actually causes the cough reflex. So it actually does, Help with coughing. But they laughed at it before. And, and here's what bothers me about that. And this is why I think uh, you have different theories and philosophies that have merit. And many times they don't blend together. Because there's some truth in a little bit of everything a lot of times. And the problem with this is people get dogmatic. And the scientific community can also become... Quite dogmatic, and they're not infallible. And you were talking about this yesterday. You were talking yeah. about some of the some of the shit that you've seen with studies where you're like, "That is not, mm-hmm. that is not a study that's that is can be trusted." Uh, but yet, yeah, it'll get published. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we do have.
2: Fortunately, science is usually pretty good in that other researchers are going to see that study get published and go, "What the fuck?"
1: Yeah. And you got to gonna... see if
2: it's duplicatable. Exactly. Definitely. And one of the proudest moments of my entire PhD research was seeing it get. You know, mine was done in rats, which, of course, all the fucking yeah. bodybuilders go, oh, I was in rats. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Unless well, you show guess a Guess what, We can't do it on there's fucking... A, d- there's a reason <laughs> we do it in rats. You know what? Because humans suck as test subjects. <laughs> and in particular, <laughs> bodybuilders suck as test subjects. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you why. Because all this, the like, drugs and other why shit. Did you, why <laughs> did you do it in IFBB Pros? and Why did you do it Because we don't know what's working with I them. Will, Is it the growth you, hormone? Is I will tell you exactly why we don't do it in bodybuilders. Because bodybuilders are idiots as a whole <laughs> and assholes and impossible to work with mm. as research subjects. And let me tell you why. They already think they know more than the fucking researchers. Okay? <laughs> if we're going to do a study on high protein versus low protein and we tell you you're in the low protein or we t- – you're going to know you're in the low protein bro- group if you're a bodybuilder even if we don't tell you, even if you're blinded.
1: You can't really be blinded. They're going to drop out of the fucking study. I'm not eating no fucking low protein. They're not going
2: (laughs) to. So, you know what? Rats are going to do what the fuck I tell them to do. (laughs) Okay? So, now, obviously, we would love to have it validated in humans. Sure. Absolutely. But rats are a good model for protein metabolism. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the proudest moments was seeing a lot of my research get validated by uh, Stu Phillips' lab. They Mm -hmm. kind of did similar research in humans and, and found very similar things. That is the beauty of science: mm-hmm. is that if you can't reproduce it, then it wasn't legit.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, here's the, here's the thing: I, I, I've only met, I met you yesterday. I've only known you for a couple of days, but you, uh, the impression I get is that you have uh, unshakable ethics. You you seem to be very morally driven, which I, uh, it, for me personally, that's the kind of scientist yes, that refreshing. I want looking at things, because uh, we've seen far too many, you know, situations where. We find out that the research was flawed because this company funded it this way and these things were changed or you know they cut the study short. So instead of going nine months, it went six months because at seven months, that's when they saw side effects. So they made it only a six-month study. We see what the tobacco industry did, what the, uh, the, the the petroleum industry did with lead when we were trying to get lead out of gasoline. you know all these different things that happen it's, it, it, it sucks because it muddies up what is supposed to be a very but, pure black and white objective but, you know science but in the end, science got it right.
2: you know what I mean? because the research on tobacco came out, and all this other stuff eventually came out. eventually eventually the eventually. truth. The but truth, man, let me tell you. No, I mean, it's it's it it sucks that it didn't happen faster. But the truth is a freight train. The truth is a freight train. Okay, the truth is a freight train parallel to 100 miles an hour down a track. Mm-hmm. You can try it, slow it down. You can try and stop it. You can try and divert it. But it's fucking coming. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're somebody who did your shit unethically, it will come out eventually. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, if you, you're better off just doing it the right way from I, the start. I'll
1: tell you what though. If I debated a scientist 20 years ago on whether or not—we'll talk about marijuana, since that's a subject we like to talk about— whether or not marijuana caused lung cancer. For sure, for sure, you wouldn't find a single scientist that would have debated that it didn't. For liability
2: reasons, to be honest with you. Well, well,
1: not just that, but if you look at the carcinogens that are produced uh, or that are in the smoke, it's got more carcinogens than tobacco smoke. But for all intents and purposes— it should cause cancer, but it didn't. The studies show it doesn't cause, and we know it's because cannabinoids have anti-cancer properties, so it's some kind of a canceling out process, but to, discuss, to even entertain the idea- It's kind of like have,
2: protein and bone loss, actually. Right,
1: right. It would have been almost impossible, and so we talked for a second. We, you know, I joked around about the monster drink that you're drinking, uh, about the aspartame, and I know I saw you did a recent post on artificial sweeteners, and yep. you defended their, their safety, and uh, you know you're also a libertarian, um, and libertarians we are as a whole. <laughs> that's a big that's a big arm there. Yeah, it is a big arm. <laughs> uh, as a whole, we are quite. Um, oh shit! We don't we don't work are we're untrusting of you know monolithic right. monopoly type uh, entities like uh, government would be one of those, or even the intertwining of government and business, and which is fucking everything. Every, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want to tell you about aspartame. Here's the problem I have with aspartame in particular. When you look Fuck at this thing in particular, yeah, no. When you look at aspartame and you look at how aspartame got approved, uh, and this these are all facts, these are historical facts. When you look at the process that it went through, when GD Searle just makes you, you know, raise an eyebrow. Well, that's all. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little synopsis. Look this up if you want to. I'm not going to have the exact dates, but when GD Searle first uh, tried to get approval from the FDA, the FDA asked for. Studies and uh, G.D. provided them. They they gave them a hundred studies that they funded. They they did them themselves and they gave it to them. The FDA came back and said we want more, and they gave them more. Uh, there was an investigation into these studies, and uh, they found that. Uh, and there were two scientists in particular. I don't remember the names of uh, of the scientists. One was a neuro uh, neurobiologist who was the gentleman who was responsible for removing uh, MSGs from baby food. He was the guy that said, "Hey, MSGs may not be good for." Uh, you know, for for baby food, let's take that out. So he would look at aspartame. He said, let's look a little deeper, examine the studies, found a lot of problems were done with the studies. And the FDA uh, actually did a criminal investigation uh, into aspartame and it did not get approved. They actually had a criminal investigation. This is true now. The attorney, or attorney general at the time got uh, paid. The uh, G.D. Searle took the attorney general, hired him, so he quit his job as attorney, attorney general, worked for them. Case got dropped, still wasn't approved. Who gets elected to uh, who, or at least who gets appointed to the committee that now is going to look at uh, Aspartame again, or at oh least who's boy. in control? who's in control of GD Searle at the time? Rumsfeld, of course, the, the, our favorite uh, you know politician um, responsible for uh, going into Iraq with Mr. Bush. Anyhow, he was in charge of this. He declared we will get it passed. This is a true story now. They had a committee of five scientists uh, looking over the science behind aspartame. Three out of the two said no. He appointed a third, or a sixth, excuse me. Now it was a three-to-three three tie. the The scientist in charge of it, who was appointed by Rumsfeld, then uh, made, broke the tie and got uh, aspartame approved. Moving along, up until 1992, aspartame was responsible for something like eighty, almost eighty percent of the complaints to the FDA for all food additives, like. A majority of complaints going to the FDA were that. But that is
2: very easy to explain as a confirmation bias that people believe aspartame is bad for them and so they complain.
1: But you, go ahead. It could be, but here's the, the, here's the thing now. Uh, and you're a smart guy, and I, I say the same thing. That could be a confirmation basis, uh, bias, excuse me. However, after 1992, the FDA stopped, they started looking at the complaints like, hey, I had a seizure, and they stopped saying, was it aspartame? Or we're not going to blame it on aspartame. We're just going to say you had a seizure. In fact, you can't find statistics now for, for complaints after 1992. And so for me, when I look at this cloud of bullshit, I go, hold on, this doesn't look fucking right now. And this is the problem. They could very well be right. Aspartame could be completely safe. But this is the shit that makes
2: me shake my head. Right. Well, and and you can think, oh, not to get too libertarian, but you can thank government for, for crony capitalism for fucking that up. Absolutely. Right? Um and what I'll say is all that. That's why be, we're
0: also goddamn skeptical, right?
2: All yeah. that, all that may be very true. Uh, it probably is true, but when you look at the research, and even the research that's outside of funding from NutraSweet and aspartame and those sorts of
1: things, now let but, me ask you this: When you look at all the research done on aspartame what percentage would you say is funded by the industry? Not, and oh, about, it's probably over 70%. Okay, so a good majority. A good majority. And yeah. I want to make that clear to the audience. Now, I'm not saying that that necessarily means it's bullshit, but it's something you should consider. If this was a court of law, this is something that they would make a point about. They would say, hey, we'd there also, may be a conflict of interest. We'd also call it a circumstantial
2: evidence. Correct. But, <laughs> but the, the other thing, too, is to, to keep this in mind. All right, I was funded by the, the Dairy Council and the Egg Nutrition Center. I never once... Had one of them come into my lab, I never once heard from any of them. I'd send a report to them every six months. I realize every every industry is different, mm-hmm. but you know it, it's easy. You know anybody can be made to seem like a villain if we put it together correctly. Of course, you know what I mean. So we got to be careful. About we got to be very it. careful. And so what that. I what I default back to is when I look at the actual research and even the stuff that wasn't funded by mm-hmm. NutraSuite, it seems to be safe. Now there are some studies that show. Ah, uh, carcinogenic effects uh, on in rats, but when you look at the dosages used, they're usually a very, very high dose.
1: They are. They're so, actually the equivalent. So the equivalent you would drown. You'd have to use about I think. So I looked it up actually because um, I knew the subject would come up. I want to make sure I had the numbers correct because I don't want to misrepresent any position or side. And I have a very deep uh, respect for uh, for science and the scientific process. And I respect you as well. And I looked it up, and it, it's equivalent to 16 or 19 cans of soda every single day. No, it's it's uh, would would you would need to consume on a regular basis? It,
2: I, when I did the calculation, maybe there was another study I didn't mm. see, but it was like 50 liters. Like you would yeah. actually die of electrolyte depletion mm. before you would actually get side effects from okay. the, from the artificial okay. sweeteners. Because people don't. The other thing to keep in mind is people don't realize it's not like a one to one substitution of sugar.
1: Aspartame no, it's like, a th- was it a thousand times? 200 uh,
2: times sweeter than okay. sugar. So I'm, I'm thinking sucralose. You're literally getting milligrams. Yeah, mm. sucralose is 600 times yeah, sweeter yeah, than sugar. Right. Now, the one thing about sucralose is it does seem to change your gut flora. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know if that's a good or a bad or a neutral mm-hmm. change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we just know it changes it, so we don't mm-hmm. know about that.
1: Well, there was, so there was a study on aspartame. It was a 22-year-long year, year study, the longest study done on artificial sweeteners. And it connected uh, aspartame to blood cancers, uh, in particular with women, and some with men. Now, here's what happens. And by the way, this is not the first time this has happened. And again, for me personally, when I'm ingesting something on a regular basis, when there's this sh- this cloud of doubt over it, I gotta I kind of look at it, and I, I I gotta make a decision based on this. Every time a study seems to come out to show that there's a connection between. Uh, aspartame or glyphosates or some other chemical that we consume a lot of in, in, in our processed foods that shows that there's a connection to cancer, some kind of disease, almost inevitably, uh, six months or seven or eight months later, they have to retract their statement. And there's all this conspiracy around why did they have to retract their statement? Was there pressure from these massive organizations? And it's, it's kind of Worrisome. It's a little worrisome to me. Like, I look at this and I go, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I, there was a huge study that showed this this connection between aspartame and, and blood cancers. And then they had to come back and say, well, it was a correlation. We're not quite sure. And I'm like, well, there's another I one. I don't fuck with correlations. Yeah. To be honest with you, there's so much
2: conflicting, there's so much confounding variables. Let mm-hmm. me, let me, you know what has an extremely tight correlation? Margarine cells and the door force rates of people in Maine. Yeah. Like a ninety-nine, like a ninety-nine what? percent correlation. Oh no, that's true. That's true. You know, you can look, look it up. Where sport. did you get that? Where did you get that? Who Spur- gave that yeah. to you? That's Spurious what? correlations. There's that's also there is statistic. also a ninety-seven percent correlation between incidents of drowning in pools and Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah,
0: hmm. I believe there's an eighty-seven percent correlation with the Giants winning whenever it rains too. Right. Like, there's
2: yeah. a, there, no, there's there's some. So now I'm not using that as proof of concept, but the, the point being is. I think correlations are, are nice for trying to say, you know what, we should look more into that. Yeah. But we gotta be careful about how much unfortunately what the paper reports is uh, for example, I mean if you're looking at correlations, people who eat meat are are gonna die. You know, they're more likely to by the way, sure they're gonna die of something anyway. Sure. But Yeah,
1: you gotta look at the um, controls though.
2: Right, right. So this, I mean they said this, for a
1: long time that coffee caused cancer too. Right. Well we didn't realize that but people here's the thing cigarette. is people
2: people people who drink coffee Tend to be more addictive type personalities. They tend to not exercise. They tend to be higher stress. Sure. They tend to smoke. Yeah, they tend look to at drink alcohol. Of- there's 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 all kinds of confounding
1: variables, you know. And then and so when it, when we talk about artificial sweeteners, I think it's. It's pretty 100% accurate. Uh, it could accurate be the person it, who goes and buys two
2: Big Macs and then gets a Diet Coke.
1: It could be, but also what I want to say is it's not a, It's not toxic. It's not an acute poison. No, definitely not. Uh, we do have maybe – there is some evidence, some small evidence, that there might be some carcinogenic properties at certain doses. But here's the problem. Here's the deal. Uh, this is the problem that I have is when you're a fitness enthusiast and you take – uh, you know, protein powder after your workout, pre workout, before your workout, uh, maybe a post, you know, before bed supplement, uh, when you eat a protein bar, when you're the average American, there you go, posing with your, yourself <laughs> there. When you're the average, uh, you, know, uh, you know, person who Were drinks two model? sodas a day, when that happens over the course of 20, you know, 20 years, 20, 30 years, how do we account for, and you get cancer and now you're 60 and they're like, well, it could be this, that, and the other? It's a very difficult thing to, you have, connect. To,
2: you have to look at. When you're talking about long-term like that, not short-term, do things accumulate in tissues? There there are there are mechanisms to break down aspartame because it, at the end of the day, it's just a, a chlorinated dipeptide. There are mechanisms to break those down. If you're talking about things like lead, mercury, things you just can't break down, that's something where even low doses over time sure. can accumulate. So I don't – again, I could be wrong and I'll never tell somebody, hey, hey you should drink Monster mm-hmm. or you should – but – Based on the data we have currently, it does not seem to cause these problems. Now, if you tell yeah, me— you don't raise an
0: eyebrow or worry. I mean, of all the things that we have out there right Listen, now
2: that I, worry— I I'm so skeptical. I raise an eyebrow Well, that's, walking down the street that he's not going to fucking rob me. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I kind of have to go, okay, we talk about the—what is it? The order of importance, right? Or the hierarchy of what's important. Of course. Um, you know— If you're, like we we were talking about earlier, I got in a debate with this big fucking juice head. Uh, And again, if you want to take steroids, that's your, that's your, that's what I don't want to sound like I'm speaking negatively. That's your decision. That's fine. Okay. But if you're on three grams of test a week and you're sitting there fretting over artificial sweeteners and chemicals, by the way, fucking everything's a chemical, you dope. Um, Chemicals and food, and you're on three grams of test a week. You're a fucking idiot. You've got your priorities. you, know, you got mixed up. your priorities mixed yeah. up. You know, no, like, that's a very, very, people, very valid you're, point. You're talking about like you're talking about driving an army tank, and I've got a BB gun and I'm gonna shoot the mm. army tank with a BB gun. Now physics dictates because the BB hits it, it's gonna slow it down mm-hmm. some. But it's not, you're not gonna fucking notice it when it not runs enough to over. Not gonna kill you, you right? Yeah. It
1: is okay. So literally, it's the same thing as uh, you know, humans used to die from bacterial infection all the time. Humans yeah. used to die from. Now we have antibiotics that kill the bacteria, but now we got to look at the long game. You know, you take a shit ton of bacteria, you create bacteria that are, you know, uh, resistant. resistant to it. Or you create gut, uh, you know, floor, you know, microbiome issues. That's the long game. But the immediate game is this: like, if I walk into the doctor and I have sepsis or I have an infection. I have strep throat. Like, give me the antibiotic. Like, that's right now. And I think what you're talking about is, you know, order of importance. Like, are you are you eating too much? Are you, uh, you know, are you, are you you know, moving right? Are you uh, doing the right type of exercise? Uh, do you have a good relationship, you know, with your friends and family? Are you getting yeah. enough sleep? And way down the list, then we start to look at those those other types of things. Of course. But let me ask you this, okay, because you're obviously in, in, in the business. Because here's, here's
2: my problem is, like, some guys, like, one. <clears throat> uh Poliquin.
1: You got a got a bad this
2: yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you yeah. got like bombshell, uh. <laughs> coughing tarant. So,
0: yeah. so <laughs> I feel like you've gotten a lot of clients from that area. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. I years. really should thank thank some. Of I was these gonna people, say I mean, we're talking shit, but I like yeah, come on. Yeah, I, I knew no, you were no, no, like totally, this because totally. I've gotten a lot of clients that way too. Oh, yeah, totally, but it just makes you angry of when course. you see what they've done. Of course, of course. But um, you know, don't get piercings because the because the toxins, you know, and all this shit. Don't get tattoos and all this. And you're on a t- gramma test a week, bro. Like, come on. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, it just – I guess the, um, the fear-mongering is what really upsets me about stuff that – but you know what? It's it's easy to sell because you say, oh, you're not lo- – uh, I had – This guy had done a tour over in Australia, and I felt like my whole 2013 tour of Australia was unfucking everybody from everything... That a certain individual had come through and said, and they said, "Did you say uh, unfucking? Unfucking, yes, because we they gotta, were yeah, Australia out. was fucked. I went to the land down under and unfucked it, you know. So, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> it just sounds like a song.
3: Yeah. So, the I I, land down
4: under. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> <I had to. laughs> he's
2: your guy, right? They're like yeah. he doesn't say much, but every once in a while he just drops. He's a our one-liner, like, bro. That's yeah, it. Man, you're picking up it. on that now. Sorry. Oh yeah. yeah. Cheers <laughs> to you, sir. Cheers to you. (laughs) So, uh, but this girl, she she was like, you know, um, they told me that the the reason I wasn't losing fat off the back of my thighs was because my makeup wasn't organic. (laughs) And I was just like, I had to go. Well, no wonder you're so (sighs)
3: passionate about that shit, bro. I had to go. (sighs) (laughs) Five breaths. (sighs)
1: You know it's it's it's, it's Bro, so Do you know Do you know what I fa- you know what we saw the other day? Organic candy. Or no no no. Organic <laughs> candy that? or organic Doritos. Oh, you organic know, Doritos, yeah. I want to ask you about this because you are um Do you see this eye twitch? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it might be the might be the aspartame. <laughs> <laughs> Neurotransmitters. Oh my God, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Real to- time. Yeah, excitotoxin. I, uh, I so. I <laughs> all right, Dave Asprey. I know all the keywords. Asprey, uh, <laughs> glutamate, excitotoxin. Oh, I heard you love so Dave Asprey. I, yeah, so I, uh, I we'll talk about that in a yeah, second. We'll get that. Uh, Great. So Great. I can, So you're you're considered somewhat of a leader in the in the fitness muscle building industry. And a big the the main muscle build uh, excuse me money maker in the the muscle building industry supplements. How do you see in terms of the trend of that? Do you see it moving towards more organic, uh, non artificially flavored non artificially flavored, you know uh, uh, colored type supplements, or you don't see that at all? Yeah, no. so you shake that. Yeah, no. people. people uh- People say they want certain things that they don't
2: people don't know what the fuck they want until you show it to them. Mm. They really don't. Like you remember Pepsi came out with Pepsi Clear? Yeah. Remember that was <laughs> oh my uh, God. not no artificial thing. People reference. hated it. Yeah. It tasted the exact fucking same. People hated it. They wanted the caramel color in their cola, Mm -hmm. you know? That's like ketchup
3: came out with what was it like green and like a black I don't even remember that. You don't remember that? They came out with a green color and everybody fucking- That is a a terrible idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That did not-
0: that
1: guy needs to get fired. Yeah. Uh, well, see, because what I see when I look at the industries, I see- uh, like People look, are sheep. Yeah. Yeah. When, I see, when I went to like a, like a Safeway 10 years ago, they didn't have an organic section. You're good at that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Don't <laughs> go in Taliban territory. <laughs> You'll oh get violated. Oh, my island. God.
1: Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but now you see these big organic sections in Safeway. You see, you know, organic Doritos. Or It makes me think that the market's growing. It might be Oh, growing. it is. It, people talk about like big GMO. There's fucking big organic- like oh yeah it's it's well that's the sad the sad part oh is we like, call it like, the big Herba.
2: yeah <laughs> big
1: Herba and big pharma I mean yeah. they're both they both got their I teams. mean
2: the, yeah like you said organic Doritos like I love it when people are like I'm eating paleo paleo. And they're eating these fucking, like, brownies. Like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they had fucking brownies back in the caveman days, asshole. You know? Like, I, I can't stand
0: all the boxes that, that everybody everybody wants to be, like you said, sheep. Everybody wants to be fit in a category, fit in a box, have a dogma. because all-
2: people feel like they need to belong to something. I don't want to belong to anything except the fucking truth. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's Hell, yeah. You Amen know what? to that. Listen, if I thought organic food would, would work better than regular food, I would be sitting here saying, eat organic. I would. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I'm a competitor. I want to do the best thing for me. You know, like I, I don't want to die early. I don't want to perform suboptimally.
1: But but if there's just no data for it, I'm not going to sit there and bullshit people. Well, let me ask you, know? you what do you think about when the uh, – was it last year or two years ago where the, the World Health Organization put glyphosates as – and for the listeners, uh, glyphosates are the herbicides that – GMO plants are designed to withstand. Right. And that's why you blast the shitload of glyphosates on them to kill weeds. What do you th- How did you feel about the World Health Organization labeling glyphosates as a probable carcinogen?
2: Well, uh, I'll be honest, and this is going to shock some of your listeners, I don't know enough about glyphosate okay. to, to comment on it. However, mm-hmm. what I will comment generally, and that is there's a lot of shit that's carcinogenic. Most things are carcinogenic mm-hmm. if you get them high enough. Mm-hmm. What I'd have to know is... What kind of dosage ends up in what you eat? Yeah. Right. Fair enough question. Because, because, and I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. Because b- I don't, I don't necessarily remember, we're talking about fucking Illuminati shit. Like, like you want to talk about World Health Organization. Yeah. Like, they're also the ones that said, don't eat protein, you know, that animal meat's going to kill you and all this kind of shit. And they completely fucking misinterpreted the results of those studies, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it was just like there was even a paper that came out in cell biology that drove. My advisor nuts along with a lot of. Uh, did you guys uh, when they came out and said that? Oh, protein has the same risk factor for cigarettes, lung cancer as cigarettes, uh, right? Yep. That was in a subsection of a subsection of data. Do you know what the overall result of that study was? Nobody, nobody reported
1: this. Yeah, it was it was a it was a the overall, ridiculous percentage.
2: The overall result of that study was that all cause mortality went down with higher protein intakes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the real fucking story?
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay? You know, if you my my advisor, no, my the, advisor used to say if you torture the data enough you can find what you want.
1: What was the cancer risk increase with that? It was very oh, small. Yeah. <laughs> so they
2: listed it as an 18% relative risk increase in cancer. People go, "Oh my god. If I eat meat, that means I'm 18% more likely to get cancer." No, no, no. What it means is if you're Absolute risk of cancer is five point five percent. That's right. It went to six point five percent. How much? It was a one percent relative <laughs> and increase.
0: And you and you. This and, is what we talk about a
1: lot. Well,
2: and here's the thing. Like, but if you take six point five minus five point five, it's one, and divide that by five point five, that's eighteen percent. Yeah.
1: That's true. And and here's the th- and here's the thing, a lot of people don't realize
2: like Science, bitch. A lot, a lot
1: of that, a lot of that, and here's the speculation could be that uh, increased protein intake, you know, boosts uh, IGF RUM production. No, no, it no, could no, boost no. m you know, MTOR, which people are both
2: who, people who eat a lot of meat eat more calories. And they tend to exercise less. Yeah, but what do you... They tend to eat less fruits and vegetables.
1: That's, it's, it's, that's there's true. There's so many confounding variables. That's true, but what do you say to, uh, you know, the studies that show that increases mTOR activation? You know, mTOR activation. Ah, which, you're in my fucking wheelhouse. I know right? I am, and that's why I'm asking you. I'm about
2: you. to blow your mind. Yeah, I'm, so,
1: and so, and so I've read that mTOR will also, can also, or as has been associated with an increase in cancer. And I, I wanted to ask you this. I know this is I'm rubbing
2: my hands together. Yeah. I'm
1: excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so okay. let us yeah, what's going on with so, that.
2: So, so this is the problem. Some scientists don't even fucking understand science. All right. So, there is a different. I love it when you get angry. Justin, by the way. justin. Whoa. Justin. Yeah. justin yeah. You belong on my. Well, I'm ready, You belong on my. I mean, Lane, back. I
1: think you need to cancel your podcast. Rogan, are you listening? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, need,
3: you
1: need to be. You need I think to be,
3: the shots kicking in. You
1: need to be on mind pump more often. No, I'm
2: pretty much just angry all the like time.
3: That's what I
1: mean. So,
2: so here's the deal there's a lot of scientists. Who don't even understand science. There is a big difference between an acute, truncated response and a long-term response. Let me give you an example and I'm gonna set this up and it'll make sense to you guys. I'm going somewhere with this.
1: Okay.
2: Exercise. If I if you were an alien and I brought you down to Earth and you but you knew about what was healthy and what was not, but you didn't know about exercise, okay, and I told you, how hey, make you do this thing that increases inflammation, blood pressure, heart rate, and reactive oxygen species you be like, oh hell no! Yeah, that's Which right. We all, we all know. Exercise. We've actually made exercise that. We've made that exact yeah, analogy. Right? we use
0: this analogy all but the time. But what
2: what is exercise? Yeah, it's like things. a short. It's like a vaccine. Short-term mm-hmm. stress it gives you a short-term stressor. Mm-hmm. Your body learns how to handle it better. Okay, so when you look at what, so the reason we bring up mTOR, mTOR is the way it was discovered was it was the, it's it's literally called the mammalian target of rapamycin. Rapamycin is an anti-cancer drug. Okay, so rapamycin inhibits mTOR. Mm-hmm. Okay mTOR is the way that leucine, in particular, stimulates muscle protein synthesis. This is what you
0: wrote your thesis on, isn't it? Leucine is all... Always- Very
2: tightly That's, that's why I wanted to ask him this mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. So, the problem, and if you look at inflammation, the problem with inflammation is not short-term increases in inflammation from like, things like exercise. The problem is low-level... The chronic. Chronic yeah. inflammation. The same thing applies to mTOR. Dis- and, and also tissue-specific like a short-term truncated increase in mTOR activity is not the same thing as a long-term, low-level, chronic elevation in mTOR activity. It is point. usually driven by uh, increased insulin. Yeah, great okay? point. That's usually driven by increased signaling from IRS-1. Leucine activates mTOR downstream of IRS-1. Big friggin' difference, and leucine actually. If you and we found this in our studies, one of the reasons we saw the refractory phenomenon of protein synthesis when and inflammation is the same way. When did you know that when inflammation starts in response to exercise, as soon as you start increasing inflammation, there's also factors that upregulate that are there to shut inflammation down. So to prevent it from getting run away, mm-hmm. okay. The body is amazing in that so much shit is redundant. Mm-hmm. It's not people think about like for example. Fat loss, like if think about insulin, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you if you release insulin, it inhibits fat loss. So people think, oh, when you inhibit release insulin, you would stop all fat
4: burning everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. No, fat burning and f- fat burning and fat storage are always going on simultaneously. It's the relative rate of each that's going to determine whether or not you lose fat, gain fat, or maintain. Sure, right. At the end of the day, same that's thing normal. for muscle protein synthesis. When when muscle protein synthesis goes up, muscle protein breakdown actually goes up too. The, the absolute increase. But it's just that muscle protein synthesis is greater than muscle protein. Now,
1: I want right you now. to stop right there because that's a very, very important point that you just made because there's so many studies that will show supplement X increases protein synthesis by this much. and But at the end of the day, they don't show that it built more muscle.
2: Right. And They then, just and show that, that increased protein there, synthesis. And, and that was one of the big things with my thesis. We want to actually look at muscle mass mm-hmm. and not just... Muscle protein synthesis because it's just a short term marker. So, but my, my, point, my point I'm going back to is that, you know, yes, we should always be concerned about certain things, but if you let's, we have to go back and look at okay, do high protein diets increase the rate of cancer in an actual intervention study? And the answer is no, it doesn't, mm-hmm. right? So we can do all this stuff with IGF 1 and mTOR, it doesn't fucking matter. Right, Just like muscle protein synthesis doesn't fucking matter if it doesn't actually increase muscle mass.
1: That's right. right? And now at the end of the day, now here's what I want to ask you with that.
2: So like, let me give you one more example. Okay, go. Fasted cardio. If you do fasted cardio, you burn a greater percentage of body fat from, from adipose yes. tissue. But you don't burn more absolute body fat. You, you, don't, lose, you don't lose more body fat than you do if you have fed cardio. The reason being that the thermogenic response is lower. Okay? So... We can look at this short-term measure and say, oh, we get, a, we get an increase in fat oxidation, right? But if it doesn't actually produce more body fat loss, who matter? gives a <laughs> flying fuck, okay? Yeah. And that's why we – like when we did my experiments in, for for my graduate research, the last experiment was actually looking at – Body composition and muscle mass and these sorts of things because we had to find out, doesn't actually make a difference. I remember I went insane at exp- so experimental biology is like the the Super Bowl for nerds, right? It's like the Arnold Classic for nerds, right? According to cell, it happens uh, multiple times a year.
1: The Super what's, Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> what's the Super Bowl? So we we we. I gave a presentation and, and I remember I had like lines of people to debate me on this. You know, I, I feel like I defended myself pretty well. But we showed differences in muscle mass with, with isocaloric, isonitrogenous uh, diets that were just different protein sources, right? And it was related to the – it was somewhat – it was quite closely related to the leucine contents of those protein diets, okay? The person after me gets up. And they give us, and they give a study, and I'm not going to say where they're from or what their name was. And they said, you know, we're, we gave leucine after fucking bike riding or something, and we saw leucine increases muscle protein synthesis. Big whoop, we know that. I, I really hate, despise researchers who do safe research that they know we'll get? Shit, the Shit, we already know. <laughs> Shit, we already we fucking New know. New discovery. Leucine.
1: Fire is hot. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> That's leucine. what I told you the other day we called Captain. Like, uh, it would be like running we, will help you burn fat. <laughs> yeah, if we if we if we,
2: if we, if we be like if we went out and did mobility work and gave leucine afterward. Well, yeah, sure. It's I guess it's novel because nobody's done it before. But we know leucine increases muscle protein synthesis. So he gets up there and he's talking about leucine after taking supplement with leucine after a a endurance bike session. And he says, "We know leucine doesn't increase muscle mass." And I want to stand up and say, "Why the fuck are you studying it? <laughs> if all you want to show is that it increases muscle protein, to the, we know that, bro. We know it. You know." And it was—it was just mind blowing to me that people get so—and I get it because I—I did a BS in biochemistry, you know. So, I get into that. I get like super geeked out over pathways and shit and like this kinase and that. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't actually produce a physiological difference, who cares?
1: That's true. And and this, I want to ask you this because it's not every day I have someone like you sitting in that chair. In, in regards You never to, have somebody like me sitting in this <laughs> Oh,
0: chair. shit. Well, bro, you better back up a little bit. Only there. person with a large... <laughs> I don't know.
1: Your ego matches ours. <laughs> Adam. So, <laughs> yes, you fit right in. So, uh, regarding mTOR, we do know that protein does seem to uh, activate it. Yes. But uh, does it increase cancer? That's a completely different story. Right. However, you already have cancer. Let's say you already have cancer. Okay. There are some studies that show that reducing or, or limiting protein intake may... Make the cancer more sensitive to chemotherapy, or make uh, reduce its proliferation or its ability to grow, uh, which is completely different. And I want to state that because people will bring those studies up and say, when I have cancer, you know when these studies that show people have cancer, when when they drop their protein intake, that their uh, the way they respond to chemo or their survivability goes up, which is very, very different. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with some of those some of those studies.
2: So, I'm looking at a study right out of our lab. A high protein, moderate carbohydrate diet uh, fed at discrete meals reduces early progression of breast tumor genesis. Okay. So, this was a versus a high carb diet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I think where a low protein diet, I don't want to say low protein, not high protein. Right. Uh, for example, ketogenic diet seems to be beneficial for treating uh, cancer. Yes. Right. Yes. So, um, Intermittent
1: fasting and there's lots of the well, few I, I think a fast
2: the application of fasting to start a ketogenic like if you, like again, if I if I like if I found out I had cancer tomorrow, what I would do is I'd go on a twenty four hour fast and then I would start a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, all you fucking fitness people out there doing what you think are ketogenic diets. That are like 300 grams of protein.
1: And that's not ketogenic. It's not fucking ketogenic. <laughs> that's, that's Adkins.
2: <laughs> do you guys like how much I drop F-bombs on here? I, <laughs> yeah. I love it. We Have do. you I, ever listened to our show? I'm, I'm, very, I'm, very, I'm very passionate about you, what I do. Do you ever well, practice? We, do you ever practice? By the way, did you well, know that, Protein's the magical so, fucking so, macronutrient. So, 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 so Association, did you know yeah. that they've actually shown that- um, you're more likely to be intelligent if you curse more.
1: So get the fuck so. out of here. <laughs> fuck
2: you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Are, do you practice? So, so do you practice fasting? By the way, do you ever? Eat? I, I
2: don't. I don't. Really? Oh. No, I don't. Um. Come on. You know, <laughs> how
1: do you come not? On, fuck everybody's doing how it. How do you not fuck yeah. around with that? You've got to, uh, I mean, that sounds like something you've got to you be really, interested in. Just try it. <laughs> oh,
2: hey,
0: I tell you what. A lot of
2: bad shit happened by people starting with that. Li- 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 li-
0: <laughs> if we don't get you to smoke weed before this day is that like we're going to get you to fast. Come what is I mean, Don't feed
2: We're, of- we're going to blow, blow smoke your weed. mind. I can promise you that. <laughs> okay. Listen, I, I, if you look at the data on fasting and and. and what people are trying to do with it. Oh, yeah. oh we don't, don't we, okay, yeah, yeah. let's
0: not go where people are fucking turning it around into this
1: way to burn. Well, fat. Hang
0: on,
2: you're the motherfuckers that brought it up. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, but so it doesn't
2: intrigue you at all to, to, to play
0: around yeah, with them. at all. Just looking
1: at the science. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Just looking at what, what is out there to, for the health you benefits, get
2: very we, similar benefits from just a higher protein, reduced carbohydrate diet. Mm. So what I would say is, mm. is you could do lower. Even calories. if you were somebody who was already on a, on that type of a diet. Uh, well, it's just well if you're if you're calorically restricted and it's higher protein, you're going to get most of those insulin sensitizing benefits. I mean, we saw in our lab just putting people on a thirty forty thirty diet in three weeks, their blood markers they were no longer metabolic syndrome.
1: But like, see, but see, here's the thing: because we're in fitness, we tend to put everything in the sphere of burn fat, build muscle. Uh you know, insulin hormones. Object. Fasting wasn't anabolic. Yeah. Well, the, here's that's the thing. That's stupid. And that's by the
0: true. Way. There's Fa- there's, some, there's people going around right now going around with the Nobody's trying to market fucking there no, is there an is. An an anabolic fasting. fasting. There is. I thought you were right.
2: saying I was stupid. I was like, No, oh, no, that, oh, no. Man.
0: That the people that think that are stupid that there's yeah. people right now that are marketing. I've only
2: that. had three beers, not four. Once yeah. I get to four, I'll be uh, stupid. No, there's people <laughs> that are
0: marketing that right now. I mean and that's what we don't like. That's why I was interested in if you've played around with it because you know, I'm curious to some of the benefits mm-hmm. that it's shown in uh, the uptaking growth hormone, growth hormone production, the neurogenesis. neurogenesis yeah. yeah, There's things. Oh, like...
2: Well,
1: they, well, they, look, they, you you do it for everyone. For, right.
2: Don't do it for growth hormone. Growth hormone means fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> well, here,
1: here's here's the stuff that really. Fascinates. See, he's trying to make
2: me stupid. Here comes beer number <laughs> right, four. Here you there go.
1: That's here's the thing that really fascinates me with fasting is the uh, how it in- increases the rate of apoptosis of older cells, and then when you refeed yourself, you get these newer cells. There's some preliminary preliminary evidence showing that fasting is a uh, could be a viable treatment for autoimmune disease, which to me blows me the fuck away. We are in the midst of an autoimmune disease explosion. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I don't know shit about that, so I'm gonna have to pass on that one. Mm. Well, you can't do that. See, And all. you know what?
1: Come on, <laughs> hold on a second. That, is a sign, that is a sign. Speculate. No, yeah, that's yeah. a sign of good no, character. That's good. That's yeah. a sign of good character that he doesn't yeah, want to yeah. talk about. Yeah, something. yeah, But we can all speculate. I could sit <laughs> out,
2: I, I could sit around and bullshit. This is what I tell yeah, people. Yeah, see, here's like, the thing, though. The yeah. sign of a true expert is somebody who is willing to tell you when they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yes. No, yes, I, I 100%, 100%, 100% agree. Totally
0: so, respect that. Uh, I, but I, I, doesn't mean yeah. that your opinion doesn't matter either, though, Exactly. Because I yeah. think you're, you're an intelligent if you think approach, your way around you pre- it, we want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, you presented yourself, well, I'm not, you don't have, okay, that's fine, that's good. Now, what's your opinion, though?
2: Yeah. I, I, based on what I've seen uh, with fasting versus, you activate a lot of those same pathways just from a reduced-calorie, mm-hmm. higher-protein diet because a lot of those pathways are are tied into... Shit, I can't remember the kinase. Fuck. But it's it's, it's in the gluconeogenic pathway. Mm -hmm. Just activating gluconeogenesis is a strong signal for your body. I mean, because calorie restriction, your body views that as nothing more than controlled starvation in terms of the reaction that your body gives. So you may not get the same strength of reaction of a short-term fast, but over the duration of a caloric restriction, you're getting it. Now... People will ask me, like again, this is one of those things, people missing the cart before the horse though, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't recommend Well, if you want to do it, fine. But I tell people you don't need like super fast fucking highly branched cyclic dextrin after your workout or whatever. Like you you just eat just eat some carbs, you know. <laughs> um and people will go, Well, I'm worried about getting insulin resistant. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's a big difference between somebody who's training for two hours a day, having a carbohydrate post-workout to replenish muscle glycogen, as opposed to some fat ass sitting on his couch watching TV eating chips. Right, mm-hmm. like this
0: big difference. Seven thousand calories later. Oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, people like I always, you, know, you notice, like I'm always trying to put stuff in context. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that, that's a sign of an expert as well. Like when you hear very rarely, have I heard use the words best, worst, always, never?
4: No, you
2: guys haven't heard me say that, no. right? Like that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's a great bullshit detector right there. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody's up there and they're saying always do this, never yeah. do this, um, this agree. is the best, this is the worst,
4: yeah,
2: you can be pretty sure that person's full of shit, okay? Because um, I think Bertrand Russell said the whole problem with this world is that fool, fools and zealots are quite sure of themselves, and wise people are filled with doubts. Very true. You know, mm. it, graduate like what you do when you—they call it the Dunning Kruger effect, right? So when you first start in a subject, whatever it is, you have this feeling that you know nothing because you know nothing. And then immediately, within months, you get a very high confidence that you know you know so much. And then as you transition over years into learning more, your confidence starts to fall.
1: You realize you don't know much. This is all.
2: this is the mm. end of undergraduate school, beginning of graduate school, basically. And then as you start to go in, as you start to end graduate school, it starts to kind of come back up, right? And what you hear is like people who I, I tell people to fall, like Jeremy Lineke, Dan Neumeyer, uh, Mike Zordos, you're, we think that this might make a difference, but under these circumstances, and we're not quite sure, you know, like nobody's saying, Blood flow restriction will lead to 200% more muscle gains mm-hmm. and you know, shit like that. That's so, only when you're
1: trying to sell something.
2: But that, and that's the problem. you know. Like my, my carbon line with bodybuilding.com, we aren't exactly blowing the doors off sales because you know, I'm not going to get up there and tell people it's going to increase mm. muscle mass by 200%. What a great point. Just, so, what, I, what, what. I, what I tell people is like, listen, I designed it around helping you to train harder, recover a little bit better. Mm-hmm. All right? So it's going to help you have a little bit more fatigue resistance. Um, it's going to help you recover a little bit better and be able to train a little bit harder. Okay, but I'm not saying go not pay your health insurance bill so you can buy carbon prep and recover and carbon build. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm not and I'm not saying, you know, if you're not taking care of all the other shit, the order of importance, this isn't going to matter, you know. And so, you know, full credit to bodybuilding.com. They have never tried to make me force me to market it in a way that's not. Genuine.
1: And actually, you know? to their to their credit, that's smart because that's not your brand. Well, your brand. Were, if you did that right now, if you came out, and I'd lose a, my core. Of course, yeah. you'd, you'd sound like. A I'd probably star.
2: sell more in the short term.
1: Yeah, probably but in the long in the term, short. you'd fuck.
2: But you I, know what? At the end of the day, the best sleep aid is a clear conscience. Yeah, that's you know? very and true. And I, I, absolutely.
1: I w- I want to change direction for a second uh, because I want to ask you something. Why don't you no. take steroids? Why don't you take steroids? Why haven't you? Oh, I thought it was if I was if I was. Uh, a cross-dresser. Yeah. No, we, we know about that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No, knowledge. I want to a- ask you, why, why make the decision to not? You're in an industry where everybody does. Most people do. Why don't you? Why did you decide not to?
2: I just never felt compelled to. That's the simple answer. Okay, so let me give you an example. Like, I, I loved natural bodybuilding. Okay? I loved competing in natural bodybuilding. I mean, the evidence says that if you take a moderate or low dose of steroids, it's really not bad for you. In fact, it might be okay for you and maybe even a little bit good for you, okay? But you're not going to be competitive on a world-level stage taking a low dose of steroids, right? Like once you cross that threshold, Mm. if you're going to be competitive, you better be willing to take a shitload of steroids. That's a very good point, yeah. And so I just never felt compelled. I never woke up and was like, man, I want to be Mr. Olympia one day. I wanted to make a living in the fitness industry. I wanted to be a person of influence. And I, I I just wanted to do my thing. And you know what? I, one thing I've always been good at is I'm, I don't fuck with peer pressure. You're not going to – You're not gonna. I don't give a fuck what anybody else is doing. I mean look at the stuff I – like I started talking about flexible dieting when people mocked me for it. Like everybody mocked me for it. People mocked me for reverse dieting, all this other stuff. I don't care.
0: Now you say that but a lot of you had been driven from childhood. Like you talked about – I remember last night you mentioned like being a young kid, being picked on. So that has to stem some of that motivation has to stem from oh,
4: that. Uh,
2: proving people wrong is my most favorite hobby in the world. You know? <laughs> like that's, that's
4: that's
2: my most favorite thing in the world. You know. But but it probably
0: gets you in trouble sometimes too. Oh, all the
2: time. Yeah, you know, like, is it
0: something do you find do you find this is an area that you have to kind of work on and think about or actively be aware well, of? Like I mean, be I, careful not to go over
2: I tend to be a little bit abrasive, you know, because uh, I speak my mind. But You know, I'll tell people, you know, my buddy Paul, I've talked about Paul Revelle, shout out to him, my good friend. Uh, He said, uh, he's like, man, why can't you just be like more positive all the time and like just, just be like really nice to everybody. And I'm like, you know, I spent 18 years of my life trying to be something I wasn't to make other people happy. I am not going to pretend like something doesn't fucking bother me. If it bothers me, Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to do it. I might not say anything, but if I say something, I'm going to say how you, I'm going to tell you how I really feel. You know, Mm -hmm. and you have the right to be upset about it. Just like, you know, people say, I have the right to my opinion. Absolutely. Everyone absolutely has a right to your opinion. You also have the right to get fucking reamed when that opinion is wrong mm. and stupid okay and so that's what i'm here for you know like science is a,
1: a is a that's why i'm alive yeah,
2: <laughs> i mean I, I came here to unfuck the fitness industry that's what i came here for yeah. you know like that's why well, we made avatar nutrition was it's got it
1: has got to piss you off then for someone like yourself you're you're the, the, the integrity that you come in with you're very driven you introduce a concept like flexible dieting now people use the acronym iifym how do you feel seeing cuz you're the first you're really you didn't introduce counting macros obviously but you came out and talked about flexible dieting which now a lot of people call IIFYM and it's you see hashtags and people putting it in their freaking in their profiles on Instagram IIFYM and how do you feel, making t-shirt companies now? Yeah. What the fuck? You're not yeah. making no money off yeah. that. I thought Had, that was no, no money. No. Man. How do you fuck. feel about uh, the pay the king tribute? <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you feel about the way some of these people are representing IIFYM? And uh, you know what it? I guess its impression now has changed quite a bit. Because if I hashtag, if I go on Instagram, we should do this. We should actually test this out. If I go on Instagram I'm and, sure and Lane I and
0: I am sure Lane knows
1: and I and I hashtag IIFYM, what ends up coming up is a shit ton of pictures of donuts and ice cream and shit like that, and when I look at some of these people's profiles, actually, that's all on, it is.
2: Actually, it's a lot of shredded people, to be honest with you. Yeah, do it real quick.
1: Let me stay here. Hold on a second. There's some, there's some pretty lean people. I I F Y M. Oh, that must suck for your bias. I I F Y M. Let's look at it. Up. Hold on a second. I got an O <laughs> there. Yeah, uh, but there's a, there's kind of this impression that it, you know, that's what it represents now.
2: Yes, I mean, I mean, how do you how do you feel
1: about that? Because I've heard you explain what it means, you know, how you define it, and it sounds different. Well, you know, actually, I, you, I, maybe you should explain it first. What is flexible dieting?
2: So, the idea of flexible dieting is you just you, you're not there's no foods off the table. Okay, yeah, your so. your your nutrition intake is a budget. Actually, it's a lot of somewhat. Quite a few attractive females on there. Actually. You
0: see, yeah, you see hot chicks. Well, then, sorry, click, sorry. then click on her page and see if eighty percent yeah, of her posters. Yeah, so.
1: and you see a lot so, of sorry, uh, honey. Yeah, <laughs> so did the, you just call me honey? He did. Oh, you okay. as well. Oh, um, That's not a bad one, right? There. You're sweet. Anyway, continue. He's got, he's got <laughs> beautiful skin. So,
2: <laughs> so the 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 idea is that your daily intake of calories is a budget, right? And. If I like, let's just, let's take that example of a budget, right? So if I make a million dollars a year, if I want to go out and buy a hundred thousand dollars sports car, is that all right? As long as I can still pay my mortgage, I can still pay, put money away from retirement, I can still, you know, put money in my kids' college, take care of my responsibilities, right? right? Is that all right? Yeah. I
1: think everybody would agree that's But okay. some people would well, say. Well, the, some the reason why say,
0: I don't like that and I don't hang. like using that is because a, a dollar bill in that representation is not the same as a dollar bill in nutrition because not every $1 bill of nutrition is exactly the same. Yeah,
1: right? so, so, that's like well, saying a hang, calorie, a calorie. Hang, is a, hang on. Well, okay. someone might disagree and be like, on. it's like 100. Oh, it's, like taking, calories calories. Well, it's like taking. Calories, a calorie. Well, it's like making a million dollars and taking a 100 grand and spending it on, I don't know, hookers and crack. Fun could be fun, could also be bad. <laughs> <could> Ooh, <laughs> hookers you. and crack. Well, only if it, you know, it takes over your life. I, I, I think, anyway, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Continue. I think we're getting a little bit outside the we, scope, of it. way outside.
2: Uh, so, I mean, we're speaking from personal experience here, because you know,
1: uh, I've never spent a hundred thousand dollars on that, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe 80. Maybe, yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, you know, I mean, we're libertarians, so I mean, yeah. if somebody wants to do that, that's their business, of right? So, of um, my, my point would be that for that person as long as they can and by their budget i mean by their their responsibilities you know hitting their protein carb fat intake you know making sure it's it's a it's a, a bo- because the thing is if you're eating junk food all the time it's going to be very hard to hit a macronutrient compositional diet that's friendly towards body composition positive body composition right cuz you're not if all you eat is pop tarts you're not getting enough protein mm. you're not getting enough fiber right you're getting too many carbohydrate for most people
1: so have you seen so have you heard of Soylent Green here in the Bay? Is it Soylent Green? Is that what they call no, it? Or Soylent. Is have you heard protein. of Soylent here are in those the Bay? Are those the area? guys that
2: are trying to basically like make it so you just drink your just one shake? for All, all. it's all
1: perfect all macros, nutrients. proteins, fats, carbs. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, uh-oh. watch out for that mic there. It goes We got him sometimes. angry. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. uh, here comes crazy. the producer. It's all- <laughs> what the hell has he done to my <laughs> mic? <laughs> it's all proteins, fats, carbs, fix and, that robot, and penis. calories, and ah, you know man. vitamins and minerals, and they don't eat. They don't eat food. There we go. And uh, this was a movement here in, in uh, the Bay Area uh, because people wanted to just work. It's gamers, right? Yeah, gamers yeah, and, and engineers. So that's an, extreme, that's an extreme case, of course. But yeah, you can. You can hit your macros. If I ever
2: get to the point where I, I, I just don't want to eat anymore, I think it'd take me out to pasture and
1: shoot me. Yeah. It's, you know? it's pretty sad, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a great point. So you're saying if you eat junk food all the time, you're not going to hit your macros. You're not going to hit your macros. Yeah.
2: And the, the, other, the other thing is that um, I, I think that... The other thing is, and I I always put constraints on if it fits your macros with fiber. You have to Mm -hmm. get enough fiber because fiber is thermogenic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of foods out there. We talk about calories. I wrote an article about is a calorie a calorie? Okay. So there is this thing called thermic effect of food. And we know that protein and fiber have a greater effect, quite a bit greater effect, thermic effect of food Mm -hmm. than carbohydrate and fat. Carbohydrate and fat are about the same. Fat seems to be like two, three, four percent. Carbohydrate, like Five-ish proteins, like thirty fibers, like thirty, mm-hmm. right? So you get a big book. But thermic effect of food only accounts for about ten percent of your daily caloric burn. But that being said, it's still, it's still a difference. It adds up. I mean, if you look at, if you look at comparing diets that are higher in protein versus lower in protein, isocaloric people higher in protein tend to lose more body fat than people who are lower in protein. But again, we talk about order of importance. Right. Okay. So, order of importance is at the end of the day, you can't just eat however many, however much protein and fiber you want, and not gain weight, mm-hmm. or or stop yourself from losing weight. You know, pe- people ask me, can you store protein as body fat? Yes, but it, it doesn't. It's it's less likely that it'll ha- that'll happen. What's more likely is the protein, if you're excessively eating it. Creates a caloric cushion for carbohydrate and fat to be stored as body fat. Now, if you got protein, like let's say you're eating theoretically no carbohydrate, no fat, and all protein, right? Just pounds of meat a day. First off, your digestive system would feel like shit, and you'll die. But <laughs> yeah. um, you 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 could store it because mm-hmm. you can you can that carbon skeleton is is uh, some proteins are ketogenic, which can then be made into fats. Or uh, they're they gluconeogenic, which can be made into carbohydrates, which then can be converted through de novo epigenesis to fat. Now, is it, a, is it more difficult? Is it more difficult to overeat on protein and, and fiber and vegetables? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean it can't be done. Right? So what I always, what I try to get away from people is, you know, like, like let's take paleo. Right? Is the overall message of paleo a bad message? Eat more protein. Eat Eat more whole foods, eat more fiber, eat more vegetables. It's not a bad message. The problem is when people become fucking dogmatic about it. Like, well, you can't mm-hmm. have dairy and you can't have beans because, you know, it just becomes retarded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have to look at. It's the same thing with people, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but
1: you're not actually. It's,
2: it's
0: not yeah. a, exactly. Just, like, we, know, we, we're, we know direction. We know. You know. I think a, all foods. Everybody is affected differently in all foods. Yeah. We know that.
1: Well, I, I'm very fascinated. I think our just, audience is going to be is, is a little is going to be a little surprised to find that we actually agree on most of this because you sound I think we would. you sound a lot like like we do, and that's why I asked you what how you felt yeah. about the current. Well, we climate it, around, you know, flexible or diet. Or you feel IIFM? like it
3: could turn into a dogmatic
1: process? It, I mean, anything can be dogmatic. Anything right. can be dogmatic. Absolutely.
2: Right. I mean, you, you get people who are, are too far on one side of the fence on IFIM, right? They'll, 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 they're trying to force junk food in as much That's as they That's what can. we've dealt with That's what lot. we see a
0: lot of. Yeah.
2: And I mean, you know, like people have said, Lane, are you saying that I could just have all dextrose, protein shakes, and a fiber supplement and, and, and hit my macros and an oil in my, and I would be, you know, the same. I don't know. I think when you take anything to an extreme, it's probably not a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that you can take anything to an extreme.
1: God damn, happen. you're not nearly, you're not even, uh, here's the thing, you're not dogmatic at all about it. And I knew this would happen. I knew we would talk about this and I, I, you would make sense. I hate zealots on well, any side. See, here's the thing, and here's why we made the t shirts that said things like IIFYM sucks. There's a lot of people on social media. say t shirt? <laughs> yeah, I like your shirt, by the way. That's mm. a great shirt.
2: My shirt, by the way, says Make America Science Again. Make Yep. Nipples
1: can show you. can those. find that yeah. at uh, LaneNorton.com. Ooh, the shop, titty dance.
2: ShopBioLane.com. There
1: you go. Do we uh, get that on video?
2: Tits not included.
1: Okay. There's a lot of people who on Instagram will misrepresent it and will say things like, it doesn't matter, eat these things, it fits your macros. Well, will post these crazy pictures. Even if pictures. it's
0: not misrepresenting, here's the problem that I have is, as somebody who's trained thousands of people is... These people, a lot of these people have an addiction to these type of foods, just like careful see, now. Yeah. Well, you see in your experience, have you dealt with people that have addictions to, to foods like this, uh, like I,
2: sugar, I, like sugar? I have dealt with people who have certain trigger foods. Okay. And if you have a certain trigger food, what I would say is what, what's to, more, what's to- more common though. Well, I say one of the most common trigger foods I've found is like nuts and peanut butter. Like those are very common trigger foods. But sugar is up there too. There's some sugar foods that do that. Well, you. Do, what, what I will tell people is, at first, to kind of get them started in a positive direction. Obviously, okay, let's get those out of the house. But eventually, I would like people to be able to moderate things because it's not a, usually not a reasonable idea. To think that people are just gonna be able to cut whole foods out of their diet now that being said sometimes this requires counseling like a lot of people people don't we, the thing that, that, that bothers me too is we want to separate physiology physiology from psychology and you can't do it
1: no. okay see this sucks I can't even debate you
2: <laughs> there's you know like if we go in a room like we're going up if we go in a house if I take you guys into a house and it has like like six doors and from the main room and I say you guys can go anywhere you want. But for the love of God, do not do, okay. go behind door number six. If you go behind door number six, like, God help you. If you go behind door number six, what do you want to do? Go, go to go, door, 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 door number six. Whoa, what the fuck is in there, right? <laughs> like, so <they laughs> actually there was actually a study where they took people – and I can't remember the name of the researcher and I can't remember the reference. I just know I read it. They took people who had no real history of dieting and they said, we want you to avoid cookies. And what they found was they got increased binge Increase incidence on, on, coo- yeah, on cookie binging yeah. on people. And they, they when they interviewed them, they said, I, "I, but I wasn't even a big cookie person. But once you told me I couldn't <laughs> have it, it was like, yeah. you know." So I, I think like, I think it depends on where you're at, right? So if you're somebody who you know you have these trigger foods, I think initially to kind of get yourself under control, getting them out is 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 a reasonable thing to do. But it's probably not reasonable to expect that you'll never be exposed to that food again.
1: You know. Right? It, you know. It's funny. You're you're you are actually going uh, step by step on the playbook of what some of the cutting edge drug addiction researchers are saying. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, they will literally say if you're an alcoholic or you're addicted to cocaine or whatever, we go through a period of abstinence because we want to reset your tolerance, right? And then. We want to teach you how to moderate. Yeah, you learn because to moderate and, and people it. people are like this is the but thing. But you're where, afraid to use the word addiction, but you're literally following the playbook right, of what but, some of these scientists will do. And here,
2: here's the thing is like, you know, I've thought about this for a while with regards to alcohol. Like, I think complete abstinence might not be the best way to do it. They're because, finding it isn't. Because what ha- what happens? Somebody has one beer and they feel like they failed and they just go into fucking mode,
1: all in. Right, yeah. that's one hundred percent what yeah. they're finding with the current research. Yeah. They're finding that people go. Are either on the wagon, Doctor Andrew Hill? The fuck
0: off. Have, you, have you, do you know who that is? I don't. Oh, you look into Doctor Andrew Hill. We had him yeah. on the show one time. It Was great. The research and stuff that he's doing in this area. Well, he's got what four or five facilities across the United States right now. He did. Yeah, he did. You'll, 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 you'll enjoy the research on yeah. that for sure.
1: Very fascinating stuff. Uh, but you know, some of the some of the and what you're saying makes complete sense. And uh, here's the thing: there are people, a lot of people, misrepresenting what flexible. Di- you know, I hate labels, right? Because it can become dogmatic. Anytime you have a, you label something, it can become something you identify with, right? Right. Um, but there are people misrepresenting what you uh, may have brought into the fitness industry. Because let's be honest, when you came into bodybuilding, when you came into the fitness industry, the way people who were fit ate was they ate the same fucking food six tilapia, times a day. Yep. rice, so, and
3: asparagus. The and yeah, they didn't have anything else. And well, that's that, really what motivated you, wasn't
1: it? That was a big part of what you're
0: motivated. That's how I found you was the counterculture to that bullshit. Yeah,
2: Well, the, you know, the, the flexible dieting didn't start out about being about Pop-Tarts. It started out being about, well, I think I would like to have turkey instead of chicken. You
1: know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, Can we just stop for a second? <laughs> yeah. That is uh, – uh, I want people to understand that. Uh, like, that's so reasonable. That is how it started. The Some of the shit that we see now, the stuff that we rail against, they should call it something different. But you're 100% right. Well,
2: I, I mean, I think that some people went to extremes to prove the point, mm-hmm. right? Like I ate an ice cream sandwich every single day of my prep in 2010 and got shredded to prove a point. That, okay, like I took care of my fiber, I took care of my protein, I took care of my carbohydrates.
0: Yeah, but doesn't a part of you think of that? Don't you feel kind of like the guy who's standing at like an AA meeting and having a beer and telling everybody that? that Not really. You don't feel that way? No, You got to feel that way a little bit because a majority of people struggle with these triggers and addictions. And I mean, obesity is an epidemic. We know that, right? We have an issue with that. We have what? The percentage is ridiculous. Amount of people that are overweight and overbe- and obese. It's like we're as as fitness leaders. I feel like we're looking at this community of people, the world, and a majority but, of them are grossly overweight. And as fitness, and
2: what we've what we've told them over the years is eliminate this, eliminate that. You're right. You're eliminate this. Well, you and this is, where, this is where we're
0: very much so. Al- you, this is where we're very much so alike because I'm not a fan of demonizing things either. You know, I'm okay. not a fan of like, I'm not a fan. I mean, we, and we know this too of, all, I mean, as trainers, God, I, I look back and I feel so guilty, you know, the, the, the first probably five to 10 years of my fitness career, demonizing fat, you know, telling people, Oh, stay away from fat. Stay away. But that's what we were being taught. That's the studies that were being thrown in our face. Like we didn't know any better. So that type of stuff is what scares me. And what scares me in my experience is seeing all these people that I see that struggle with this this binge eating and these cravings and whatever, and, 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 I, don't, and I don't know enough to argue with you about the, the science that supports whether it's truly a craving or a psychological thing. At the end of the day, I know there's an issue. And I know that I have an a, a opportunity to impact all these people. And I, I know because I was one of those trainers 10 years ago that used to be like, look, I could eat all this, I could do this, and I could still look this way. But what I didn't realize was I'm, I'm kind of flaunting around something that these people are psychologically battling with at home as a major struggle.
2: Well, that's why I think education is important because, you know, you can, I think you can make any movement bad if you take the subculture of it and use that as a representation of what everybody does.
3: Excellent. Right. Mm-hmm. So great point.
2: Um, you know, like you could be like, well, fucking MMA sucks. Cause look at these assholes walking around in affliction shirts. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, a, no that's a very good point. You could do that, but, you know, I think the the idea because I mean, look, when we go out, and we had Mexican food last night, right? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: not clean, not
4: clean.
2: So the the it what, was it was filthy
1: as hell, filthy,
2: <laughs> Filt. So wh- is it I better to just to just 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 go into fuck it mode and okay, well, let's go get ice cream and this and that, or is it better to say, you know, like like I have. No, not necessarily track, but you go okay. That seems like a reasonable portion size, you know, and have some sort of cognitive restraint, which is what I really try to teach people. Because at the end of the day, otherwise, no awareness. You're never going to be able to cut out "quote unquote" bad foods. It, I don't care who you are; it, you're you're going to have them at some point. You're going to have foods that are are more calorically dense, a little bit lower in your vitamin, mineral, and fiber content. And so you're better off understanding how to incorporate them. Now, again, if I have somebody who has bad habits, right, and they tend to overeat on these things, am I going to suggest that they try to fill their diet with more vegetables and fruits and whatnot to make them more full? Absolutely. But what I don't want to do is tell them, hey, you can never have this again. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, and there's studies to show this, that if you – if there was actually a study done by a guy named Westenhofer and – I may butcher it. I can't I, I think it was cookies. i could I could be wrong. They took people who were either restrictive dieters or who were flexible dieters who would allow themselves other foods and they brought them in and I, I, again, I may butcher this study, but the gist the the digest the of it was this. they told the two groups, everybody, you have to eat at least one cookie. You don't have to eat any more than that, but you have to eat at least one. And what they found was a much higher incidence of binge eating – they called it disinhibition mm-hmm. – in the people who were restrictive dieters because they did not understand how to moderate that. Of course. Right? It, was, it was just an on-off switch. Of right? course.
1: Now, now here's uh, – he, now, now, that's 100% my experience working <laughs> Chad, with – Chad, give me my beer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's why you brought me i'm just kidding yeah. i'm <laughs> just kidding we love chad, yeah. Poor chad.
1: that's 100 percent why uh that's 100 percent accurate i've experienced that with clients as well and now here's the other side of that that i've also experienced i've had people come to me who follow uh you know a, where they look at their macros they have a macro target and they're so stuck to it they're so they identify so strongly with it that going off of it at all causes them distress causes them yes distress.
2: you can trade one disorder for another absolutely and so what and this is why well, I tell people if listen you, consistency is so much more important than being exact the, those macro targets aren't magic okay just if you're within five to ten grams of each one you're hundred percent compliant okay there's more error in food labels than than you are with accuracy there okay so focus on the consistency that's the biggest part right? And I try to get them to, to get off that. But yeah, absolutely, you can trade one disorder for another for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, where would well, you I say feel that like
0: since it it appeals to the bodybuilding community? Oh, it's huge. It appeals to the the people that are more prone to that addictive type of personality. Like that, eh, I, no
2: more so than any other kind of fitness thing. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, look, look at. You have zealots and paleo and, Fair, yeah. uh, and, oh, I and, see and intermittent saying. fasting I and see a ketogenic diet. Yeah. And all yeah. that no, kind no. Of
1: shit. I, I think what Adam's referring to is people who are uh, really into how they look and their bodies, and you get orthorexia, and you get yep. you know people so uh, you know so stuck to following a particular macro profile. At the end of the day, but they
2: were they were going to do that regardless of what they were in. You know, what I mean, that's that's something that that's, somebody needs a therapist that's as opposed true. to a
1: coach. That's you know true, I mean? but at the end of the day, what would the ultimate goal be? Would the ultimate destination be uh, for the rest of your life, you know, counting your macros, counting your calories, or would it be more intuitive? Or, or would it be that the counting of the macros and calories is a is a, a transition point, like being humble <sighs> aware, know what's in your food. You got to learn what's in your food, but at the end of the day, then you move to this other kind of area where it's more intuitive where you understand so things so you
2: guys have been around me for about two days now mm-hmm. or a day now have you seen me carry a scale anywhere no food scale
1: so you're probably more on the intuitive side
2: so I, I look at stuff Chad have I had a scale here the entire time no Chad's shaking his head mm-hmm. Chad's been around me for a week poor guy um, so <laughs> okay. I feel I, bad for you Chad <laughs> I would too <laughs> Um, it's okay I was the big spoon last night we know you're into blondes I got an LOL out of Dave over there so I I, I uh, the the idea so the thing is it's hard to be an intuitive eater without having gone through the process of learning what's oh, actually of 100%, 100%. you can't, you can't 100% get there without knowing so I think it is useful for a month or two months or whatever time it takes you to learn that To take a food scale, you don't even need to change the way you eat, but just take a food scale and figure out what the hell's in food. Yeah. Yeah. I have a PhD in nutrition. The most I ever learned about nutrition was weighing my food, reading food labels, understanding what was in food, Mm -hmm. what a high protein food Okay, I can
0: remember to this day, the first time that I actually put a yam and weighed it and what I, my thoughts of what I was probably consuming
2: versus was, what the reality was yeah what the reality
0: was and because it's a healthy food I just assume that, oh yeah it's probably about you find,
2: 50 grams of sweet potato was oh, real fucking fast oh it
0: was like 5 times more calories than what I actually had thought it sure, was sure. so I mean I, I 100% agree with and that and
2: that's the problem is people go well I eat healthy well what the fuck does that mean like what what do you actually mean by well I eat healthy foods well okay well any food can be bad for you for over okay Even fiber, even vegetables can be bad for you if you overconsume them. Mm -hmm. So there is no such thing. It's just, it's all context, right? Like, I'm not saying cheesecake is good for you, but you can fit it into part of a healthy diet. Now, it might be a little bit more difficult and you might have to practice extreme portion control, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're contest prep on 1,300 calories a day near the end of a contest prep, you're probably not fitting in cheesecake, right? Mm. But can you do it on sometimes? Sure. And still be a healthy person? Absolutely. And I think when we create these negative associations with people is where we get a lot of these problems. Like, look at what we've done over the past 30 years. We demonized fats. We demonized carbs. And we demonized protein. And people are still fatter and more unhealthy. So maybe we should look at a different fucking approach than just telling people these foods are bad. These foods are bad. Maybe we should look at telling people, hey, we need to teach you how to practice portion control and understand what actually is in food. Right, at the end of the day, you can either give a man a fish or you can teach a man to fish. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, you don't want to teach a man to fish. You're talking about another level of awareness, and I mean, people go through these four stages of learning. We've talked about this before, but most people are just unconsciously incompetent. They don't know that they don't know. Right, and they get to the next level. Right, where babe. They- yeah, they get to the next level where now they know that they don't know, they don't know, so they're consciously incompetent. And and I think counting macros, understanding what's in food is a third stage, which is being consciously competent. Sure. Moving past that is and it takes a while, is more of your intuitive eating, and that's where you become more and that's, competent you know, and in, in, you know, unconsciously competent.
2: And the and the, and the goal is, and I thought about this, is that you don't take a food scale out to a restaurant. You don't take it to, to family gatherings, this and that. But you may have to do that at first in order just to understand what's in food. To know what's happening. right? But eventually you get to like where I am. Where I've been doing this for, for 15 years. I just mostly know what's in food. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Steve Cook have played this game. Let's play a game. Uh, <laughs> we played a game. We went to a restaurant and he ordered and I ordered and we guessed what each other's macros were. And then we guessed what our own macros were we were within five grams of everything yeah. on our stuff. You know, who, cause we, we'd had that. Won? Oh, nobody. Who, well, who we d- that? Yeah. Don't
1: lie. You know, you know, you looked at both won? Actually, we're both
2: pretty close. Right, right. We're both pretty close. Yeah. Um, and so it's one of those things where, you know, now if I was prepping for a contest, would I be bringing a food scale to a restaurant? If I was close, yeah, probably.
1: That's a totally different you know? that's totally Well, I, you know what? And honestly, well, it's, it's if really, I was
2: two weeks out from a show, I'm probably not going to a restaurant, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, you know? right. And you're so, not even
0: doing that. You, I mean it's really just levels of awareness.
2: Right. So that's If all you this. wanna if you wanna go to another level when you're, you know, prepping for a show, that's a whole different level of commitment. You're it's gonna require more extreme sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to look good and maintain your body fat and what you have or get a little bit leaner, you can do that, not taking a food scale everywhere, right? But it's gonna require a little bit more effort on the front end. And so I think that's, that is what, you know, when I get, you know, with avatar, mm-hmm. our, 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 custom flexible dieting service, shameless plug.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Go ahead, plug. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I mean, you guys saw it last night. We'll have think, the affiliate code at the felt end. felt like anyway. it was pretty,
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We're
2: pretty impressed by, you know, everything that went into that. But the, the main complaint is, well, I want something to tell me how to eat. Okay. We can give you a meal plan, but what does that actually teach you? Right. Well, what happens when you don't have those foods available? You have no idea how mm-hmm. to moderate that. You have no idea. What, and you just end up kind of, well, and Corey, Corey Probes, my friend, uh, she's a PhD in psychology. She calls it the what the hell effect. I like to call it the fuck it mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's experienced this where you just go fuck it.
4: Yeah.
2: Right. Because you can't, you can't you don't know it, so, enough to... Uh, I'm going to eat this. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, you go and... I did this one. I remember a sophomore in, in college. I was in the off-season bulking mode, bro. And uh, I would I would try to, quote-unquote, eat clean. And then my friends would order pizza or whatever, and I'd be like, "But come on, Lane, have a slice of pizza, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, I have a slice of pizza. Well, I was never just one slice of pizza. It was like half the pizza or the whole pizza, right? Well... Was it the pizza that hurt me or was the fact that I ate the whole fucking thing? Right. Right. Like I had what you, at that moment, when you, when looking back
0: now, do you feel that was more psychological or do you think there's Absolutely. actually.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 and I, I had a gal, a client of mine, she, was, she swore she was gluten intolerant, which by the way, the, the evidence suggests that that's actually bullshit if you mm. don't have celiac. Um, mm, we can talk about
4: that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll talk <laughs> about it for sure.
2: So the, the, uh, it's more the FODMAPs associated with gluten. That, that would be causing any uh, problems, but anyways, the, the, she swore she was gluten intolerant. And so I decided, okay, let's let's go down the rabbit hole. And I was ta- I was talking to her. Well, it ends up the only time she was consuming gluten was when she was binge eating, right? Because she, she would have it and feel bad, feel bad because it's a bad food, and she would just binge on it because she was like, well, fuck it, I've already screwed up, right? I said, okay, do me a favor. Tonight before you go to bed, have two slices of bread. And let me know if you if you have side effects in the when you wake up next morning I emailed, oh my God, I'm not gluten intolerant. like, well, no shit. Mm. Did you think it was the gluten or the 2,000 calories you were having at the binge? You know what I mean? Mm. So, I mean, that's, that's, again, where people draw incorrect associations, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, if you don't, and the thing about tracking, if you don't track, you will believe that there are magic foods. Everybody remembers the full Phil Heath, well, tilapia thins the skin, right? Mm, okay. Well, when you were used to eating you know, steak six meals a day and you switch to tilapia for six meals a day. You think
0: that's going to lean you out a bit and more? You, <laughs> and you
2: cut, you know, six, seven hundred calories out of your diet because you switched from a, a, a fattier meat to a very, almost no fat meat well, no fucking shit you got leaner, you know? Mm-hmm. It didn't thin the skin. It's not like tilapia swims under the subcutaneous layer and gobbles up all the water, you know? And I'm not hating on Phil Heath. Like, he's very hard worker. That was Great a Eastern terrible, Olympia. terrible statement. <laughs> but, but, that, I but that's traded on Monday. But that's not, that's not his fault yeah. because when you... It's his trainer's fault.
1: Who's his trainer? Honey. Oh, yeah. Anyway, continue.
2: Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> when you... When you, when you believe that there are – when you don't – if you don't have a method of accounting for this, you will believe that there are magic foods. Just like if you don't track, uh, for example, like volume in your training, you'll believe that there's magic training programs, mm-hmm. magic sets and reps, mm-hmm, right? Good point. So you guys know small of, right? Mm-hmm. Small of squat program. Mm-hmm. People go on the, the base mesocycle and then three weeks they put 20, 30, 40 pounds on their squat. They go, oh my god, that that was you know, some kind of magic.
4: Yeah, well, no, you lot. went
2: you went from squatting once or twice a week to four times a week, and you tripled your volume. Of course, you got stronger. Mm, you know, mm. like so. There, there's no you know magic program,
1: and uh, and and that's you know people just don't want to hear that. No, I think there's there's general rules, but the individual variances could be so dramatic. But I do want to go back to gluten. I have to talk about gluten with you because you, you, you brought that up. You brought that up. Here's something uh, that I want to I want to discuss that with you. And but earlier we had talked about uh, flexible dieting and uh, no, before that, excuse me, reverse dieting and metabolic damage, and how there isn't much science to support it. However, there's lots of anecdote. When it comes to gluten, um, and I don't know, my personal opinion is I don't think they know exactly where to look, but when you look at especially people with autoimmune type symptoms, uh, from the high end to things like Crohn's to people with irritable bowel syndrome, which seems to be, actually is statistically uh, on the rise, gluten, uh, for the vast majority of them, seems to be a trigger. There's lots of anecdotes uh, connecting it to it. Now, there's some science that that kind of points in that direction, but nothing really conclusive yet. However, you've got all these people, lots of people. Look, I have a, I have a godson who's got Crohn's disease, and... He, his mom, who's just, uh, she's just a warrior for her son. Like any parent, you have a parent that you have a child that has a, a, a disease or disorder. You are going to many parents are going to dive into research and reading. And luckily today we have the internet, so you have all this information at your hand, at your fingertips. And there's all these forums, and so she went on these forums with all these other Crohn sufferers, and they were talking about something called a carbohydrate specific diet. And there's lots of foods that they eliminate. One of them is gluten. And when he eliminated gluten, his symptoms reduced dramatically. And whenever he reintroduces gluten, even the smallest amount, even if it's like a a small amount, uh, an ingredient within a food, um, he gets a a flare-up. And there's lots and lots and lots. I mean, you go online and there's a huge amount of people that talk about how gluten – Triggers them. You have to wonder. Maybe triggered it's not, hashtag triggered exactly. Maybe it's not the gluten. You're maybe triggering it's triggering right now. Maybe it's something else within the gluten, with or maybe it's their sides. their hyper hyper inflammatory <laughs> state. But uh, what do you say to that? I mean, there's I know that there was a study that came out that said, oh, gluten intolerance is not is not you know that it's not a real thing. But there's so much anecdote that comes out. So the thing is that gluten
2: intake is associated with other highly allergenic components of food. FODMAPs. Right. Um, so I think what's more likely is that the other components of the food, somebody who's highly kind of has that allergic, um, what would I want to say? Oh, I'm we can on, call I'm it hyperimmune I'm, I'm on beer number four, so That's you guys okay. know what the fuck I'm saying. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, we got you. Um, it, it, that that kind of makeup Mm-hmm. that there there probably is something in there but I don't think it's gluten based on the research but mm-hmm. it may be other things that you just inherently get with gluten right okay right, right. confounding variables so it may be that reducing gluten intake for these individuals is important just because of the other things that are associated with it okay but i, I like I get as far as gluten actually having like an intolerance or we just don't have that data yeah so what what do you think – and actually to be honest like the the researcher who who did that was actually kind of a badass because did you know he was the one that actually proposed the idea of a gluten intolerance he thought he saw it in one of his studies and then he went back and, and corrected himself and retested yeah. it and then he came back out and was like "Nah, no. it's actually wrong no, no i'm very that's a pr- fucking bad motherfucker yeah. right there
1: no that's that's uh that's true i'm actually familiar with that particular uh with this particular study that that, that said that however I'm, I'm in that community i belong to it i, I you know I, per- I personally have an intolerance to gluten, or maybe it's the gluten associated with the other foods. Attaboy. Exactly. It could be. Uh, nonetheless, uh, it's distinct. I can see it. It's clear. It's with my own. It's my own anecdote. Um, so, uh, you know, I do find it interesting. But let me ask you this. Now that you're 35, now that you've been training as long as you have, you're such a driven, intense individual. No. Is, do you find your uh, motivation start to turn more towards longevity and health, or are you still performance, muscle-building driven? By the way, this thing does really make you sound sexy, doesn't it? I told you maybe, you would like I it. I told you, bro. Maybe it's you're going to start nice. wearing headphones at home now. Yeah, seriously, all the yeah, time. Man.
2: Well, well, I, pro- am I am probably I m- still sound like shit when the audio comes out. So no, yeah. you'll sound great. You sound like a little bit more baritone in this thing. It's, yeah. It It'll might have total- something
0: to do with the badass cube, but it might have something to do with that. Yeah, you sound totally sober. <laughs> 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 so
2: uh, listen, I can I can explain the most complex science even when I'm drunk. So, uh, I love it. I watch it drop. So so
1: so I even forgot my question. God damn it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's <we> called deflection. <laughs> yeah, deflection. Uh, Very no, no, smart. You were
2: asking if I was leaning more towards. Yeah, longevity. do you lean more towards longevity? Oh, oh longevity Mr. Drunk guy remembers all that <laughs> shit. <laughs>
1: so. I'm drinking. I'm drinking tequila. <laughs> we all are, bro.
0: It's on an even playing field. Uh, no, we're uh, good. We're right? good. So, this man,
1: a drink.
2: Uh, so, the the I think honestly, what works best for body composition, in in a lot of ways, can be best for what's long for what's best for longevity.
1: Oh, Beautiful statement.
2: So I I think that, you know, you're going to be intermittently calorically restricting um, because if you want to maintain that lean body mass, you're going to have to do that. You're going to be exercising. You're going to be doing a lot of the stuff that, you know, the big major stuff, right? Um, You know, longevity wise, I mean, if you're exercising and actually watching what you eat, you're 95% of the way there, you know? um, You know, we can talk about these little things that maybe make a difference, Mm -hmm. maybe don't. But what we find is, you know, even with the, like, like, uh, I, I, may, I may screw this up, but I remember being in grad school looking at some uh, some papers about, like, sulforaphane mm. or lycopene. Mm-hmm. You know, these things like tomatoes and broccoli.
1: Sulforaphane is a huge right now. It's a huge subject. I know Rhonda right. Patrick's but talking you, quite a bit about it. Yeah, but
2: you know what you find is that sometimes it's uh, nature's cookbook. So you have these individual chemical compounds. They seem to have an effect, but what you usually find is the the whole food is usually better.
1: Whole foods, like
2: the, man. The, 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 the actual – that it seems like there is some kind of milieu of antioxidants, minerals, what, whatever have They you, call it the
1: entourage that, effect. That,
2: that, that, that seems to work better than just the individual compound. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're em- emphasizing the importance of self-control, restriction, training, you know, being consistent – and let's be honest. Like there's something to be said with just being happy. Like – Okay, you can eat every fucking clean food there is. You can be neurotic about everything. But if you're fucking miserable because you never feel like you can go out with your friends, like, is that really healthy? You know, is it really healthy to, to be like to have anxiety when somebody brings a piece of cake in the room? You know, so I think there's something to be said for just mental um,
1: clarity of of understanding what's in food. That's right? all part of it's all part of health. And right. I, I got to be honest with you. I think your message don't, gets don't uh, do, don't do that. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> my ego can't. I that. think your message gets misconstrued and miscommunicated quite. Well, of course, a bit, it does quite a bit. Uh, well, because I feel like he he. Had I'll to, give you an example.
0: He had it he had to take a I think a strong opposition to the, the, especially the bodybuilding community because the you bros. talk yes the bros that are out there that are spreading the science so. I, and I feel like we can relate to that because that's a lot of what we did and we just took a different approach instead of going the nutrition angle. We kind of stayed away from that because we know how dogmatic and religion it can be. Mm-hmm. So we went more like programming because we saw the major flaw in that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, like not to make a total left turn on us with the nutrition and, and uh, all, what, what's your what's your thoughts on on programming right now that you see out there in the fitness world and the and the uh, all these different online websites i can subscribe to for nine dollars and get my workouts and all these uh, yeah, I'm glad
2: you elaborated because you know what one of my f- least favorite things in the world when people say is what are your thoughts on x <laughs> yeah. not ecstasy but like actual like something insert something right. yeah uh, so i'm glad you, elaborated. Oh, um, you know I, I think that um I think there's a lot of ways it's gonna cat, you know. Um, you can get results from a lot of stuff. I, I tend to think that tr- that the the nuance of trying to find a program that is effective but minimizes the risk for injury and is fun for the individual is is the difficult thing, right? Because people say, Oh well, I don't care what's well, fun. Well yes you should. You should, it should be fun. Your your workout program should be fun because if it's not fun, you gonna you're it. not going to work hard at it, mm-hmm. you know? It should be fun. One of the reasons I got into powerlifting in the off-season for bodybuilding was because I found bodybuilding training fucking tedious in the off-season. I loved the idea of, like, looking and seeing myself get stronger, you know? It actually made me train harder. So, for me, that was better because I was more intense and trained harder and was more adherent to it, mm-hmm. you know? You know, I, I tend to not be dogmatic about anything, But you say my message gets construed misconstrued, and I had this discussion with Mark Bell about ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. I said the other day on Twitter there was a study that came out that showed that a ketogenic diet was not superior to a non-ketogenic diet when calories and protein were equated mm-hmm. in terms of fat loss. So I posted this. Nowhere did I say the ketogenic diet didn't work or it sucked.
1: Or it didn't have merit or whatever.
2: The first tweet I get is an individual who's like – that's not true, I lost 50 pounds on the ketogenic diet. I said, okay <laughs> tell me where I said the ketogenic diet didn't work and literally went back and forth with this person for about 20 messages who could not fucking grasp the simple idea that me saying the ketogenic diet wasn't the best frigging thing in the world, I don't know why I said frigging right there, the best fucking <laughs> thing in the world was not the same thing as me saying it didn't work, right? Right? So same thing, like you guys know intermittent fasting. You know Martin Burkham. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls himself the high priest of intermittent fasting. I
1: don't think that's what? a good idea. Yes, I thought we were the honest. high priest. <laughs>
2: so hey. so uh, I got interviewed uh, by actually Sohi Lee, who's now my co-host of Physics Science Radio. This is actually how we met. Um, she was doing an article on intermittent fasting, and she asked what I thought of it. I said, well, you know, in terms of fat loss. There doesn't seem to be any difference between if you want to eat one meal a day or 10 meals a day. There doesn't seem to be a difference. The, the research are really clear on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of that, like kind of do what you want. But in terms of anabolism, it looks like that there is something to be said for multiple protein doses per day of high-quality protein.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: We saw this in our studies. I said, so if you ask me about it for muscle mass, I would say it's probably a little bit suboptimal. And that's exactly how I worded it. And the high priest Apparently this was blasphemy to him Mm. and he went out on Twitter and went crazy on me, you know, and was calling me doctor, but in a very like sarcastic, you know, somehow I guess my PhD is a bad thing Mm. to to this person. You know, like I'm like, I'm not sure how you're using that as an insult, but okay, good, good job for that. You know, if it's so fucking easy, why don't you go fucking do it? (laughs) So just saying, I like, if you guys watch Big Bang Theory. No. Oh, okay. No. Well, there's there's a great part where there's one guy who has a master's out of all the friends. I watched the Bang Theory, but that's his, different. <laughs> uh, 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 Wallowitz is his name, um, and uh, his 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 wife has a PhD, and he's like he's lamenting the fact that all his friends make fun of him that he just has a master's, and she says, "Well, why don't you just do a PhD? I have one. It's great."
4: <laughs>
2: so all you out there that like you know you want to you want to make it you know. Like try to like sl- like make it like a bad thing, well, or, or or say, well, it's not that. Well, if it's not that hard, then why don't you fucking do it? Mm. You know, like it's I have one, it's great. Yeah. You get to put dr in front of your name, like it's fabulous. So, you know, anyways, it was just, but it was a classic example of just somebody like hearing what they wanted to hear. I didn't say anything bad about intermittent fasting. I even said some good stuff about it, but they focused on the fact that I said maybe it wasn't optimal for muscle mass. But what else did I say? I said, hey, if it fits your lifestyle, it could be a great tool. Uh, if it helps you if it helps you stay, you know, in a caloric deficit if you're trying to lose fat, if it helps you fit you know, fit it in better, by all means. I, I'm not mad at you. You know, people get this idea that I had, I had this the other day. So I said, I heard you hate fasted cardio. I said, Well, no, I don't hate fasted cardio. Fasted cardio didn't come in my house and kick my dog and punch my wife. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't I don't hate it. I, I, th- I think the application is a little bit limited in terms of it's not better than fed cardio, but if you tell me you do fasted cardio, I'll just say okay. Well, why are you doing it? Well, because I, I have to be up for work early, and this is the only time I can get it in. And I I get upset stomach if I eat before I go before I do cardio. Great, then go do fasted cardio. But if you're if you're trying to tell me you're doing it because it's better for fat loss, then I'm sorry, that's bullshit, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not anti. Ketogenic diet. I'm not anti fasted cardio. I'm not anti intermittent fasting. I'm not anti any of this stuff. I'm just anti fucking bullshit. It's the dogmatic you know? part. It's yeah, the dogmatic I just, part. I hate dogma, man. It drives me absolutely. Fu- and you guys were talking about um, something earlier that made me think of something. Knowledge, in a way, is a burden because once you have knowledge and you're not ignorant anymore, ignorance is bliss. It really is. Once you have knowledge, and you have enough of it. You have to look at something and go, uh, "That's bullshit." <laughs> you know, like it's it's like like my and you know, I'll, I'll get friends every Talk once. Talk about in a while.
0: how you know how fucking hard it is to make money in the fitness industry uh, when you when you feel that way. <laughs> oh, it's
2: so hard. God, I mean, if, if I listen, if I came out with the five foods that worked, or like, listen, when I went in to do my PhD, I wanted to find magic foods. If I had found magic foods, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Here, we'd be having it on my private jet. You uh-huh. know what I mean? So. It's it's when I come out and I say, well, this matters only in this situation, and, this, and I'm giving context and everything. and I'm kind of eh, and I tell you, don't I don't know about certain stuff mm-hmm. like th- that? Doesn't help me sell you shit. It's because I'm just not willing to fucking lie to you yeah. about
1: it. But you know? but I think it gives you longevity in this industry because you haven't gone anywhere since no, exactly. since you've come and since you've been in the industry uh, till if now continue to grow. We've seen, well, not only that, we've seen the rise and fall of many, 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 people. many bullshit people and supplement companies. We talked about shreds when we first started, we saw, this, you know, that, that, that whole, what's up, going, Devin? Yeah. What's job, up, bro? So, uh, so, <laughs> especially in the age of information, I think it's, uh, it's great. What is in the future for you? Where are you going? What's next? Change the world.
2: <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, Arrogant Lane can come out for a second. I, I thought he was already out. I <laughs>
1: he left. We're like yes. really, Lane?
2: Really? When did he leave? Careful, yeah. careful. Oh, well,
1: Level two. Here we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my buddy Ed always uh, says, "Is that a hot air balloon, or is that at BioLane's head rising over <laughs> West Tampa?" You know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I really feel like that my my reach is only limited by how many people I can get in front of. I feel like if I can get in front of people, I can talk sense to them. Like, that's why I want to get on Rogan because – not because I hate Joe Rogan because I, I feel – I actually feel like he's a very, very smart guy, right? I feel like some people have given him some – I feel bad for him because I feel like some people have come on his show and dropped mm. bad fucking information and sold bullshit. What's the last one that you've
0: seen him that he's had right. like that? I don't Gary know I, Taubes. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Low-carbohydrate yeah. zealot.
2: Mm. Gary Taubes was an epic – He's a fit. journalist. He's right? a fucking journalist. Yeah. Gary Taubes was an epic... I told you guys that story last night. I'll tell it again. Um, Gary Taubes was at Epic Fitness Summit in the UK and I think it was 2015. And I was there. It was a great lineup. Like, there's Brett Contreras. There's Alan Argon. James Krieger. Like, a lot of myself. A really great lineup. Greg Knuckles, you know. And I I just was born the, with the gene of, one, not giving a fuck, and two, being incapable of bullshit. So I have a hard time like acting friendly towards somebody who I know is a charlatan. So uh, Alan and Gary are having a debate and I use debate in quotations. Mm. It's more like a fucking dismantling by Alan. Mm. Right. And Gary is the only person in the room who believes he's winning. You know, I, I was actually like, I don't like Gary Taubes. I was fucking embarrassed for him. I really was. (laughs) I I felt bad for him. I'm just like, wow, you're not even cognizant of the fact that you're getting completely dismantled right now. And as Alan's going through all these studies, uh, this is basically like Gary's belief that that sugar is evil and the cause of everything from global warming to, I don't know, Trump getting in office. Mm. Um, So – and Alan's going through all these studies and and dismantling this argument, right – and Taubes' fallback is, well, that study was funded by this person. It was funded by that person. Oh, well, that couldn't be right. Uh, this and that. And then he has the audacity to say, not quoting his studies, but he has the audacity to say, well, I'm funding studies that are going to prove this. <laughs> just, to, just to show you're not a scientist. You never come at it from the angle, well, this study is going to show this. Hi, uh, hi, your bias is showing, yeah. you know, Um and I put my hand up because I, could, I just couldn't fucking stand anymore. And, he, and I said, so you're saying that all of Allen's studies that he used is very convenient that all the Allen studies are somehow biased, but all the ones you're going to fund are beyond reproach. By the way, his studies got done and showed the exact fucking opposite thing that he said, <laughs> right? And then when they came out with that, he still came out and said, I don't believe this. And Alan asked him. He said, "If you had enough evidence presented to you, would you change your mind?" And he said, "No." How the hell can anybody take somebody like that seriously? Well, that's, re- that's you that's are dogma. talking about a religious zealot mm-hmm. that has decided to make low carbohydrate their religion of choice. We also have anti-artificial sweetener zealots. We have anything paleo zealots, we, like in, our, in, intermittent fasting zealots. It's like they they're more concerned about belonging to a group. I feel like it's I and think it's, it's a I feel like it's
0: everywhere Sheep. in fitness. We take a little yeah. bit of science or a little bit of something that we find out and we just Well especially
3: run if it works for it. you individually. You know, right. and you're gonna go one hundred percent in. And, and so of course when, fight that
2: when 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 went on Rogan, you know, because Rogan likes the ketogenic diet, does the ketogenic diet, that's no problem. Like I I've talked about the applications of a ketogenic mm-hmm. diet. But I'm just not going to. I'm just. I, I'm sorry. I can't sit here and sell you that it's it's somehow this. Well, magic this is what thing. This you know? is what
0: happened with us. We had Dom. We had Dom on the show. Dom right. Digostino yeah. yeah.
2: Love so, Dom. Yeah. Great, right? guy. Great guy.
0: Yeah. He's
1: actually going to be coming
0: in. Yeah. We have him coming have back come again. Come back. We love. We awesome. love Dom. And, uh, Give me be- a
2: kiss for me. Because
0: because, because of that, <laughs> I'll hug him. Um, I like and I, I was a four hundred to six hundred gram of carb guy, and I was like, you know what, I I wouldn't, uh, I had no at that point, I had no desire to even think about going ketogenic. But I thought, you know what, I I should be open minded enough to try it and see how I feel, and then I could speak educated after at least going through the experience and seeing what I went through. And uh, I loved it. I loved how I felt. I uh, It opened my eyes uh, with the amount of fat that I could intake because for so many years I had demonized fat and I'd never seen what it was my body would feel like, look like, if I did 200 plus grams of carbohydrates or 200 grams plus of fat. Right. So to see myself eating that abundance of food, I felt satiated through the day. I felt like I wasn't holding a ton of water. There was a ton of things that I saw that I liked. But the problem I had with it was... To follow in these perfect guidelines of ketogenic, man, I was I was only choosing from the small, small,
3: yeah, small small, selection. Small
0: list of foods, foods. and I thought I thought to myself, well, even if it has all these health benefits and it's got all these great things about it, it can't be that great for me to only be cycling these amounts of foods. And so
2: and you get into sustainability. Like you can do that forever.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is where I came out on the show and I said, listen, you know, I know Mind Pump comes out and we talk about the benefits of the ketogenic diet, but I want you guys to be very, very careful not to attach ourselves to it to where it becomes like the official diet. There's some health benefits that we've seen, there's some things that are anecdotal that we've gone through personally, but I'll also tell you that I don't, I hate. Putting labels, I hate isms. I hate fucking anything that ends like that. I hate shism. It is. It's shism.
2: all. But, hey, oh, but it's
0: fitness shism. is known to do that. We take a little bit of information. We take a little bit of science. If a
2: little bit of something's good, then a shitload must be best. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Twenty grams. Put it a pill. Day. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, uh, again, and, and it's it's. I think that you know the ketogenic diet has applications, and, and again. I actually, I just want to reach a lot of people, you know, to be able to, to kind of uncloud this thing because I'm tired of people demonizing food. I just really am like, Mm -hmm. and and to see Gary Taubes on there spewing that bullshit with, and listen to, to Joe's credit, he's had Rhonda Patrick on there. I think Rhonda's legit, Mm -hmm. very legit. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, um, she, uh,
1: I love her, by the way. I
2: disagree with her on certain things, but for the most part, we agree on most things. I
1: love her podcast. She's got a great podcast. Yeah, she's
2: great. Um, And so I just feel like I would love to provide... An opposing point of view, and I think he's a smart man. Yeah,
1: it's important to have that. So I would love to do that to be able to reach a lot of people. So, so, so you you want to get? You just want to get on mediums where you can reach.
2: Yeah, and whether it's Rogan or it's the Today Show or whatever. Like I, I, I tweeted the other day. Like I saw something on. I forget what's mainstream. I was like, put me in the arena with one of these guys.
4: I'll
2: fucking annihilate them. I don't have to curse either. I can I can actually debate without cursing. I just choose to on this because it emphasizes my fucking point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, and for all of you, you sensitive snowflakes out there, I'm not sorry. They're not, hey, you're they're in good sorry. company here. Yeah, though, so, so
1: There's none left. Yeah.
2: So you know, it's it's one of those things that I just want to be able to help people. Like at the end of the day, I want to do that. And that's why, you know, shameless plug incoming. I created something like Avatar Nutrition. So for those who aren't familiar, Avatar Nutrition is a custom flexible dieting service where you can go and we did it last night, mm-hmm, right? Adam mm-hmm. entered in his height, his weight, body fat, all these different metrics. Like I mean, you saw it, there was like like probably like tw- 10 to 15 metrics you have to enter in, very detailed. Adam, we're talking about you entering in your information into Avatar. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, it spit out a macronutrient intake for him for reverse dieting. And I think, you know, you were pretty impressed with how close it got it in terms of what you thought it should be.
0: Absolutely. And I, I thought it was pretty funny too, because I, I think you thought that I was going to expect more protein right out the gate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, thought I was a bro there yeah, for well, a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're you're, you're quasi bro, you know, so, but it's, you know, we, we, we've really, you know, we really listened to our users. We put a lot of features quasi. in there. So, so for people who are used to a lot more protein and who enjoy that, we even say, listen, this protein, we, we have a protein boost option, right? Mm-hmm. And it says on the protein boost option, you're not getting any more anabolic benefit. But if you like more protein... Here you can use this slider and you can take it up to a certain but amount. even
0: then you're not even pushing beyond
2: two point eight grams per kilo. Yeah. You're, you're like one point three grams per pound. Like yeah. we don't let you go to Avatar will not not let you get into retard territory. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh sorry, that that's very insensitive. That's that's wrong. Uh, stupid territory. How about that? Yeah. You're, you know you're not
1: so you're going you're not going you're not recommending like there's another PhD two grams per pound. Yeah, there's another like PhD like, in the fitness industry that recommends hmm, yeah. two. Is two, he two currently plus.
2: involved in a lawsuit? Yeah. Does he sell protein protein yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh hey look lane oh. norton sells protein and he's sitting here saying you that 0. 0.8 grams per pound is probably enough oh my god like mm-hmm. you know god i'm doing this business thing wrong so- you know what i mean well Amen. can we can so, we talk a little bit about a little up. bit
0: about how you uh i mean you set you structured that relationship when you did your supplement. Well, hang on let
2: me finish talking about avatar Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh. just real quick so yeah,
0: finish your I, shameless plug because, well
2: no because i really <laughs> i really do honestly feel like this is gonna be the thing that changes the world for me because you think about this my, you know, um, my fitness to Umar Armor for half a million dollars, mm-hmm. half a billion dollars. Yeah, right? 500 million. All it does is track your intake, crowdsourced macronutrient intake tracker. This will generate custom macronutrient recommendations, custom nutrition recommendations, based on your individual metabolism. And then we'll adjust them based on how you progress every week. Not only that. But every time you check in every week with your weight and body fat, those sorts of things. And if you don't have, a, if you don't have calipers or way to measure body fat, we have a calculator on the site. Um, every, it'll not only change your macros to optimize things, but it will give you a pop up that says, hey, this is what happened and this is why we did it. Right. So eventually, we've had some people who have like, used the service for so long, they said, you know, I, I canceled the service not because I wasn't happy, but because I understood how to do things. Mm-hmm. Like it taught me how to do things. We're not looking to have people on for a lifetime. We're looking to have them on and, and be able to, cause we'll always be enough clients. There's mm-hmm. always enough clients out mm-hmm. there, but we want people to be able to have something they can do for a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know? And we're, we're having some pretty awesome results now that it's been around for a while. Now,
0: as somebody who's uh, tried to build an app before, what are some of your fears right now? Like, don't you worry about you say my fitness pal? Like I'd be worried that my fitness pal, Shhh. catches wind of Avatar and <laughs> Well, and says, that's why
2: we'd, we'd probably propose to license it. You know, those sorts of things. Okay. Uh, but we've already had people try to copy us. Uh, oh, who really? have copied us. You know, oh, I mean, really? You copied us in terms of, you know, obviously the back-end data calculations and algorithm, they haven't copied because that's proprietary. And when people say, well, what about... The, we?" There was one guy who had a, an app that when we came out, he tried to say we copied him, which... He doesn't have any credentials, but he sent all of his little users over to talk shit about us. And he was like, I have a patent. I said, okay, well, let me see it because we searched for it because we have a patent pending. He sent me a trademark. I'm like, <laughs> you realize that this is a trademark, <laughs> right? You realize the difference, right? Hmm. So here's what I want you to do. You stop sending your little shits over to, to talk trash about us. Because you don't have any background in nutrition, and
0: I won't, I won't sue
2: you, <laughs> and I won't, I won't try to shut you down. when We get our patent because at the end of the day, I'm not looking to shut anybody down. If his app is better than ours, then by God, he should make more money. That's free market thinking. It's the free market thing. And you know what? Does it get annoying to have people copy me at every single step of the way of what I've done? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Stop being so mean, then, bro. It's proof but, of concept. That's
1: how I see. But,
4: stop stop but, being so but, mean. But
2: you know what? At the end of the day good. I hope you copy me. Bring it the fuck on because you're not going to outpassion me. You're not going to outwork me. You're not going to care about this like I did. You're not going to go all in like I did. Okay. So I hope you copy me. Try it because I'll fucking bury you. Mm. All right. <laughs> oh, sorry, that may be a little bit harsh, Sounds but like an I, entry, I, listen, listen, I'm a competitor, right? People want to act like life isn't a competition. Everything is a competition, right? And it's not that I want to put you out of business or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I think there's enough room in the fitness industry for several things like this, but I want to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I want to win, not because of money or anything like that, but because. I just want to win. I when know? was the, when was the last not, time And I believe I believe in our product?
0: When was the last time your your competitive personality uh kind of fucked you? When was the last time that you're over cuz I here's <laughs> a belief that I have and, and and correct me if I'm wrong here.
1: Cuz I was playing basketball I, with my son no. and I dunked <laughs> on his ass. Yeah, like I, I, I like you to, will
0: always lose. I like to sh- say sh- that your your greatest strength is your greatest weakness.
2: Probably, you know, I, I think that you know I probably get a little bit too intense on social media sometimes because I'll just tell you what I think. Yeah,
0: what's the what's the last thing that got you in trouble? Think about it. If you're if you're if you're, <laughs> on, if you're me self, my, re- self reflecting right now let me on go to
2: my last post on Instagram here,
0: uh, you tend to attract some of these fucking trolls. I mean, like, suit and they're not just, they're not average trolls. They're super yeah, trolls. Super trolls. They make right. like a living off of being trolls.
1: Yeah, so. Yeah, let's talk about this controversy, because that was a big fucking thing big, for a second there. Big, big, thing. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, 2013. So, I had just started kind of recording regular, like, uploads to YouTube. And, um, you know, didn't really know about the YouTube fitness community, that there's a whole fucking community of people out there, you know? And and for the most part, like... Damn it. <laughs> you want the monster? <laughs> no, another I'm another beer. I'm good. I should be able to make it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so... You know, for the most part, I've met in the YouTube community has actually been pretty cool. Um, but unfortunately, my introduction to the YouTube fitness community was not good. <laughs> so first. people started um, like tweeting me and Facebooking me. They said, hey, have you seen this, this criticism of your research by Jason Blaha, who people considered an expert, who, <laughs> despite his claims, mm. um, is fat, uh, never <laughs> has been in good shape. At the the leanest picture we have of him, he doesn't have abs, hmm. um, and he's never he doesn't have a degree in anything. Uh, now he he claims he what's didn't, his background? A liar. Yeah, they're lying. Like- um, <laughs> if you're is, is that if, can you sign if it? If you yeah, have, that, if that's you have, a title. If you have no yeah. conscience, I'm you can say whatever the fuck you want about anything.
1: Yeah, he's a mercenary.
2: Uh, yes, yes. Claimed he was a mercenary. Worked for the CIA. Uh, trained at the farm and Langley. Which, by the way, the farm is not fucking it, Langley. (laughs) First clue. Um, So, anyways, people sent me these videos of him supposedly criticizing my research. And I started watching the video.
1: Now, which research was this that he was criticizing? Uh, Some of
2: my PhD research. Okay. On on Lucy. Lucy does. And, um, you know, I started watching. I'm like, I watched two minutes of it. And first off, there's like, he needs to be high for this. Uh, So, first off, there's like stuffed animals in the background. Trying to sober up. (laughs) He's, there's, like, stuffed animals in the background and shit. And I'm just like, who's going to take this guy seriously, you know? And he's, like, hitting a bicep shot but has no biceps, mm. you know? I'm like, is is this, like, a joke or something? And um, I just after two minutes, it was very apparent that he had not read my research in any way, shape, or form. And I just turned it off. I'm like, nobody's going to take this guy seriously. And people took him fucking
1: seriously. So... So did you get a lot of hate from that? Uh, yeah. At well, this people, time, did he did he have have a,
2: Basically, what he said was that you couldn't trust my research because it was funded by supplement companies. Oh, right. uh, supplement. No, which it wasn't. How, how which large, it wasn't. how
0: large of a following did he have this time? Was he pretty big? Or was it was he?
2: probably between Facebook and YouTube, around 100,000. Oh, okay. So. Um, God, he has that many fucking followers. It's disturbing. I'm actually, <laughs> you know, I'm actually less mad at him. And more upset that people would be willing to follow somebody like that. <laughs> well, come on, like we got for, we got
1: the Kardashians. That for are for example, yeah. you know, if, if
2: you if you have a sign on a fence and it says "Beware, rabid dog," and you go inside and you get bit by the dog, should you be mad at the dog or are you just a fucking idiot? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be mad at the dog. The dog did what it's going to do. He's got some kind of disorder. He's going to do what he's supposed to do. You're just not supposed to follow him and take him fucking seriously, mm-hmm. right? So. In any case, um, I made a tweet. So, so this is what, one of those examples where I should have just been like, the guy's a lunatic. Just He's weird. Them. I should have just ignored him. Yeah. Right? But That's
0: very self-aware for you to pick that up now.
2: So, Yeah, well, <laughs> I've had a lot of likes experience. So I, uh, I, I, I made a tweet, something to the effect of, you know, yes, some guy sitting on his couch recording to a camera is better qualified to discuss my research than me. And this is one of those guys who is an escalator, right? He'll never de-escalate a situation. and will never admit that he was wrong about mm-hmm, anything, mm-hmm. anything. And I, I've got a story about that that I'll tell here in a second. And so then it, it well, he needed to take it to the next level, which was not only was my research fabricated, but I was also on steroids. And people just accepted this as fact, mm. right? And it actually, like, it generated, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of comments on my YouTube, emails. And, you know, I could have tolerated most of it until I remember uh, he put out a video the day my son was born, like, to generate hate. Don't tell me that was by accident.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow! He did the same thing to Jerry, which I'm not a big fan of Jerry Ward, but the day Jerry Ward's dad died, Blaha put out a video talking shit about Jerry Ward.
0: He's yeah. filthy,
2: huh? Oh, he's a piece of shit. So, and I have no problem saying that. Like, he's a human piece of fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no redeeming qualities about this individual. And just, I have so many... Th- so, anyway, some of his fans, um, one of them in particular said that he would like to beat my wife and uh, beat my son until he's a paraplegic. Mm. And I don't care. People say, oh, mm-hmm. well, you you, you can't take that serious. That's, that's just a, that's somebody messing around. Cram. I don't cram. give a fuck. If you have kids, anybody out there has kids... If that doesn't raise the hairs in the back of your neck and make you want to go f- fucking ape shit, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? So I finally got to the point where I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, so some people need to realize that there's consequences to their actions. You can't just mm-hmm. say whatever the hell you want and have nothing happen. Yeah. So I lived in the UK. He lived in the UK. Uh, he was married to a gal over there. And, um... He, uh, he was not a citizen of the UK. He's he from the United States. Ironically, getting disability benefits from the United States, by oh, the way. Wow. Um, <laughs> He's a great guy. But still, way. oh, he has a disability but can still, lift, still compete in fucking powerlifting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, claimed he has Men- Meniere's disease. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But his first wife has commented multiple times that they were never able to actually find anything wrong with him. And that all he did was sit around and play World of Warcraft for 10 hours a day. Mm. Mr. Mercenary, CIA operative. <laughs> fucking World of Warcraft.
3: Ooh, it all makes so, sense now.
2: And actually, uh, so I I decided, okay, I hired a, a firm over in the UK because I could sue him here, but it would have no... Unless he came back to the USA, there's no recourse, mm-hmm, right? Okay. So I hired a firm over there, and I just wanted to send a cease and desist letter. And, I, you know, I figured all right, if I show this guy I'm serious, he'll just chill the fuck out, you know?
0: And, uh... What's that process like, too? Does that cost a lot of money to do that?
2: (sighs) Just to send the cease and desist letter was like $6,000. Wow. Um, You know, because then the exchange rate's killer, too. Mm -hmm. You know? So, I, um... I did that. We sent a cease and desist letter. And immediately, he sent an email saying, I'm, you know, I think we've had some misunderstanding. I don't know what the fuck you can misunderstand. He's like, I, you know, I'd like to make a public apology to you. I'd like to call you on the phone and apologize, and I would like to make a reasonable uh, payment of damages. And I thought, okay, this thing's going to come to an end. You know what I mean? Like, I Fine. And I asked my attorneys, I'm like, listen, what's a, what's a reasonable compensation? What's reasonable to ask for? They said, definitely a public apology that you have to approve before it goes up, so it can't be like some thinly veiled, like sarcastic apology, right? And you should get all of your attorney fees, which that, at that point was like twelve to $15,000, I think, and damages. I said, okay. I said, listen, listen. I don't – I just want this whole fucking thing to be over with. And I think what I decided on was I just want half of my attorney fees. If I get half and I get an apology, you know, it was more of a, it was more of a token thing. Like he could have come back and said, listen, I, all I can pay is 1000 bucks. Fine. Just a token, right? Like, I just wanted... Just admit it. Just admit it. You know what I mean? And he went full fucking crazy mode. Like, sent a, sent a letter back to my attorneys and said... Because my attorney said, okay, this is his... Our client, against our advice, has offered to take half of our fees and no damages and a public apology. So I, was ask, I think it was asking for $6,000, basically. Or 6,000 pounds, because it, mm-hmm. it was UK. British and um, he came back and said I'm not going to pay anything and I'm going to report you for fraud because uh, you have obviously fraudulently inflated your fees you know accused my attorneys of, of fraud by the way this this firm Withers is very well known and a very very prestigious firm over in the UK and my attorneys came back to me they're like this guy's nuts <laughs> you know like they they this guy's nuts so we had to sue him because not only that, but he he put it out in video, like what had happened, and that we were fraudulent, and he was reporting me to the IRS for fraud and all oh, this wow. kind of stuff. So we sued him. How old? How old are you? Where are you at in your career right now? Uh, Thirty-one years old, 31. I think, at that point. Um, 2013. So we sued him. No, th- uh, thirty-two years old. Hmm. Um, so so we sued him, and because uh, at that point it was more about a point of principle. I didn't want to. Of course. I didn't want to send a cease and desist and then not follow through on it. You, know? you,
1: look like, you look like a bitch if you do that. Right? No, exactly. yeah, you'll embolden him if you don't.
2: Exactly. And, you know, I'm the kind of person, I'm the exact opposite of him uh, in every single way. <laughs> if I tell you I'm going to do something, I will fucking do it. Okay? I don't just talk. I do it. All right? This guy, all he is is a talker. Right? So um, we send the lawsuit, which he promptly posts on his Facebook. Right? Post it all online. Just enormous amounts of hate. Well, actually, at that point, Um, the guy who used to own the gym he went to, uh, emails me and said, thank you so much. This guy is a piece of shit. He said, um, I kicked him out of my gym because I found him, he was sending messages to one of my trainers about how to take steroids. And what happened was the guy who owned the gym didn't kick him out for that. He just went up to him and said, Hey, listen, um, you know, I saw that you're giving advice to one of my trainers about taking steroids. You know what you do with your own bodies, that, that's fine, but I would just really appreciate it if you didn't do that. And he goes, well, I didn't do that. And, and he's like, and I said, well, I, I saw the emails. And he's like, it wasn't me. He literally had to physically take the laptop and show it to Blaha. This is this is what he told me. Show it to Blaha. And even then, Blaha didn't admit that he did it. He just kind of grumbled
1: and stopped He sounds off, a little delusional. Man. If you ask me. Oh, Path So just, we just <laughs> wait.
2: So he, he got kicked out of his gym because the guy was like, at that point, I was like, well, you know, fuck you guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, he's like, thank you for doing that. Because then Blaha made a video saying he got t- kicked out of his gym because he talks about steroids on YouTube. That's not why he got kicked out of his gym. He got kicked out of his gym for being an asshole. Wow. You know what I mean? But he made his gym owner look bad and his gym owner got a lot of hate mail from people, you know? And people like rating his gym down on Google and shit because- they 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 believed blaha you mm-hmm. know so anyway um you know blaha made all these big statements about he like dressed up in spartan attire and said he was going to war and <laughs> like he said he was going to so <laughs> rape me in court there's oh. the screenshots of all
1: this he was going to what he was going to rape me
2: in court that he was glad i sued him because <laughs> okay. now he's has all this not money. physically
0: there for a second yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, i'm going to fucking rape lane when i <laughs> yeah. <Right>? get there
2: <laughs> so so th- he didn't even fucking show up
1: <laughs> to court he didn't show up oh my god no
2: we and and, and know, now, now
0: how much now how much money are you into this because you now you didn't this now you had fucking court. so i know fees are starting to pile up
2: uh over six figures
0: whoa whoa god damn it wow god not, damn it nothing accomplished yet no uh, you're that you know deep. what though
2: you know what though in a, in a way damn. it was worth it because now people see what a piece of shit he is and he has like there are tons of people who are and you know what at the end of the day, he may he actually parades around like he thinks it's less than that. I actually thought he thought I spent like thirty thousand or whatever. What I don't care. It's just money. Mm-hmm. My reputation is way more important than me than the amount of money. And I'll make that back. Yeah. I'll make that back. Doing something positive with my life. You are nothing. So this guy he didn't show up and he makes a video saying, why they Neglected to tell me when the court when the time was and where it was, so we posted an email of my attorney's emailing him the date, the location, their phone number in case he had any questions, as well as a fucking map with directions and where to park and all this kind of stuff. Right? Of course, he's not going to show up because he can't admit he did anything wrong. Mm. And the judge the judge literally put in the judgment that he has no one to blame but himself for for what's going on, so he got he got a judgment it was like twenty three thousand pounds of an intermittent payment that he was supposed to pay me interim payment while they're waiting to assess damages
1: yeah. how many how many how many how many pounds have you received yeah big zero yeah wow. that's a, that's so, a shitty part about stuff like this you know yeah. no no and what you find is
2: like I, I tell people now like avoid lawsuits at all costs if you can because somebody can just not pay you mm-hmm. like if they're a piece of shit, they just won't pay you you know so he um he, But you know what? He had to move back to the states because you know what? Other countries when you' when you're not a resident, when you're not a citizen, they don't like it when you move over there and start a bunch of shit, you know And found, he found out that at least this is my, my best guess is he my best guess is his wife actually probably got sick of his shit um, because he actually he made a threat against my, my wife and son. He, he, I have, I have it screenshotted and it said, um, well, because if he was, if, if you have a, if you're bankrupted because of a debt that you don't pay, they can actually deport you mm. if you're not a citizen. Um, and he said, well, if I'm, if I am forced to be away from my wife, um, I will have to take his family out as revenge. Literally said that. And obviously, again, the father, the husband and me. I tell my attorneys, like, listen, we're going to call the police. This is some serious shit, you know. So they called the police. Police went to him, and his excuse was, oh, uh," first it was, oh, somebody hacked my Facebook. And then when that didn't work, it was, oh, I let some other people log onto my Facebook. And then months later, after him and his wife separated, it was, oh, my wife was trying to get back at me, and she did it,
3: Mm -hmm. right?
2: Again, complete and utter failure to take responsibility for anything, right? So – and you know what? If the guy – like originally, let's go back, revert, like reverse back to when the first thing happened. If he would have just been – you know what? I can't afford to pay anything. I have no money. Can I just do an apology and I'm really sorry? Fine, dude. Fine. But he's incapable of doing that, right?
0: What does it feel like being a father and, and, and having a child like – and knowing what you've had to deal with with like social media as a grown-ass man – to, the, to this level. That's why you don't
2: see me I, post much stuff about my kids, to be
0: honest with you. It's got to scare the fuck out of you, It man. scares me,
1: man. Scary, I never yeah. put
2: my kids on it. Scary, ever. Scary. So, you know what? But, you know... Oh, by the way, so finally, the, the last chapter of this will kind of... Was he had to go uh, because he was saying he didn't have any assets, he had to actually go in and declare his assets. Now he claimed he had like rights to oil stuff overseas and all this kind of stuff. He like acted like a big man on his Facebook page, so I transferred money to overseas. Are you dumb? They have these things called forensic accountants who will find that. The dude has nothing. Hmm. He has nothing. He lives in absolute squalor. Hmm. Uh, I think right now he's living like in a in a, in a trailer park. Uh, with his girlfriend's grandmother, or something like that, from what I understand. <laughs> it's crazy to He's, me how somebody
0: he, somebody of such little importance and could yeah. gain
2: a following can cause well, that, well, much, could, that much problem. No, well, exa-
0: yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Could cause, I mean, li- just listening to you, I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. This must have been like a very stressful a
2: year of your life that was just like two years. Two years of your life. I wish I could have let it, you know, looking back. Wow. Like, but you know what? Part of it. It did bring awareness to him, and it it got so karma ended up working out in the end. You know? no. Does it ever make you though? Does it ever make you want? Because I know
0: I know you take a lot of pride in being that guy that's not afraid to stand out and fucking put it out there. Does it ever make you kind of want to be a little more reserved because of that? Because because that happened to you. Sure,
2: I mean that's my could have gone to my son's college account.
4: Mm-hmm. You right. know what I
2: mean? Like sure, like I, I you know, but. You gotta have conflict. You gotta have conflicting feelings with yeah, that. You I gotta, know. you a know, part Your of biggest... you wants
3: to be
0: like, "Fuck you!" I want to take everybody on, but then there's gonna be part of you right yeah, now that's I just mean, like, you know, shit, it's... dude. Maybe I'm bringing some of this onto myself because you of... know what?
2: Though, if you don't, if you want to avoid criticism or people disliking you, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. You know, don't do anything new. Yeah, but don't you feel like original. some of your don't
0: you feel like some of that's our ego talking to us, feeling that we probably have, that we have, right?
2: Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't have an ego. Absolutely, well, we all do. do. We all do. I think that's but, part. That's
0: part of yeah, accepting that is is a big part. Absolutely,
2: right? but you know what? At the end of the day, I, most people that go out and do stuff that actually like has a legit impact on the world, they weren't people who stood in the shadows and were like. Oh, I think I kind of want to do this, mm-hmm. and I, you know, in some way, yeah. they were very big personalities. Now, mine did not be like outspoken, yeah. but they were very big personalities in some way. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, if this is, if this was the cost of doing business, it was the cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, at least I learned something from it. Well, you, l- you know, I, I think learned
0: you, I think you learn to to direct it better. Yeah, so I think I agree then, with you that you think-
2: you you recognize that okay, this is either like a sociopath or a psychopath or something, you know what I mean? And you, yeah. you just go, okay, whatever, get, they're, they're going to get theirs. And so when he went to the, the meeting where he had to declare his assets and basically declared he had nothing uh, other than a, a, a disability check, um, which you can't touch. Um, it's amazing by the way, how, how much the system protects pieces of shit. Hmm. Like it's amazing how much it protects pieces of shit and not good people. Um, he actually, he looks straight at the judge And he said, or he looked straight at my attorney, apparently. I wasn't there. They had a transcript of everything and says, by the way, I have an insider in your firm. (laughs) What? That's that's so weird. Like you got to gotta give him some credit for some funny was, shit what? though. I wouldn't
0: even think to say that. Like he had yeah. a,
2: he, It's like it, it. had to be something where he was a big man. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. And oh, you had an insider in the firm, but you couldn't figure out where the fuck the court case was. You know, like <laughs> like you couldn't figure out how to get there. The insider neglected to mention where the actual you know judgment was located. Jeez. Uh, so, fortunately karma tends to work i don't believe in karma in a spiritual sense i believe in karma in a practical sense how long has it been since you've so heard? so i kind of just at a certain point i just like we got to the point where all i could do is bankrupt him and it was going to cost me five more grand to bankrupt him by that time i'm like i'm gonna i'm stopping throwing so, good money so you're now business. 32
0: 33 years old you've already been dealing with this for you
2: right and i'm just like you know what i'm just the best revenge is massive success mm-hmm. and that's what i'm gonna do so every time i'm out there Excellent. killing it yeah Every time, you know, when Avatar blows up, when all this other stuff blows up, when I have four companies that are successful and all this kind of stuff, you're going to have to sit there in your fucking trailer and think about what a cesspool your life is and what I did with mine. Mm. And you know what? In 10 years, I don't even remember your name.
0: Where do you think that competitive nature came from? When did it start? How, did you, oh, do you remember
2: it as a child? Yeah, probably young. You know, just just... People telling me I couldn't do stuff. People telling me I'd never be stuff. I came from a lower middle class family.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I was the nerd in school. You know, I had goals and whatnot. And people thought, oh, you you never. I came from a small town in Indiana where people were like, you know, you're just going to go to college here. And you're just going to stay here. And this is your destiny. And, you know, I never believed that. So I think that was the competitive nature was to prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ending of the story is basic. well, as of now, people... Finally, you know, because of course this guy he cannot. I guess he he gets into shooting guns as a hobby, but he can't just shoot guns. He has to be an ex mercenary who did snatch and grabs for the CIA. And a story topper, right? So, it's the kind of guy that like if you tell somebody, well, I I took a karate class one time. Well, yeah, well I'm a seventh-degree black belt Shaolin monk. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I trained with Steven Seagal. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's videos out there. All this, He's if awesome. you if you wanted find it you go to youtube look up shadow man or natty lifter or exposed tv these guys have all done videos showing like so they've went and dug up forum posts of this guy from back in the day where he claimed to be abducted by aliens and that he was a male model by the way he not a
1: fucking male model and he, That's he quite was quite the resume was, Yo, i know male models, male models. he's he not a, a male model he was
2: a novelist like he wrote science fiction novels you know he was uh part reptilian like believed in like uh, all this kind of like crazy, crazy Don't shit. Don't
0: you feel as an entrepreneur y- y- at your age and our age, as long as we've been doing this now, too? Doesn't it just pain you that you even have to dis- This is even that I even
2: had to fucking deal with somebody this is, this is like cl- this. This is what I'm saying. Like, Again, this- I'm not even like him. He's just what he is. But y'all following him, you guys should have known better. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so fortunately, now there's there's a whole group of people who. They hate this guy because they see all the lies he's told. I knew this guy was a liar from the from the first second I saw all this stuff, you know? It's a shame it took three years for people to figure it out. But now, I mean, he has to hide his subscriptions on YouTube. He has to put out four videos a day with four ads in each single video. I mean, he doesn't even try anymore. Like he like there's a video of him that Shadow Man posted where he like literally sneezes, wipes it on his jeans, and he doesn't even bother to edit it out. So it gives him five more seconds so he can hit that 10 minute mark where he can put unlimited ads in his video. Wow. You know, like it's just, and he, he'll talk about anything, just ramble on and on and on. Do you feel,
0: do you feel like he's, he's in, he's impacted your life negatively like that so bad that you still find yourself like looking back over there? on For that? a
2: long time. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that was the downside was I fixated on that. Right? right. Instead of, it took me too long to say, let's just focus on doing some positive shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, But you know what? I figured it out. At a certain point, I figured it out. And now, now, like what I did was uh, people. people, My Paul got pissed at me because he's like, "Dude, you're getting reinvested." But it's just now. It's just me having fun. Mm -hmm. Like I just poked the bear. So I challenged him to a debate in academic form, and I said, "You can, you know, you can pick the topic." And you can pick the moderator, as long as it can be anybody in academia, which with your— extensive, Oh, this is, this is
0: recent. You've re- like a
2: couple months ago. Oh,
0: shit. So I said, yeah. with, your,
2: with your extensive research background— I can't believe you're still fucking with this guy. <laughs> with your extensive research background, should be easy, right? And uh, so, first off, he ignores it. And then when enough people come to his channel, he realizes he can't ignore it. He says, well, basically, literally says that he doesn't want to come to the debate because he's certain that— I'm gonna have somebody try and take him out,
4: hmm.
2: like actual assassins, bro. Yeah, everybody at on that standby. Po- at that point, everybody knows what the guy's address is. Okay, <laughs> do you think if I was gonna take you out, first off, I would have done it before I spent so much fucking money, right? Second off, you wouldn't why do would it I, when
1: he's right in front. Why of you, would I do it boy. when
2: you're in the same room as me, dude? You know. <laughs> so so fine. I was like, all right, fine. I I wanted to give him no ways to back out of this because this dude jump cuts, he's Googling stuff. Like he just regurgitates everything online. If I get him in a debate about something that's actual science, he's going to get eviscerated, you know? (laughs) So I said, I'll pay for your trip. You can pick whatever topic. So he comes back and here's his terms. I said, well, let's do a Skype debate, right? Skype debate. I can't crawl through the fiber optic table and get you, you know? (laughs) And he says, um, he says, okay, you have to pay me one month of my YouTube income. You have to uh, it has to be either about competitive shooting I don't know how you fucking debate well, that. So he
1: picked a debate
2: topic. <laughs> yeah. <of> or <laughs> drug virtually, or too. drug testing, which I know what he's trying to do with the drug testing. If I come across as knowledgeable about drug testing, then he can say I'm not natty, yeah. right? You're not well, you f- know how to
1: get around You're not right? fucking
2: clever, blah ha, huh? you know. <laughs> you, you think you're playing checkers when you're playing fucking tic-tac-toe, you know? So he, and then he says, you know, one month of YouTube salary. So I, he's, he's done this in every debate he's ever done. Like with Lobliner, Lobliner do want to debate him. And he came out and said, I have to be able to carry in the expo and have a firearm on me at all times. And if anybody approaches me aggressively, I need to be, have a, a, signed release from the, the convention saying that I have the right to shoot them. Like literally fucking shit like this. Right. And so of course, like people can't meet those demands. Right. So I was like, Fine show me a proof of your income in terms of a tax statement or bank or bank statement. That was a mistake on my part because uh, as, as for reasons, I'll elaborate on <laughs> or, and uh, the he he's who wanted Lyle McDonald as the moderator. I said, academia, Jason Lyle's not in academia. Okay. Somebody who actually like is, has done actual research. Okay. Sorry, Lyle, not sorry. Um, or, uh, yeah, so somebody in academia, and then I said, okay. And so I waited, months went by, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. And all of a sudden, over this past month, he puts out a statement of his earnings, right? And it's like $4,200 is what he claims he earned in a month, right? And um, fortunately, there's a bunch of online detectives, and they went. all it shows is a bulk transfer into his account, Right. First off, it shows his balance before the transfer was $8.37. Oh, shit. Winning! So, he transfers in this. And they figured out that based on what he had said previously about what he got paid in a month versus what his views were, that what he had done was combine multiple months, delayed payment, and then transferred a bulk payment into his account. So, it looked bigger. So, you're not fucking clever, buddy. You're not clever. So and but now you know what now is happening is he's been like clamoring for this debate now even said I could pick the topic I can pick the moderator dude's hard up for money yeah. So guess what, bud? Does he have any? I mean, to, you can just chill for a while. What does he do? I mean, I gotta think. He's gotta.
0: I mean, I haven't watched any of his shit. Now you make me want to watch. You now this. No, movie no, no.
2: Movie. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? There's like, no, a, don't give him there's a, a, there's a, there's a, yeah. a There's a mirror channel, I think, that puts all of his videos back up, so you don't actually have to watch his videos and give oh, him the, clicks. The, yeah. You give it to this person. It's <laughs> great. These people are savages. I never want to get them on my bad side. Well, I, I, I heard he claims, by the way, that they're a a, a Muslim cyber stalking ring.
0: Oh, wow. This group of people. Well, I was just going to say, I've heard there's like rings of these, uh, these kids that this is literally what. Oh, they- they're
2: definitely cyber stalking them. There yep. definitely are, yep. but he fucking deserves it. Wow. You know? Wow. <laughs> so it, mm. you know, it's, it's I, I, you know, the best part of it is I had nothing to do with it. You know, like he'll say that I, that I, uh, I paid for this stuff. It's like, man, I seem to have a lot of money, you know? Um, but, oh, actually, what really got him in trouble was, you know, all of his claims about being a mercenary. You don't get to be a mercenary without law enforcement or military experience. It doesn't happen. They don't take them. They, they don't, don't.
1: They don't take a random person? No, they
2: don't be like, oh, well, you
1: can <laughs> a black belt and Oh, I Wondola. saw you
2: shooting guns at that gun range. Yeah. Gee, you really look like you knew what you were doing. Let's take you, you out and really cool in and Afghanistan and do snatch and grabs, you know, like. So, it—, it so veterans obviously started getting pissed off about this, and you know the the blog Popular Military, very big blog, ran a story on him about him being a, a stolen valor, you know. And when that story came out on Facebook, I was like, okay, shared and boosted for a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? So because fuck him, and uh, so I I said that on a on a Facebook live that I boosted it. Well, he went and said. Lane Norton paid for a popular military to write this blog and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, again, delusions of persecution, you know. So mm. it was just, you know, it's been a very interesting learning experience about the, the human, you know, human nature and what some people are capable of in terms of how far they will take a lie. Yeah. Like, they will just continue doubling down on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it mm-hmm. really – I even even – remember, we talked about more stuff last night about him his friend, like – trying to vouch for him that he was in the powder mm-hmm. wars and sure. all this kind of well, stuff. Well, you know, crazy. You,
0: I, you, I wanted to ask you, is, is, can we talk about everything we talked about last night? Was there anything that was off-limits? Did we say anything that was off-limits? We Not really. Okay, because there's something that you said, and you just gradually, and I thought it was a, a pretty cool because I, I have a handful of buddies uh, that, that do this, and I think that it's really cool, and you can learn a lot, and I think a lot of people are afraid to in talk about it. In the words of
2: Blaha, huh? a lot.
0: <laughs> is, uh, you know, you said you have, a, you have a life coach. Yeah. How yeah, long yeah. how long have you had a life coach for? About 6 months. Okay. So what have you talked about any of this stuff before? I'd re, I'd love to I think hear I mentioned
2: what, the life coach thing. Uh cuz 2016 was a tough year for me. Yeah. You know, uh there's a lot of personal stuff I went through. Yeah. Um and just, you know, I need somebody who's not like emotionally invested right? in stuff mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. like tell me when I'm fucking up. Yeah. You know, and say, "Hey, have you considered it? like I made a lot of business mistakes too." Like fortunately, they haven't been fatal Mm -hmm. you know but um you know what you find out is everything affects everything you know if you're struggling in one area it's gonna start bleeding over another stuff you know and uh having somebody to be like kind of on not yeah on my side but know when to tell me when i'm fucking up that i respect you know because a lot of what's happened is some of my friends like you know it's been tough because I never want to give this impression, but some of my friends have felt like they couldn't talk to me because they started out as clients or looking up to me in a certain way, and they felt like they couldn't talk to me. I would never want to give that impression, but I can understand how they got there, you know. And so, having somebody to 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 give me the devil's advocate to tell me this kind of stuff, I think is really important.
1: It even allows you to be vulnerable. Yeah, that's a very difficult thing to do when you're when you're around people who maybe were clients before or followed you.
2: And I, you know. I probably am guilty of, at a certain point, like, man, you you know, when you, when you, when you read about stuff and about, if you get popular, if you get successful, you're going to deal with haters and sycophants and you're going to deal with people lying to you and people betraying you and stabbing you in the back and, and all this kind of stuff and you go, and people being fake and all this kind of stuff and I remember being a kid, I'm like, oh, that would never, that sounds really dramatic. I don't think, oh, fuck, if it ain't the truth. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, if it ain't the damn truth and, um, you know. It 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 can be hard to keep your head sometimes, you know. So, having somebody in my corner uh, to just you know not not just tell me you know what I'm doing is the right thing, to tell me hey that wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm, you should have yeah. you should have done that different, you know. You know someone That's a
1: big deal. Someone told us that a while ago. They said uh, there's going to be a lot of people telling you you're doing awesome. But what are you going to do when you're doing shitty, and the people that tell you that you're not doing good? That's what you're. That's what you need to sometimes pay attention to. Because you know it's easy to to be around people who admire what you do and think everything you do is great. And but what about those? What about putting yourself around those people who are going to be honest with you? It takes a lot of self awareness to be able to do that.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the quotes I like out there is, uh, "Greatness comes not when everything goes right for you, but when you're truly tested." You mm. know. And the one thing that's kind of kept me. My head on straight, well, you could argue it hasn't been on straight, but <laughs> <laughs> kind of kept me going forward. Is that whenever in my life I've been like really frustrated and wanted to quit or felt just completely exasperated, it almost seems like invariably right after that's where there was a breakthrough. You know? Very, I swear to so, God, true. Uh, yeah, Very true. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like the universe, again, I don't want to sound spiritual, but it's like the universe is going to test you to your breaking point, and then it's going to let you go, mm-hmm, yeah. you know? And it's starting to happen. Like, a, like January, December was kind of the lowest months and just kind of grinded through it, kept going. And, and now things are starting to kick ass, you know? Like, things are starting to really kick ass again. Excellent. And, uh, you know, like, it would have been easy to just be like, oh, fuck, fuck this all." you know? just Let's just go back to, let's just kind of retreat back to, you know, coaching and let's... Stop working with some of this stuff because we had a lot of setbacks with Avatar. You know, Avatar hit a huge milestone the other day. Like, we're really kicking ass. Um, But man, we had so much frustration with that thing. So many failures with it. I mean, every single... Like, we had a lot of infighting in our company at a certain point because we were just so frustrated. And and now it's just completely kicking ass. You know, because we took all that negativity that we had and all that hurt we had about uh, fuck you, socius marketing, and fuck you, Type Two Designs in Tampa, Florida. Um, <laughs> both of you, pieces of shit.
0: We're not going to um, say any names, but boom, drop. <laughs> boom. I, don't, I don't care.
2: They're they're not yeah. going to. We have all the evidence. If they, you know, the you know, the thing about people is, oh, you worry about somebody's Those who live in glass houses don't throw stones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to go to court.
4: Yeah,
2: because I've got all the dirt,
4: yeah. right?
2: <laughs> so, and in the case of Type Two. Possibly criminal charges mm. due to fraud. So they, they just, you know, but we, we sat around and at a certain point, these were web developers we paid to, to develop things for us and just completely, literally screwed us, mm. you know, just didn't do the work. And, um, you know, come to find out that even if we sued some of these people, the chance that we collect is, is, is highly unlikely. So again, it's like, and we had this discussion, like, do we, do we spend this time, this energy on vengeance or do we say, let's double down, let's make this thing crush it. And then they're going to be bankrupt or, or, whatever it is. And we're going to be kicking ass and floating on cloud nine. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's stop, let's stop throwing good money after bad. And you know what? I might not have had that perspective if I hadn't been through the whole Jason Blaha ordeal. deal. You know, mm. and so maybe it was a blessing in disguise. You know, maybe that, maybe that large amount of money I spent saved me an even greater amount of money than we would have spent in this whole deal. Because mm-hmm. you can get caught up in the whole vengeance thing. Well, you know, or, get, or maybe you, you find
0: maybe you find people that you have ad, adversity with, and you thrive off of that. Maybe you attract it in a sense because you know you do better because it pushes you in those limits. You ever thought like that?
2: Well, listen, like I, I said, I, I said to Mark and Katie. Uh, Mark is our CEO and Katie is our – her title is editor-in-chief, but really she's more like a co-chief scientific officer with me. She's mm-hmm. done just as much or more on the on the data calculations and the algorithm that I have. So she's, she's a completely integral part of this, Katie Coles. And um, I said, why – the chance we're going to collect is so small, like – the best of revenge is if we just kill it, just go out and change the world, do what we came to do anyway, fuck them, let's go do what we came to do. You know, and one of the things I had to kind of tell them was like, yeah, this sucked. We lost a lot of money and we feel stupid, you know, and used, but this, this would have actually crushed most companies, most startups. And we're doing, we actually have enough members and we're doing well enough that our cash flow is still okay. Mm
1: -hmm. So let's get them. Yeah. You know I mean? Let's get them. That's a that's a common trait amongst uh, winners. Well, uh, you when know when you when you when you talk when to anybody, down. yep. Yeah. When you talk to anybody who's really done anything big, and you talk about when they've had to encounter a major challenge, they look back at it like it was a good thing. That was the pivotal moment. Every
2: every every time every company that changed the world, almost without exception, Apple, Microsoft. All the you read the stories. Huge infighting and problems mm-hmm. and setbacks and all, look at Apple. Apple was dead in the water. Yeah, in the in the like early '90s, mid '90s, they were dead in the water. And then the iPod came out, and then the iPhone. You're. It would have been so easy for them to quit. To just say, you know what, that's it. Steve Jobs quit. Say that's it. Yeah. We're we're we done. Well, they you know, fired we him. Yeah. yeah, they fired <laughs> him out of his yeah, own company. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, and that comeback, the iPod, <laughs> was him when the was if, if,
2: if, if anybody. <laughs> If anybody had a right to say, you know what, had a good run, yeah, it would have been him. But an Angela Duckworth, Professor Angela Duckworth, she's she's does a lot of research on what makes on the traits of successful people, and the major thing she found was, for lack of a better term, grit.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That people that they just grind through it. That it's not, you know, talent makes a difference. All this stuff makes a difference. And one of the things I really liked that she said was. It's easy to be intense about something for a short period of time. We, anybody can do that, right? Intense for a short period of time. The people who make a huge difference and accomplish big goals are people who have stamina. Not just intensity, but stamina. When they say success is a marathon, not a sprint, I mean, that, that is the damn truth. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're, you're, and most people, they go out and they say, you know, my, my favorite motivational speaker is Les Brown. And he says... Um, you know, most people, they, they, they try something and it doesn't, it doesn't work the first time. And they go, oh, well, you know, I tried some things and they didn't work out. Show me somebody who tried consistently, didn't quit for 20 years, and it didn't have it work out in some way. You know, even if it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out, by not quitting, by putting the work in, you develop such fortitude and character that some other opportunity usually presents itself right like I got into this I wanted to make you know I wanted to be a a natural bodybuilder make money doing that I don't make money doing natural bodybuilding shows now but what I found was something better Mm -hmm. I found something better you know and but if I hadn't had that initial drive to do this stuff it would have not worked it would have been so easy I mean there were so many so many things people told me would never work out right you can't be a natural bodybuilder and make money. You can't be an online coach and, and be successful. You, you can't do a PhD and also be competitive. You, you, you can't start, um, you know, flexible dieting is bullshit. It will never work in and, and high-level competitors. And all this kind of stuff. And I'm not going to sit here and say that people's words never have an effect on me. Of course they do. But I trust this. I trust my inner voice way more than anything else. And so at the end of the day, I'll listen to what you have to say. I'll listen to what you have to say and I'll take that in. But if, if this in here tells me something, I don't give a damn what you have to say about what I'm going
0: to do. What's the biggest thing that you've learned from your your life coach so far? I mean, six months, you've you've had a chance to, to express everything you're going through and get, get good feedback. What do you think has been the biggest growth thing that you've gone through with that?
2: Facing my own shortcomings as a person.
0: What do you mean, like beating yourself up if you if you, um, things just, didn't turn out the way you expected?
2: Just that there's certain things that I wasn't the good guy in. You know what I mean? Like things I fucked up, right? And, and acknowledging those, but also that that doesn't make you a bad person. So, and I, I actually asked her this. I, I said, her name is Patty Evans. I said, um, what do you what do you define as a bad person? She said, somebody who derives pleasure from hurting other people. I said, well, that's definitely not me. I know that. She's like, no, you're, you're, you're a good person. She goes, most people are good people trying to do the best they can, but relationships are complex, whether it comes to business, friendships, romantic, and stuff gets fucked up sometimes. You know what I mean? But if you, if you come from the perspective of most people are good people trying to do the best they can, and if you come from, from that perspective, usually it gives you a lot more empathy. Empathy. And you can, if you have disagreements with people, you can work them out a little bit better when you say, okay, you know what? Maybe I did something that that, that triggered them a certain way. You know, maybe, maybe I can present it in a better way. And I think the other trait about successful people is, and she told me this whenever I had things go wrong, people who don't succeed usually do a lot of this shit. They're pointing fingers at everybody else. Windows right? and mirrors. Right. If, if something went wrong, it was about somebody screwed them over. It was, you know, life's not fair. Or they're unlucky or this and that. Let me tell you something. As an adult, as an adult, on the, yes, bad stuff can happen to you. But on the whole, if your life sucks over a long period of time, the common denominator in your life is you. Okay? So guess who you need to be pointing the finger at to make a change, right? If the If the Earth revolves around the sun enough times... Maybe the earth revolves around the sun and the sun doesn't revolve around the earth, mm-hmm. right? So if you're always having fucked up relationships or you know like I, I talked about the, like when I was in high school all these you know e- easy definitions the girls say I really like a nice guy and they date assholes all the time. <laughs> it's like, I wonder why I can't find a nice guy. They end up dating Adam. Or, they,
1: <laughs>
2: or they're or like, you know, these Instagram girls like, I don't understand why I can't find a nice guy. And all they're doing is putting up ass shots and talking about, you know, BDSM and shit. And it's like. Psalm 23, five. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Hashtag
3: blessed. You know, like. Jesus loves my booty. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, I mean, listen, you know, and again, like I'm a libertarian. So if that's how you want to present yourself, I'm not mad at you. But you have to understand how that's going to be perceived by a certain number of people, right? Of course. So, of
4: course.
2: so if you're if you've been doing things a certain way and getting a certain result, maybe the rest of the world isn't the problem. Maybe you're the problem.
1: Yeah. I learned I learned a long time ago: windows and mirrors. Uh, when when shit goes wrong, look in the mirror. When things are going right, look out the window. Yeah. You know, when things are going awesome, look at look at the people around you. When shit's going bad, look at yourself and see what you can do. So.
2: Absolutely, and and. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's hard to do. You know, it's hard to put a mirror on ourselves because a lot of times, like what we're going to do when we put a mirror on ourselves, we Mm -hmm. see our insecurities. Well, this is why it comes
0: with age, man. This is why I'm glad you were okay with me going this route. I wasn't sure if you were going to talk about it or not because I think not enough of this gets talked about. And you know, you talk about the behind the scenes, the grinding, the failing. Well, not enough gets talked about when people get to a status like yourself or. You know, are well known. A lot of people look up to, and they think our lives are perfect, and we don't right. have struggles, and we don't question our our own thoughts and our own our own actions. And so, to hear someone like you share share that and go through that, I think that's a, an important message mm-hmm. that people should hear. Yeah,
1: I tell you what, man. Uh, hearing you talk like this is is has been awesome. I've had an absolute great time talking to you. Thank you. Absolute yeah. great time talk. And I think I love like, this kind of stuff. You know, at the end of
2: the day, like when, when it comes to fitness, business, whatever. Like I said, if you – the only lesson you learned from lifting weights was to get a good physique or to get strong, you fucked up. You fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you can learn so much more about yourself from lifting weights or, or running or, or anything. Anything that requires discipline, tenacity, and perseverance, you know, and hard work. You, if you can't you – why aren't you applying that to other aspects of your life, mm. you know? And, I, and one of the things I – you know, when things get tough – And, um, you know, do you guys know Marcus Luttrell, Lone Survivor?
0: One of my favorite books, bro, for sure.
2: Awesome. So I actually, huge honor, got invited to play at his celebrity softball game in 2015. And uh, went out there, met him and his wife, and met a lot of cool people. And and I got invited on the Patriot Tour afterwards, which was him, David Goggins, and some other people. um, Taya Kyle, actually. And uh, that was awesome. And one of the things he said that really resonated with me. And I think a lot of people they get overwhelmed by standing at the bottom of the mountain and looking up to the top of the mountain of where they want to go, that big goal, right? And thinking there's there's no way I can I can't make that. Whereas they should be focusing on what's the next notch in the mountain they need oh, to grab, the next step. right? And he said, and you know if you read the book, not don't watch, I mean watch the movie, but read the fucking book, like everything he went through.
0: Oh, lone broke, sur- the Lone Survivor book is ten times better than the movie.
2: There's broke his back in multiple places. Yeah. Bit his tongue off, like had you know shrapnel sticking out of his leg, shot multiple times, crawled you know all these like several miles, you know, and he said at the Patriot tournament something that really stuck with me. He said, "I break down hard times into hour segments because there's nothing you can do to me inside an hour that's going to break me."
1: Excellent. That's and, a great. That's a great quote to end on. And so I, I just I
2: said, you know what. That's it. If things get shitty, things get hard, I'm just going to focus on this hour.
1: I love it. I love it. Fuck yeah. Lane, we got to have you come back on, man. We yeah. just recorded like a four-hour podcast. hour, you know, four <laughs> hour a marathon, marathon of episode. podcasting. I believe
0: that was a record. It's been a blast, brother.
1: Yeah. Thank you, man. We, I had a good appreci- time. We appreciate having you come on.
3: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.